I feel like I just want to say, let's do it. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Salt Streets Podcast, a show where we discuss news, government, culture, and politics, and how it pertains to you, the individual, and, of course, your natural rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I am that big bird-looking fellow they call Colin, and I, as always, am joined by my wonderful and beautiful co-host, Donovan, the original salt of the street, the Nero of neoprene, the ultimate B. I'm not going to say that, but hi, buddy. <laughs> Hello. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> uh, what uh, what do we got going on today? What's the date? What's the time? What are we talking about? Uh, yeah, so today is Saturday, October 1st. It is 12.01 p.m. now. We have lots of stuff going on today. Uh, obviously, local stories first. We're going to have Lexi at Willow. Let me ask you this, the local stores when you're talking about some Starbucks unions, um, Seattle budget, or the Bruce Harrell's budget that he introduced. I want to talk about a coffee house that I found that someone tried to burn down, and then you're going to talk about some uh, J- more Jenny Durkin texts, some updates on the Jenny Durkin texts. Oh, we got right? all the updates, yes, bro. All, some all heavy shit from the courts came out yesterday. Yes, and then part two, I believe you're calling it fraud, fraud, all the fraud. Right? All the fraud. All the fraud, That's all the fraud, all the fraud baby. Fraud. So we're going to talk about some PPP loan fraud, some... Uh, food aid fraud, and then some different fraud uh, accusations that are coming out for Donald Trump. We've heard these things before, but now it's a civil case coming out of New York. And then we're going to talk about the new spending bill that is coming out. Or the Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, to keep the government going. Continuing and then, resolution yes, or whatever they call yes. it. And then the congressional, the renewal, com- the renewed conversations about the congressional stock trading ban. In part three, uh, we have some international talk, right? World War III, as we are calling it. So uh, we have some updates on Ron <laughs> We're DeSantis. not burying the lead there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ron DeSantis also, we might talk about them in part two. Part three, we'll see however that fits in. Um, updates on the Ukraine situation. It is getting hot. Um, things have happened. A lot of things have happened just in the last few days. You have some more updates on the Iran protest that you talked about, not yesterday in your live streams, but last week. Indeed. Um, and then in part four, we have the grab bag. Obviously, we have lots of different stuff, some stuff about fentanyl. We're going to um, look for the commercial about the ABC reality journalism show. Yep. You can find that in between the two. Um, and then food equity, uh, talk about oh. the DHS video game study. And then, of course, it was announced this week that Edward Snowden is officially a Russian citizen. Yeah, well, comrade. So, yeah, so we have lots of stuff that we're <laughs> going to go over this week. It's going to be a fantastic show. I want to thank everyone for joining us here. There will be more people, of course. Um, and, of course, you're watching us here on our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We also have our Instagram and uh, our Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. You can find all this at saltofthestreets.com. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is a Big Bird Afi on both of those things. All the things. Yes. And I keep very, it simple, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I want to ask you to go and like, comment, subscribe on this video. Share it with your friends. So Do it. So more people can find out about this. Um, if you're on the Patreon, we have the the newsletter that dropped yesterday. We have the review preview that dropped today for the book club. We have the beer show that you just did yesterday. Also, Woo. the beer show live stream spectacular uh, that you did. Is that spectacular? Yeah, that it's right. definitely so, spectacular. Spectacular, yeah. Uh, and this first segment is brought to you by Swell Blended. Woo. So with that, I want to remind you to evaluate and adjust your relationship with the CCP, right? And after that call, let me ask you this, right? So I don't really have like a big question, um, but you were talking to me this week while you were trying to work on your piece, mm-hmm. your article about anarcho-syndicism. Yes. Right? So I was wondering if you might talk to me a little bit about that, or at least what you learned so far, mm-hmm. um, so we can hear about that. Because I think the idea for a lot of people of 
group based anarchism is like is difficult for people to conceptualize you know yeah right but i think also modern anarchism is difficult for people to conceptualize in and of itself so i'm interested in hearing a little bit more about that anarcho syndicalism -syndicism. yes um so yes a little little backstory to this yeah because i was writing i went to go write my piece you know part two i guess if you will of the the ongoing anarcho anarchist writings um and i was going to do it on anarcho-capitalism and anarcho-communism the two that you usually hear about and through the research i discovered this anarcho-syndicism thing and i started to look at that and realize so anarcho-syndicism is essentially kind of like ultimately led me to write the piece that i wrote this uh this month about unions and stuff it's kind of like if you were to take all the unionization efforts that are going on now and then just broaden them out to every aspect of society and culture everything is done in large base group collectives so you're talking unions and ngos and all these different things that ultimately kind of run society so everything is this large collective group that you know kind of in in kind of a federalisty type manner Mm -hmm speak to each other and arrange things and all that but ultimately you're just a part of this giant syndicate of different aspects of of labor and society and it is i mean it's basically one step removed from anarcho-communism which is just essentially just full-blown communism but without a central authority at the top which doesn't make sense but we'll get into that in next month's piece right uh but yeah it was a different concept it's it's kind of like you know what's the what happens if everything is nationalized but without a national government right you know if if the labor if like u.s steel if the steel union ran everything to do with steel in the entire collective you know and then you have like the construction workers a say in it ideally yeah weird it's a weird concept and that's what really threw me off is like well i don't know anything about this i can't comprehend it very well i can't understand it so i'm in the middle of of grasping this new unknown branch of of anarchist thought that i didn't even really know existed but you know it it's important there to remember too like our our views on like contemporary anarchy is just essentially without the state without a a single governing authority to have arbitrary authority over you you could place your you can place authority in any one or any group it's just you consent to that and you you give your authority to that you give them the authority to do that right versus you know and so when it comes to something like a syndicate i have a hard time grasping how you how you kind of tilt that into an anarchist mind frame that's something really. running the whole thing yeah it, it reminds me a lot of uh that uh what is it 19 19- 89 maybe movie demolition man with uh sylvester stallone okay Okay. and uh uh, uh, sandra bullock wesley snipes great movie but everything in that is taco bell right everything is the the nicest restaurant (laughs) is taco bell and the cheapest restaurant is taco Bell. everything's taco bell that's kind of what i i get the gist at this point of what anarcho syndicalism is weird i might be off base right now because i still only have like a real surface level understanding of it yeah so i will uh but i will have updates as this goes along i like it and be sure everybody to check out the uh the next piece that'll drop at the end of october october 31st halloween 
Closing um, day. Yeah, that's right. Boom. All the all the big things happen. It's been in a October, big. Bro. It's been a big week. It's yeah. been a big week. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina graduates from her academy, her flight attendant thing that that weekend. You got your house closing. My brother's birthday party at and empty house. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Everyone can come over for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's B B Y O B. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see where this anarcho syndicism thing goes but, yeah and we'll be interested to see how it, it dances and plays upon the page once i once i get there <laughs> excellent mm. the newsletters do come out like you said on the last day of the month so we did have one come out yesterday newsletter number 11 Woo. i came out salty newsletter so if you are on the five dollar tier or above the patreon you get that newsletter and you get access to all of the ones before that uh what the pc wrote this month was about unions mm -hmm. right um and which will dovetail real nice when we talk about starbucks that's unions. right that's right yeah and then i wrote a piece that was reflecting on a conversation that we had in part two last week with joseph um in the in the comments about um single leadership and stuff like that and so i kind of expanded on some of the topics that we talked about and dug into those a little bit more so go and check that out do and it yeah with that we can get into some local stories right so i have a very very small one to lead let's off let's do with. it let's do it um seattle or washington state is officially raising their minimum wage again this year what is it at now? The let end me guess of, so um, yeah you guess the state minimum wage oh geez okay no I, peaking no no no, peaking. no no when i got my first job it was 10 50. um i'm gonna say that it's 12 dollars an hour right now no is it more it's than more that? than that oh, yeah. jesus christ we're, we're not, <laughs> oh god we haven't officially oh excuse me we haven't officially gotten the fight for 15 oh, complete god. in the state yet but uh uh let's let's pull out a calculator because i'm i don't exactly remember how much i know what's going up to and how much it's going up so we're just going to work backwards the yeah. new minimum wage as of january 2023 in the state of washington will be 15 dollars and 74 cents per be the hour state minimum wage yes damn son yeah which is up from 14.49 which it is now just under fifteen dollars when i got the job i have now i didn't make that much money <laughs> word and that was making good like that was a good wage when i started this oh job. yeah well Jesus you know christ at the at the new minimum wage the minimum average minimum salary for a 40 hour a week worker that takes all the holidays and as much paid vacation and sick time as you can possibly have um is roughly 30 grand a year just a, just a little over that so you can now get two people on the new state minimum wage can make 60k a year uh in 2023 in the state of washington which if you are a small business in say a rural rough you know lower class town in say eastern washington you just got price right out of the job market you can't afford your employees anymore if that's uh what they're gonna do yeah that's kind of a that's a big it's a big jump man you big said jump. 60 grand a year that seems yeah it's like... roughly 60 grand a year for if for two people so oh, for two people yeah okay, it's 30 two, grand okay, a year okay, okay, okay. i got it. yeah you're like mm -hmm. wait 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 this, that that like, that, yeah. check out. <laughs> yeah no so that was a this is just a random story i came across last night and i was Damn, like oh that's son. that's Hey, fight for 15. You've been, 15, been fighting for how many years and you finally made it? That's statewide. A... Statewide. That's. What is it in Seattle? 
What's the Seattle minimum wage? I thought it was 15. It's got to be more than that. Yeah, it has be. to be. Yeah. Let's pull it up real quick. Seattle minimum Amazon's wage. is 15. Da, 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 da. Okay, so state, 1449. Seattle. Well, that's it, huh? Seattle minimum wage. Wow. Let's pull this up here. We are working Washington. Effective January 1st, 2022. Seattle's minimum wage, 1727 per hour. <laughs> Holy shit. The most workers effective or for most workers. For most workers. So not everybody apparently, but most workers. Damn. Jan I wonder who is who doesn't get that. That's interesting. That used to be 1575 an hour. Wow. That's that's a whole deal. So yeah. It's... Oh, in minimum compensation, if you work for a smaller company or a chain with 500 or fewer employees globally, where you do receive tips or healthcare benefits from your employer, your minimum compensation is the sum of your wage. So you can make 1575 if you make oh. the difference at least in um, in, tips in benefits and benefits, tips and benefits. Well, yes. that's okay. So if you're a server, then you can make then you can make 1525 or whatever 1575. But if you're not in a service industry. Or you don't have benefits, then you have to make seventeen twenty-seven. That's so jacked is up a, because like a lot like, of money. It is essentially required, I mean, it's right? Lot, but it's a lot. It's required for businesses above a certain threshold to offer like healthcare coverage in the state now, right? If you have a certain amount of employees, right? Yeah, and that alone is probably like eight hundred between like six to eight hundred dollars a month it's per a employee. Lot. Yeah, so you're already over the fucking coverage right i mean if you have health care boom you you're already getting paid more you know you're already getting paid more equivalent in benefits so go fuck yourself and then yeah if you're a server or something like that already you get that lower act which is funny because that just really only affects like the the most oppressed yes. you know uh people in the world which i think is real it's not very woke it's you, seattle. real regressive of you seattle how dare you <laughs> how dare you good god i like it uh, and one last other little thing that I just saw yes. last night, too. Um, we talked a lot about Tiffany Smiley last episode mm -hmm. um, and the two de or the debates that they were supposed to do and all this stuff that they've essentially guaranteed one debate between Tiffany Smiley and the reigning, you know, Patty Empress Murray. Supreme Patty Murray. Empress Supreme. Um, you know, she likes Taco Bell and oh, she's so bad. She's so terrible. But they agreed to one. They locked down one debate well after the mail-in ballots have gone out. Yeah. Um, and Tiffany Smiley has been making a big push, and she did a little interview with, I think, Cairo News. I think Cairo 7? Is that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah King um, 5, Cairo 7. And because they're one Local of the— Local news channels. They're one of the affiliates that run the debate, the statewide debate okay. program and shit like that. As they should. And so they did a little interview with her, and it is— found out through that that it is very atypical for any large state race even small state race to have less than two debates it is generally it's happened a few times i guess over the last 10 or 12 years that they've only had one debate and uh this is one one of those exceptional cases where they're only going to have one Isn't and it's going to be after the ballots go out but tiffany smiley is pushing the murray campaign extremely hard right now to set up a 
an initial debate before the ballots. As they should. As they fucking should, because that's ridiculous. It but, should be like tomorrow, because they're, the ballot is supposed to be on the 15th or so, or the, the debate is supposed to be on the 15th or something, right? It's like the, it's, it's later than that. I think it was like the 27th or something. Jeez. Which is like a, is a week to 10 days after mail-in ballots start going out, so... Yeah, it's not because they good, start going out here deal. in October, right? Like yeah. way before, way yeah. before say like mid October. Yeah, which is not good. And the the response the Smiley campaign has gotten, it said, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're interested in doing that." And then just nothing is ever happening. So they're kind of just pushing them along, pushing them along. And I guarantee you, there will not be a debate before elections get taken place, which I think is fucking insane what a shyster you know good thing the democrats stand for uh you know the sanctity of the vote and a good solid democracy and all this stuff right. when they can just go quiet she can hang out in dc her entire life and then never show the fuck up to debate her opponent who I mean, is surprisingly close to her in the polls the mail-in ballot thing right okay <clears throat> so we talked about this a ton during the last election because in washington all of the voting or is is mail-in right Every, yeah. you can you can do everything mail-in you can go to a polling place as well there are polling stations but they also mail you about so you can do everything from your house and i didn't know until maybe even 2016 it might have been 2020 that that's it wasn't like that everywhere i did not know that it was like what do you mean this is not typical yeah. um so i feel i've also had because I've had ballots returned to me, you know, I've sent them in and they've said, these things, your signatures don't match. I need you to sign another thing like three times and then you can whatever. So I know that someone is looking at something. I don't know how often they're doing it and I don't know like, <laughs> how prolific that is. But I know someone is looking at something to try and make sure that it's legitimate. So I always struggle with it, but I also know how much weird stuff we saw during the 2020 election yeah. that was verified and, you know, it you know, we talked about the ballot harvesting, ballot harvesting and stuff like that and whether or not people should be allowed to do that. Currently, you aren't allowed to do that. And that yeah. was happening. And like, oh, it's not a big deal. You yeah. know, people need the to get states their, breaking their own oh, constitution. People and, need to yeah. get their ballots turned in. So who cares if one person is just helping a bunch of people turn in their ballots? Like, they, I feel you genu genuinely. I, I don't disagree with that notion, but it's against the law as it sits right now. So we yeah. probably should do something about it if we know that it's against the law and we know yeah. that it's happening when it was um, a bunch of race people down in the south back in the day going around and collecting ballots from people you were like yes. well that's us you can't be doing that that's a uh, you know that's voter suppression right. just like uh, our lovely uh what what her her official title now i believe is election denier and conspiracy theorist stacy abrams Oh, okay. You know, that's that's her big deal because she she's also she's got that whole conspiracy theory now about uh, there's no such thing as a uh, an infant heartbeat. Yes, it, you know Jordan it's, it's just, just asked me fucking, about that this morning. Yeah, it's a it's a it's uh yeah it's a conspiracy built by the patriarchy. Yeah, I was it's talking a huge about. Deal. I don't remember who I. Oh, I was talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. I watched an interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene that was from the Epic Times, and it, it was about the January 6th prisoners and they were talking about how many people were hand up and the and the conditions that they were in because Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gomer are the only two representatives that have gone to the prisons to see mm -hmm. the conditions that the prisoners are in and they were talking about how many people have been in prison and in solitary confinement since 
like right after January 6th. And there's one particular guy that they were talking about, but he is not the only one that got hemmed up on the 16th of January and has been in solitary confinement for 18 months. And his trial is not for another year. Mm. And he will continue to be in solitary confinement for the entire length of that time mm. for going into the Capitol. Mm. That's, that sounds like a, uh, like a justice to me. It yeah. sounds like an operating justice system that gets you a speedy trial and doesn't put you away without charge or, uh, charge or trial. It sounds, sounds legitimate. Yeah. So I was talking to Jordan about Marjorie Taylor Greene and she said, is she the one that said that the heartbeat isn't real? And I said, no, no. that was Stacey Abrams. <laughs> and I said, and she, you know, ran for governor and, whatever one of these states that and she lost and she never georgia yeah that's what it was i said and she never like conceded that race and so she's just kind of operated and become famous off that and was like wait what and yeah 100 like, oh, like, there is no real reason that she should be prominent at all other than she didn't win this race for governor and now she's everywhere <laughs> so yeah. i don't uh, it's a I huge don't, deal well it's because it was racist you know yeah. remember that was the big thing is voter suppression because racist and that's what they went and when Brian Kemp won and you know by not a small margin they just never got off that tilt which i believe by the definitions of 2022 makes her an election denier who doesn't believe in democracy and is basically a domestic extremist and they talked about that particular election in the the HBO documentary, whatever it is that I called it, I don't know, uh, something about a fire, some, something like that, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's weird because when Stephen Crowder talks about it's it, like he... Stop fire? No. Something, yeah. something like something. that. Um, I don't remember. I've said the name a bajillion times. Yeah. I just don't remember right now. And when Stephen Crowder talks about it, he says that they say in that movie that Stacey Abrams messed with the machines. And that's not what i got from that um what i got from it is that the machines could be fucked with and that brian kemp knew the machines could be fucked with and that it wasn't necessarily a secret that the machines could be fucked with and if you had the capability to do so and the want and the wherewithal then you could fuck them with, with the machines if you want to so it doesn't remove the possibility that Stacey Abrams had somebody to try and fuck with the election machines, but also kill chain, kill chain. but also she fucking lost. So yeah, what do you, what's, what really are you talking about? Because she lost. Yeah. So she didn't do a very good job hacking the election. If she didn't fucking win. Right. That's the, I don't, I, yeah. it always confuses me when he brings that up. He's like, you can go watch it right now. That's what it says. Like, I don't, I've watched it multiple times now to talk about it here. And that's, yeah. and I don't think that's what it says. Yeah. That's, that's old crowder for you. That dude's been on fire lately. The Gen 6 episode was good. It was good. I will good. give him that. That one was good. It was good. Yeah. There was some, there was some issue with some of the things he said, obviously. Right. Um, <laughs> they burned the church down. Yeah. They burned the church down. <laughs> down that was the big one. Down was, to the uh, ground. You know, because what was that? The 529 insurrection, I believe where you know a bunch of leftist protesters and stuff literally they lit a a small fire in the church next you know in next door to the white house in the basement and you know there was rioting and the cops were you know were getting beat and so the i think it was the national guard or whatever did tear gas and all this and then it was trump's fascist and beating up on protesters and but yeah his the photo, whole, the photo and, and he wouldn't let it day. go 
he wouldn't let it go during the show. He's like, yeah, they burned the church down. You can find the pictures. You can, you can find them. We'll pull up the pictures. And they obviously didn't right. because they didn't burn the fucking church they down. They burned to the ground. They, lit a, they did light a fire in the church. So you're doing, doing a disservice to your own argument because you're exaggerating what actually happened when what actually happened was bad. Right. It was bad enough. I don't know why you have convinced yourself that they burned this fucking church down when they didn't do that because it's still there. Doesn't need to be exaggerated. No, man. Know? And you just yeah, you do so much more discredit to your own argument when you when you say shit like that. It's like if you're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse, and you're like, there were 30 people that were all trying to beat him to death. And you're like, well, not really. that's not what happened, but it also was fucked up like, yeah. at the base of it. So I don't <laughs> we can just start there and it's fine, you know? Oh. It's too much. So let's talk next about mm, the Starbucks unions, right? So you wrote your piece about the unions in general. I and did. There is, fucked on Starbucks a lot. Yeah, there is some 200... Plus yeah. Starbucks stores that are have unionized, right? Yeah, it's over two hundred twenty now. Yeah. So, so what is, what's the update on this? Right? The update on this is that it continues. The unionization effort continues like in full force. It right. Just, it's keep going. And it yeah, it's keep going. And the union's webpage is up and ready to go because um, it's one union that's going across all the different stores, right? Yeah. And so it it's is the Starbucks Workers United. Okay. Look yeah. at that's the fucking do they have merch? They got Oh god. Official merch, baby. Let's let's see how much you you okay. Look at this. I know. Okay, I know. <laughs> Twenty-seven dollars must be union-made. Our T-shirts are fifteen. <laughs> I make them with my hands. That's there are. They sell masks. There's no slave okay. labor involved. Right. We make right. them ourselves. I know. First of all, I know that we sell merch, stickers, T-shirts. Order them wherever you want. We'll send them to you. But <laughs> I feel like you're kind of a piece of shit if you're a union and you're like buy our merch though. I get it. Like this, we're funding ourselves and we're. I don't know. It doesn't make you it less feels of a very piece of sellouty. Shit. I don't like the yeah. way that it feels for the union to have a merch page. Like that doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. Um, their logo is funny. I will give them that. The hand with the Starbucks cup, but real power fisty too going on there. Yeah. Well, also you know a little hammer and sickly and um, yeah, so. Which is, but you know, the workers of Starbucks unite. And so Starbucks is going to start having its first meetings for collective bargaining right is that yes. what's going on and um this is it comes at the same time when the um ceo of starbucks oh what's his name yeah um oh shit where'd the article go chuck something right yeah it's chuck chuck schultz or something like that charles no that's the that's the peanuts is guy that, it, <laughs> okay Charles Schultz is the Peanuts guy, right? I don't know who the Peanuts guy is. Like Mr. The, Peanut. No, like the comic <laughs> Peanuts. <laughs> like Charlie Brown, I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I think that uh, that's, it's Chuck. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. That sounds right. Um, and I'm trying to remember if this is the actual article or not. But regardless, um, the big story is they had a big company meeting like that, and they're going over all the pay raises and the increase in benefits that they're going to offer all of their partners. That's yes. what they call their employees. If you work at a Starbucks store anywhere, you are considered a partner. That's just what they call them. Um, and, but he did make a point to say that everybody in the union will not be a part of that because they that's not in their contract. So the the con, the contract that will be bargained for by the union is going to have to go in and try to essentially try to get something equivalent because they don't have to offer them the same shit anymore because they're not their standard employees. 
the union has oh. fucked themselves over by this. This is the power move. Because um, they are also, at the same time, Starbucks is closing stores, uh, oftentimes at locations that were unionized. Because if I was a business owner, I'd probably do that, too. Because now, all of a sudden, I, I don't get to run my business the way I want to. I have to do it the way my employees tell me I have to. And yeah. I have built this giant empire, so go fuck yourself. I know how to do this. You don't. If you own, like, the Starbucks down by the ferry... You know, mm -hmm. or something like that, and you're just making racks on a daily basis, pure off location. Oh yeah, Howard Schultz, by the way, Howard is Schultz, there, and they named a new Chuck Schultz, uh, a new Starbucks CEO on September 1st. Okay, and his name is gonna his name Laxman Naras Narisman, mm. and he's gonna be the next CEO. He's gonna take over. Sounds Norwegian. Oh, today actually, hot dog, October Lo 1st. After relocating from London to Seattle, and he'll work closely with Howard Schultz. There you go. Before assuming the CEO role, so today actually is his first day as CEO. Whoop, whoop. So congratulations. There's a uh, there's a lot of shit going on in this company. Is, right? <laughs> I hope I hope you're ready. Yeah. Good luck. So yeah, it, it continues. It originally started in Buffalo, New York, yes. of all places, and then it spread out from there. And they've gotten, like I said, two hundred twenty plus is the latest and greatest from the union. That How says many Starbucks we got it. stores are there? Do you know? I do not know, I but I would imagine that. there are thousands at this point in time. Because literally, God, I remember even in when I lived in New York City, you could literally every other block, damn near, without being too over exaggerated exaggerated in any commercial district every other block there was a fucking starbucks that you could go to there were more starbucks than dunk donuts for god's sakes yeah which used to be a staple out there but this is it's gonna be a problem because uh the benefits of starbucks are astronomical if you there are, are fifteen thousand four hundred forty four um, tens of thousands locations in the united states Good lord, and there's and they are international. I do believe yeah, too. Yeah, nearly so. nine. Yes, yeah. There's thirty three thousand eight hundred thirty three open stores across the globe in eighty countries. Good lord. Yes, eighty. And they're they're basically McDonald's. There are nine thousand uh, corporate owned stores in the United States. Wow, that's interesting. Damn, bro. In California, there's three thousand and five. <laughs> there are 3,000 Starbucks just in California. Wow. And that is the most, most by almost double. The next after that is Texas with 1,287. Dude. <laughs> so by, by twice. By double. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's so many Starbucks. And they only have 10 million more people. They have twice as many Starbucks. Over twice as many Starbucks. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. That is so crazy to think about. That's so many Starbucks. Good Lord. But, uh, but yeah, let's – for the average Starbucks worker, right? Right. Sorry. Like your average pay is not that great. It's it's obviously going to go up, obviously. But you are – there's no official tips involved in Starbucks, though you do get a health care plan. So you will be, I guess, if you were in Seattle, you'd be below that state minimum wage. But fifteen seventy five. But still, nobody can get around the, the state minimum wage, I'm fairly sure. No. So you're about to make that as a barista. Even if you're a part-time worker there, you get access to health care benefits, which I, they actually publicly show their plan on their website. You can go to, like, employee benefits and find out what it is. It's better than the average in employer-based health care system. Healthcare sucks. So. Yes. And, yeah, they have a much lower deductible than most places I've ever seen, which is pretty nice. 
That's probably uh, what they focus on if their you yeah. know if their <clears throat> pay but, is not going to be twenty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's just try and get it to the smallest deductible as possible. Yep. And we'll handle you know the vast majority of the premium or whatever. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand to thirty five hundred. Um, depending on which of the packages and you chose. And that's not bad. No, because you know, most of them start like five to eight. Yeah, comparatively you know. to other healthcare plans. It's yeah. all shit. No one, it's all terrible. Yeah. No one up in the comments is like, it's fucking too much money. Yeah. I know that. I, yeah. I, I fucking know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get healthcare benefits. You have um, essentially access to a free four-year bachelor's degree from ASU Online University through their partnership with ASU. I know multiple ASU. people who have gotten their degrees through that program working at Starbucks. And that's... That alone is worth more than whatever salary you're going to make there. Obviously, because, you know, at minimum wage, we, we're talking about about 30 grand per year. What is an average ASU tuition cost? Probably close to like 24 grand a year Probably. on the low end. Yeah. So, boom, there's the majority of your salary right there. You can just get for in free benefits plus your health care. You're already making more in benefits than you are in salary for slinging some coffee and dealing with some carrots indeed and you also get free coffee you get like a free bag of coffee and shit like that i think it's like once per pay period or something like that you get discounts there's uh, 401k there's you know let me pull it up because it was rather extensive went over it all in my piece as far as yeah service industry you know barista job goes it's not bad yeah Oh, benefits and perks. This is good. So let's pull this up. Yeah. So healthcare coverage, um, stock 401k and financial well-being. You get paid time off, obviously. You have a pretty decent amount of parental leave, um, education, student loan management. That's that ASU program we talked about. Plus, they have other different programs you can apply for. Will Wallace. Thank you very much, sir. Good to see you. Um, Commuter benefits. If you have to commute, if you take public transit, blah, 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 they will essentially reimburse you for all of that, which I think is interesting. Bus passes Um, and stuff. They have partner assistance. So this is their, this is kind of a cool little program they have where they will help cover child care to a certain dollar amount and stuff like that up to like 10 or 12 days a year so if you need emergency hey my kid's sick today i gotta be home you i i think whatever that cost you know if you need to come into work or find a babysitter or find something like that or if you need to take the day off or whatever they will charge you a dollar for that and then the rest of the day you can get your full pay and up to like I think it's ten days a year really? or something like that. So and that's yeah. Plus they also have other programs for other kind of child care assistance that you can get while you're there. That's pretty interesting. And it's yeah, it's open to anybody that works twenty hours or more a week. Dude. Right. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think there's a union out there that will get you those benefits. You might get a higher pay, but Yeah, and not for twenty co- hours no. a week. For full time, maybe. Maybe for full time, yeah. yeah. But you could probably, you can likely get comparable benefits for a full-time employee, but not for 20 hours a week. No, no, that's no, no, not no, how no. that's going to work. No, that's so that's a pretty big deal. So it does it begs the question: Why the unionization effort? Also, they're like, plus we love minorities. Look yeah. at this picture. <laughs> they're like, we <laughs> we love, love minorities. Oh yeah. If you didn't know, that's really funny. And you know, the Starbucks all... union doesn't though. That's all white people in that picture. Oh, there was. Do so you see a that? Do you here. see how Starbucks likes minorities and the union doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to their their FAQ page is 
for the frequently asked questions on the union side, they usually there's like five or six where the frequently asked questions. They have oh an damn. epic document about Ooh, this. Someone got paid money to write that. Yes. Uh, How do we bargain a contract? Yep. How, what are your for... union dues? That's right. Because if you remember, if you want to be okay. a part of a union, you got to pay into the union so that they can fight for you know better contracts and stuff like that. So this is so what ten dollars um... and eighty four cents per week for a full time employee and five dollars forty seven per week for the uh, anybody works less than 25 hours so this website is meant for people who want to join the starbucks union or yes. are considering joining the starbucks union also you can buy some merch for, yeah this wow, is the official the starbucks union, oh, union page so okay yep. so this isn't to rally the people for your cause this is to convince other starbucks workers to join the union oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right yeah so you know it, it, this one i love it's like what does this even mean so start organizing. So it's got a, it's got a fist over yeah, what's a bottle squishing? of sanit sanitizer? sanitizer. I guess I don't, you know, hashtag COVID or something. I don't, I don't Are understand they flavors. That. Maybe, maybe they're coffee flavors. Oh, maybe they're the, yeah, maybe they're the flavors. Okay. Let's do that. Let's go with that. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, there's, there's a couple minorities in there. there All you right. Go. That's good. Animated ones. Yep. Yep. Baristas union, Starbucks workers united. Strong coffee, strong union. Woo, woo, woo. Also buy our merch. So yeah, you can sign up right now if you're a, a partner in Starbucks. You can give you us can do money that. before you give us money. Yep, 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 yep. And really, the the one of the funniest things about this is when it comes to different shops like this unionizing. Anybody can a, a, attempt to form a union right. at their in, in place of employment. Right. Um, you only need a like a. It's not a very high majority of the people that you need right. to vote. But when you think about the people that work at Starbucks, each store doesn't have that many employees. So most of these votes are like 18 to 4, 22 to like 5. It's like less than 50 people all voting to like join these unions. And it's I wish that someone would weird try deal, man. and unionize our job so that I could just see what tim's face was like <laughs> i'm like i want to start a union like right. I, I just wish that i could see him be like oh, oh, oh my god oh, oh, oh get the fuck out yeah <laughs> goodbye yeah that would be awesome yeah because one of the most important things that i wanted to stress during my article right is if you are in a position at which you think you deserve more financial compensation for yeah. your job and stuff like that you know what doesn't help your case in most cases joining a union because your individual right to bargain for the worth of your own labor goes right out the door and you give that right of bargaining over to someone else to a collective group of people who do not actually care about you but if you they care about the organization <laughs> and they care about the strength of the organization and ideally what they they can kind of you know yeah yeah we, we want to protect our members yeah right definitely um, we also want to just make sure that everybody can do as little work as possible for the most amount of money. Yeah. We're all they're trying just to quiet an, quit out yeah, here. Yeah, they're just an NGO version of quiet quitting. Yeah, we're all trying to quiet quit out here. It's Let's quiet good. quit together. Yeah. It's So it's not good, man. I don't... Nobody's winning here. It's very surprising to me that a an industry with such an incredibly high turnover rate, too, is has gotten, like, this rally of support for unionizations and we've also seen this coming to like various fast food places now like chipotle got into it grocery stores like fucking trader joe's is you know certain of those stores are starting to unionize and 
Like, why? I just I don't get the push. I don't get the push. Uh, I don't get the so, push unless you're just if you're just pissed off about not making as much money as you think you deserve, then why would you not want to go someplace that will pay you what you're worth? So let me present like a question scenario, right? Um, because I think that there's a little bit of difference in mentality and I question this myself that <clears throat> I think someone like Crystal Ball would probably argue that you know these are not livable wages like you can't get an apartment off of this one wage you can't support this for all this type of stuff mm -hmm. and i growing up and maybe even now i would have to think a lot about it was always under the perception they're saying like not not every job is going to support your entire life that's not every job is meant to support your entire life not every like some of the jobs are meant for ideally for young people who are maybe still living at home or don't need to pay for an entire life or if you are doing that then it's meant for you to have a place where you have roommates or some shit like that and you're just so and i don't maybe that's a weird fucked up backwards way of looking at things but that's just what always what my perception of the job market has been that not every job is going to support everything that you want and that's why there are circumstances like low-income housing like houses where people four or five bedroom houses where people have roommates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, that was always my understanding, my perception of the market and the way that housing and bills and, and whatnot worked was yes. that if you didn't have a job that paid for you to live by yourself and all of those things, then that was the circumstance that you lived in until with, until you had a better job. Yes. I think what we're dealing with here is a simple, essentially like a, a need and a desire to require a s simple solutions for extremely complex problems yeah which is never a good thing to do it's, it always ends very very poorly the job market jobs and and what it is that you get paid at a job they are not necessarily in direct relation with the outer economic state of say the housing market or the commodities market or anything like that like they're they don't work in tandem together as people you know socialists like crystal ball believe they should right they they are not that because the because the market as it should be in a in a true free market sense they're not explicitly tied to each other there's all these different externalities and all these different factors that come into play that that make housing costs a certain amount of money it, it, that just because housing costs are up doesn't mean that the the your your average salary is going to go up to match your housing market jobs do not necessarily to get a job doesn't mean you have to get paid enough you know a, a quote living wage that doesn't make any sense that doesn't have any relation to what it is you're getting paid to do you know businesses operate on a you know we make a product ideally we make a product and we make you know we have a workforce that we invest in to put out this product that we can make a profit off of and that means we can continue to do this wonderful dance that we call <clears throat> capitalism it's a it's a whole deal right every business is different but that's essentially the deal goods and services shit like that 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 is the relationship to a salary or a wage has nothing to do with how much houses cost outside the overall market at which that that business would need to exist in 
the price of the good or service or whatever it is that they produce and allows them to, to continue to operate is in some fashion priced at a point at which that relates to that the 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 greater economic market in place housing groceries you know the whole nine yards it's all kind of intertwined but nothing's really directly related that well so this this concept of a living wage is nonsensical it doesn't mean anything to ask a a company to pay their employees enough to buy groceries and a house doesn't mean that that company can exist the argument gets easier to make when you have a massive corporation like Starbucks where the executive makes millions and millions Excess of dollars profits, and all that like shit. That. Yeah, which the only reason they have m- over 10,000 stores in, excuse me, in America is because a good chunk of those profits go into, oh, excuse me, getting those benefits, getting those you know those brick and mortar you know facilities getting all of the the inventory and the supply chain and the, all the contracts to go to making sure that that employee can show up and, and work and bring home some kind of money it's, but there is much more of an argument for people to ask for more money when a small portion of leadership is getting you know cashing <clears throat> in you know millions and millions of dollars that is understandable to a point but that's that's a different problem the relationship you're talking about with the different markets inside and outside is the to compare it to a different aspect right or a different different topic the problem quote unquote with what the Biden administration did with the student loan payments where they mm-hmm. limited the amount of money that your student loan payment can be that it's only a certain percentage of what your monthly income is yeah that that's Fine. That's not necessarily or inherently a bad thing, but it's also not a win for you because it doesn't change how much your loan is and it doesn't change how much someone can charge you for going to school. Now you're just going to pay it back slowly over a way longer period of time. Maybe the government is just going to pay it off again. Like I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's only a half a win because it's not lowering the money they're paying. And it's, if anything, it's adding to it because your interest is going to keep going for longer. You're going to pay more over time. This isn't really a win. This is just, it's an ideological win so that this is more affordable for you or you feel like it's more affordable for you in the short term really you're paying more long term that's the beautiful thing of like the thing on your credit card statement that's if you make only the minimum payment it will take you this long to pay it off and you'll pay this much extra on interest mm-hmm. like that's on all of your credit card statements and i don't know if they're doing that with student loans but if they're not they should tell you if, if you only make the minimum payment it is going to take you fucking this long to do this and yeah. the government should tell you once we readjust this if you only pay this percentage it's going to take you this much longer than it was before we changed this so you can either pay this amount and it will still take you this fucking long or there's a new amount and it will take you fucking seven more years yeah. because all the interest that we added or yeah. it'll just bring you until um until you die and then your kids won't be burdened yeah. with that debt because we're not letting that debt go right that That's... doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't realistically correlate with the market like you're talking about. I think that's, a, I, yeah. that's very good. But, you know, it does make sense when you look at their whole, you know, broad outlook on how the economy and money works anyways. Right. Where nothing really matters. We can just print, print, Well, the print, same print, deal print, we've print, heard and... Crystal make the argument that they believe in continual debt payment of people who are going to school. They're like, well, just make it all free anyway, yeah. you know? Just unionize it or yeah. nationalize, just, just nationalize it. it. Just it's nationalize fine. it. Yeah. That'll solve the fucking yeah. problem. Well, I'm interested to see what's going to come of this. Um, let's hit just one more thing because we're going on an hour now. Yeah. So let's talk about the Durkin texts, right? Because okay. nothing else is like really big from here. It's just other local stuff. Um, Seattle, they write, really quickly, they... 
Bruce Harrell introduced a new budget and they're adding back to the police budget. Um, <laughs> Refund from, the police. Yeah, from what they took away from it because obviously shit is really bad in Seattle. They're also giving a bunch more money to the uh, housing alliance, the people who deal with homelessness there, right? And my only deal with that is that's not like, you know, it's not inherently a bad thing, but we've also seen California's a great example. If you just keep throwing money at a problem, that's not necessarily going to solve it. Yeah, that They're, just means the leaders <clears throat> of the charities get bigger paychecks. Yeah, in in least I will give them some credit in Washington. They are, they are trying very hard and actively working on the housing thing, getting people into housing, um, like free housing and shit, so they can get clean and get figured out, like cleaned mm -hmm. up and get onto this back into the job market. But paid for also, by the taxpayer. We've also talked about Pendleton Place and stuff like that, where they're not doing that. People just yeah. live here and you use drugs and you can be a prostitute and you can do whatever the fuck and it's fine. We'll take care of it and it's not a problem. You yeah. know, so. That is an example of throwing money at this is not always the answer. Generally, so, it has not been. Yeah. Well, I think it's not so much. It's it's not throwing money at the problem. It's throwing money, which it, it's throwing money into a system that is inherently flawed to the point where the vast majority of the funds you're sending do not go explicitly to what you think they're going to. Something we'll talk about a lot more in the future segment as we go along but yeah um yeah generally speaking most of the money that gets sent there gets abused in all sorts of ways in overpriced markets because they're all government contract markets um you know nonprofits have a very very bad track record with you know their leadership and the the administration of these said profits taking massive amounts of money in salaries and then leaving very little in charity which uh, something Steve Bannon is going to go to jail for, but nothing, nothing like that happens they're adding, every day. <clears throat> they're adding 13% to the King County Regional Homelessness Authority. That's what. Oh, so the, the government agent <clears throat> aspect yes. of it. Agency. Yeah, and we talked about them last episode with what the uh, industrial or the international district, they have that big-ass housing complex. Yeah. Those are, these are the people that built that. So again an example of this is a great idea in theory just in like theory. pendleton place great idea in theory and then you fuck up neighborhoods you put it across the street from a fucking funeral home you do all this shit yep just a horrible location to do any of these things yeah. so what's the reverse of gentrification called and just add a bus route right put them put it farther away somewhere and give it its own bus route in which there's a just a, a fucking trolley almost you know that just specifically runs from there into town yeah dedicated public transport yeah that. that way it's not fucking with anybody's neighborhoods yeah. it's not fucking with the industry they can still get in and out of town it's fucking one bus route you could even use a short bus right like and i'm not talking shit like a in, smaller size uh, yeah, yeah i mean in in that's i say that because in like kzap county on on the more urban routes they're small buses they're just yeah. short that you don't need an entire city bus if there's going to be five people that ride it every day you know mm -hmm. so let's get one of them new green electric buses that the the, first they're so proud of these days the bus the bus route that i took to leave my house was the 23 and that was a small bus and it also only ran every other hour so sometimes i had to sit and wait at the transfer station for an hour for it to come and then i could go oh on. yeah that that case where you just miss it and you go yeah. fuck i gotta yeah. sit here forever yeah so i would take that one and then like the 13 to the college or something like that fan tat the 13 huh yeah something like that gotta take the 13 i think that's what it was yeah so Better. that's all so we'll see obviously you know if seattle gets markedly better over the next few years because of yeah um all of this money i wonder what the over under is on that yeah 
So we have an update on uh, a continually evolving story that, re you know, is revolving around former mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle, uh, who was the the PIC in charge. Uh, yeah, the PIC person in charge. <laughs> person in charge yeah. in charge. That's right. Um, during the uh, infamous Summer of Love, dubbed by her, <laughs> yes. um, the Chaz Chop time. So when it could the, be a Summer of Love. When the semi-autonomous zone of... Uh, I forget what they ended up calling it, but yeah, right. it was done during the George Floyd protests. It, it was it was there on top of Capitol Hill, uh, essentially for about a month. It went from mid early June to July before they finally stepped in and shut it Capitol down. Capitol Hill all occupied those, protests. Boom! That's there it was. That was the chop. That was the chop because yeah. originally it was the Chaz. Chaz chop. It was a. Uh, Chaz was Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Yeah. And then they were like, well, you can't do that because then you're like, actually, that's like a, a treason or something yeah. like that. It's, it's You can't, you're not a breakaway province, bro. You can't be doing that. So Idiots. they had to change it. Otherwise, the National Guard could have come in and literally just taken them all out, which would not have been a good look. But hey. And people go know. there during the day and there's like art going on. They're like, look at how fucking peaceful it is and beautiful yeah. in the nighttime. And the then women's getting as, raped. Yeah. And, Kids are getting shot when they're fucking driving through. They're wilding and shit. Yeah, and old, uh, what's his name? Simone. Um, Raz Simone. Raz Simone comes out there and tries to lay down the law and gives a bunch of guns to people, which I, you know, it is what it is. Hey, look, well, the studio's see. falling apart. But anyways, um, the big update in that. this one is the there's been an investigation going on into a bunch of deleted texts from the the head of the of Seattle government yes. during this time and what we have here is an official report oh it's the forensic report from all the various cell phones at use and the deleted text matches here she had 3 she had three at one time i think yes, right yes at one time yeah they were all and this investigation actually covered more than just her it's kind of like her and a bunch of other people Carmen Best and other yeah people. former former um chief best chris fisher kenneth niece nefsi i can't read that right now I'll maybe i'll zoom in um yeah nefsi um chief scogans idris Beergard, and assistant chief greening all major officials in the administration during this time and ultimately i mean it's a 27 page report but they have all sorts of really cool breakdowns of what was going on with the phones, right? They, they are having a hard time recovering these texts because most of these phones were at multiple times reset to factory settings. And when that happens, that's kind of like what they, they go over, like what that means. And why it's essentially you doing this? Yeah, because you're scrubbing you your phone, this? you're scrubbing the evidence. Oh, you um, pieces of shit. So Mayor Jenny Durkin, you know, All she was manually deleting texts for a long time. I think the, the headline of the original story was she manually deleted 191 texts. But that's not to include all the other texts that were wiped out during the multiple periods of factory resetting. Because she's like, I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. yeah and I don't know how it got set to 30-day reset. It's probably happened when I fucking reset my phone to factory reset settings. When they... Okay. <laughs> you piece of well, shit. see, and that's the thing, too. When they... And they go over this in the report, um, which all you got to do is just Google Durkin Court phone forensic report and it'll come up it's a 27 page report that's available for you know <clears throat> been officially released to the public um but yeah she when you did the factory reset on those particular phones it would auto default to retain the messages forever 
And so oh, okay. you would have to manually get in there and change that setting within the various iPhones. And she did. And multiple people did. Carmen Best did not. Um, her phone was reset to factory settings after she turned it in. And all of her text messages were wiped out at that point because they, they reset it to factory settings after she turned it in. It's not good, on, dude. Man. It's not good. And so, like, what did you guys do? What did you do that is so horrific that yes. you now need to delete it all? All of you collectively decided to delete this. Yes, uh, probably under her, you know, authority, obviously. But um, and gas them. Well, never gas them. Fucking gas them. Well, yeah, that was at that time. I mean, that's that was one of the big things. I mean, people. There was a bunch. of The George Floyd protests were were popping off, and the the protocol of riot suppression and stuff was in question. There was a lot of like, you can't use tear gas anymore. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can do this, but you can't do this. And it it was a really big deal. The uh, um, looking at uh, some of the tables here, you know, it shows what device it was, iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone 11, and it shows you uh, what date the back was, how many messages were on there, how many deleted messages oh, were come there. On, man. The deleted messages as a percent, you know, you know, on one of them, uh, this was, this shows like before the chat chop went down and then July 2021 that was all post uh george floyd stuff right but then you look so you're at 22 percent, 22 percent, and then boom once you get into that 85 percent, 77 percent, 72 percent. so it don't look good for mayor durkin she she'd be doing a bunch of such shit and now i don't know if they have any ability to actually recover any of this like what was actually going on and what but it's not a good look it's not a good look bro you're worse off now for trying to cover it up than you would have been if you were just like listen we're just trying to handle shit like yeah. we did do that but we're trying to handle shit right now you be you would have the the city would not have been happy the protesters would not have been happy but you were you quit after that anyway exactly. you're already not the mayor anymore yeah like so, you already knew you weren't going to be able to be mayor again yes. after that period so when i don't it understand wasn't a summer of love and now you might be looking at some like if there's any way to nail this down potentially jail time right? word for sure a big ass fine not cool what dude. An idiot yeah what a gang of idiots yeah so good stuff there good stuff there it's a good thing we have the best and brightest running our goddamn governments isn't it <laughs> isn't it great? every government from the smallest on up bro yeah only the best for us only the best wow this is you know how do you become an anarchist this is how you guys every every one of these government institutions is completely incompetent and they're they're real good at doing a bunch of shit that they oh, they more than more than be happy to throw you in a cage for the rest of your life for but they'll do it and probably get away with it so yeah there's uplifting uh, oh, local geez. news for you and well, i'm sure this is not the end i'm sure this this literally just came out on friday friday or thursday night so we will see and I, we have been tracking. We will, and we will keep tracking. We just talked about this last episode. This is great. It's good stuff. Deborah, hello. Every single agency, it's crap. Yes, she Amen, is. Deborah. Every major institution hates you and wants you to die. Boom. It's horrifically sad, <laughs> but that is the outcome I have arrived at. Deborah, you are right. just in time for us to take our very first break. We will be back in three minutes. 
Deborah. We will be back. Um, and we're going to go into part two. We're going to be talking about some national issues, right? We have some fraud that we're going to be discussing, the PPP loan fraud, the food aid fraud. We're going to talk about Donald Trump stuff that he has going on. Oh, I'm going to have to save this one. I forgot. We gotta, I'm going to have to save this one for the grab Drivers, bag. car makers, and states are leaving fossil fuels in the review as Washington. Governor Inslee wrote a new Medium post about Kim. going green and how awesome it's going to be to go fully green by 2035. And... Yeah, we'll save that one for the grab bag because so i got to tear the shit out of this thing because it's terrible. Yeah, it's going to be great. So we're also going to talk about the stop gap spending bill um, and then the potential congressional stock training bin. So Yeah, super disappointed. No government shutdown. Super, Damn. super bummed about that. So we'll be back, everybody, <laughs> in three minutes. Thank you very much. Boom. And we're back. Thank you very much for joining us. The Salt of the Streets Part 2. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin. And we are happy to have you here. You are watching us here on our YouTube.com slash Salt of the Streets. I don't think it's slash Salt of the Streets, but it's YouTube.com. Search for Salt of the Streets. Yeah. And you yeah, will yeah. find us. We yeah, we're there. not big enough yet to have our own YouTube slash yet. Excuse you know, me. You got to be real big. You will find us. Go there. Look for Salt of the Streets. We also have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets and our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. Go there. Sign up. Help us make more better content like this. We just dropped our 11th newsletter yesterday, which is an article written by Colin and I individually. And we had the Beer Show live stream yesterday. Right. We had the review preview that drops today right here on our YouTube. Share, like, subscribe to this content here to make us help us make more just like this. All this at SoldoStreets.com. You can find all this information right there. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Location Skate Shop in downtown Bremerton. If you need a skateboard, you're in the local area. Go there. Zeke! Zeke, Happy my man! Thank you very much for joining us. You are just in time for part two, sir. Shit's about to get real, Thank boy. You. That's right. It was just just local stories, so that's okay. So, I always get we super topped. nervous with this. It's tough. It's a tough <sighs> one. You got it. This They're is a good-looking... The growler, yes. Ah. I will usually hold it a little bit like a football and kind of put one Word. finger through the ring. Yeah, I'm like super just, nervous about this yeah. because of like all the shit. It is tough. That's a night. Well, that's so clear. Okay, so this is yeah, this is the illustrious beer I've been preaching on for like Ooh. weeks now. This is the Icarus Pale Ale from Silver City Brewing. Right. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Sir. It is one of their seasonal brews. Mm. And it has become one of my favorites. It's fucking fire, dude. That's very good. Like it's just it's slightly hoppy, not too much. Right. It's got a good it's got a good balance, a good yeah. everything, man. And it's like uh six point eight, I think. It's not too crazy, but not bad. It's up there. It's good shit. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, okay. So, so I had before yes. we kick off, um a couple things. Um I wanted to I wanted to ask you about this. Have okay. you ever have you ever gotten or heard about Dr. Squatch Soap? Of course. I watch YouTube. Of course. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, have you ever used it? it? No. no? Okay. You, I have become a Dr. Squatch fanatic. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this is not an ad, by the way. I'm, I'm like a huge soap guy now. Well, if it is, I don't know about it. But. It's not. I wish it was. They're a big enough company. Smell this. With the stuff in it. I like soap yeah. with things in it. They have, different, they have different levels. This is a heavy grit soap, um, and it's got oatmeal in it and sand. What's the scent? This is pine tar. Now, the crazy thing about this, it doesn't look like that now, but if you get wet, it's black as night. And when you're washing yourself with it, literally, it's black. Yeah. Like, it's it's wild, but it's fucking How awesome. How long does it last? Because I had a piece of soap like that once made out of goat's milk, and it did not last very long. They don't last that long. Yeah. They don't last that long. But, you know, it's because it's not synthetic detergent. 
as they say yeah. on the commercial. This is real life soap. How much is it? Um, you could buy them at Walmart now, and I think about five bucks or so. Um, or How you can long get does it, it last? from about a week. That's it? Maybe. I don't know. No. no. Think about it. Probably two weeks. A bar of Dove soap will last me like a month, probably. You know what? It really depends on how manly you are and how much hair you have. Because obviously, if you're more hairy, it just it rubs that shit off more. Right. Okay. And of course, because I'm the manliest of all men, which I'm not wearing plaid today to justify that. Right. You got your Eddie Bauer shirt on. I got on. my Eddie Bauer shirt on, which means I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing very well in this department. But I don't have any trouble. No, it's fucking phenomenal. And I just, I've become such a... It smells good. It's legit. And they have all sorts of different, um, you know, scents and types. And you can have heavy grit, medium grit, no grit. It's pretty sweet. It seems like you wouldn't really need to wear cologne, you know, if, you're, if your soap smells that, like, strong. You probably wouldn't need... I don't know if you yeah, wear cologne anyway. I do. You know, I got a nice, I got a nice bougie one. Carolina brought it back from, uh, there you go, from Canada. You seen the Versace I got, brother? Versace is nice. Yeah, so, you know, bougie, bougie. Yeah, it was a present. Hey, you know, that's is it? This seems like a very dude thing to have uh, be gifted cologne. I told Jordan that's what I wanted. I said I like oh, yeah. I want cologne. And I don't want to pick it out because I don't oh, want yeah. to pick one that I like. I want one yeah, that exactly. you like. You know? It's not really for me. Yeah, so, right. It's for everyone else in my my orbit. So I tasked her with it. And she, you know, stresses about presents and then, because my birthday and Christmas, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. always wants like them to be special and, and unique and fucking whatever. So mm -hmm. she's always tripping until like the last minute. And she's like, I just don't know what to get you. I want to get you that thing, blah, blah, blah. Fucking get me cologne. I, fucking, I want cologne. Just go and fucking buy cologne. How so, long does your average cologne last you? About a year? Um, I think I'm probably uh, just over a third of the way done with this one, and I got it for Christmas last year, so, huh? well, you know. A year and a half or so, yeah, good, good. good overlap, you know? Right. Maybe like two that. years, I think I could probably get out of this one, which is pretty good. I don't know how much it was. Obviously, it was a present. It no. wasn't It wasn't cheap, but it wasn't like $100. They don't fucking give that so. shit away, man. It bothers me. No. Unless well, you want to go like the industrial strength, like brute, you know, that right. you buy at the, the drugstore or whatever. Yeah. Axe body spray. Bro, I was a teenager once. Yeah. That's it. When I was a teenager, like, <laughs> when I was, yeah, when, when I first started to go through puberty and shit, that was, that was when Axe first started to come out. And so everybody at my high school smelled like shit. Yeah. Just like that. Junior high, high school, it was horrific. Everybody smelled like fucking hairspray on Adderall. Gross. Whatever it acts, smells like, it's not good. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, let's, uh, okay. yeah. So, so first, I actually want to talk about. You like the beer, though? Yes. What, what do you, what do you think overall about it? Just a nice, generally rounded pale ale? Yeah, it's pretty bold up front, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it chills the fuck out, though. Yeah. This is why, like, you could sit there and drink a few of these. Yeah. Stanky. Yeah. Stanky. Yeah. Um, so wanna, first, I want to talk about Jan 6 and the Oath Keepers, right? Because we were going to talk about January 6th oh, yeah, yeah. today, uh, but the January 6th uh, select committee, yeah, <laughs> there was a delay because, and it's Stephen Crowder, I think, hit on a really good, like, very dry, um, but the the committee hearing is in D.C., right? And then do, there Do your was... best impression of how... Do your own announcement of it in your best dry Steven Crowder persona. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't remember that. Just do it. Um, so, yeah, because the D.C. hearing was happening in D.C., and there's a hurricane in Florida, and so they had to call off the hearing because of the hurricane in Florida. 
the day before the hearing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't. I'm not really sure what the deal with that. But yeah, they they canceled the hearing in D.C. because of the Florida hurricane. I believe Stephen Crowder surmised or guessed that it was because of the ratings, right? They don't want to miss mm-hmm. out any ratings because obviously that's the only thing anybody's talking about is the hurricane. Obviously, which everybody's fine. Um, I believe there was even but one of the dailies even mentioned something like that. Um, like they did that because they didn't want to. Um, they wanted to make sure that when they did that, you know, everybody had an opportunity to to view yeah. this most auspicious event. Yeah. And so they didn't feel like it was fair to the people of Florida that they wouldn't be able to participate in this and How be able unfair. to view this. And so we had to delay. We still, to this day, don't have a, a date. So we were going to talk about January 6th, about the new updates, because they were supposed to go over new evidence and cover some new video footage and things like that. And... That didn't happen. Uh, uh, but there's also the beginning of the first jury trial for a group of Oath Keepers, right? And the Oath Keeper is like some militia group. It's who fucking knows any of these, you know, the three percenters, any of this bullshit that these fucking guys do. Um, They're a loud and annoying militia group. Yeah. And when you're, I don't know, I don't want to delegitimize anybody, but when you're that big, Got to be smart. I'm not into it. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> how effective the, can you be as a local militia if you're that big? The point is, we want to talk about this because we think that it's really important. And I think the conversation that we had with Joseph last week or last episode um, made a very legitimate point that there are political prisoners in the United States right now. And it's something that should be more prevalent and the discussion about it should be happening more often so we wanted to try and bring more light to that and the oath gear the oath keeper thing specifically we will go over more because there's like an audio clip that i want to play and stuff and the oath keepers a lot of the stuff that they are being accused of sounds like a lot like a lot of the shit that you guys listen to us talk about every time you're here and that's why i want to talk about it because if those things just simply owning body armor and buying weaponry and saying that you think a civil war is going to happen if those things are considered seditious conspiracy because you're in a certain location then i think that should tell us something about the conversations that we're having and the way that they're being interpreted by the federal government and the powers that be not that we don't know that already by the domestic violent extremist labels and things like that but um so when I heard the way that they were describing that, just simply the conversations that he were having, that he was having, the leader of the Oath Keepers, it sounds an awful lot like the conversations that we are having here. So yeah. because of that, because we're all having these conversations, I think it's important that we all know what these people are going to potentially spend time in federal prison for. And I talked to Colin either in the first part or before the show about the interview that I watched with Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about the way that the January 6th prisoners are being treated. Some of them have been in solitary confinement for 18 months since just after January 6th and will continue to be in solitary confinement until they get their trial date, which for some of them is not, you know, a year or more from now. So this is extremely dark treatment and to think that that's happening for purely political purposes in the united states should not only concern us because we're having this conversation but should concern anybody because it's happening for political reasons and it can happen to you if the people who are in power don't like what you have to say so we will go into that more probably the next episode because i would expect the january 6th hearing would happen before then yeah um but if not, just know this is something that we will be tracking. We are going to be talking about this because we think it's very important. Yeah, and the so, Oath Keepers trial will have actually really kind of kicked off right now. They're, jury selection, They're doing right? jury selection stuff, so there hasn't really been any major movement on that. 
unless you're one of those people that have a great legal mind and like to pick through jury selection. But again, if you're going to be charged in Washington, D.C., you're only getting one kind of juror anyway. So it's it's not a I don't like where this is going to go. But also I will add that um, part of the reason these people are being treated this way and in this manner is because of where it was at. Um, yes. You know, the there there's a reason why the everyday militia guy isn't getting picked up somewhere else or even a you know, the one of the larger uh who's the guy who was on IRL recently has another big uh militia survival group. I can't remember his name. Mike Glover. Mike Glover. Um, you know, he was not in that he was not there at that time putting himself in that position, so he is not being pursued with that that great um reverence even though he is also on the domestic extremist list and shit like that so his group and everything yeah, yeah so he's getting a different degree of it but a lot of this stuff i think really only stems from them being at that time and at that place being right there and that i mean it's 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 very interesting to see because it obviously is a very selectively assessed situation right and so yeah it'll be interesting we'll we'll be following it we'll be watching I'm gonna. I would imagine some of uh, legal YouTube, like Viva Fry and shit like that, will be streaming those things, and I'll be trying to watch as many of those as I can, so we could be as tuned up as possible. Yeah. For that trial, and then of course, to go like you said, hand in hand with that, the the next installment of season two or season three. I forget what season we're on at this three. point of three season now. three of uh, Jan six. Yes. Which they got to hurry because they're about to lose Cheney. You know, <laughs> they're about right. to lose Cheney, and if, right. if the writing on the wall is any indication, that select committee is not going to be around very much longer. So, yeah. you know, season three is going to be a shortened season, obviously, and uh, I don't think we're going to get a, a, a return to season four. Right. So we'll see. So now let's talk about some fraud. Fraud! Right. Uh, let's start with the PPP fraud, just because that's what I have here first. So if we all remember, take a look back, the PPP program, the uh, payroll protection plan, was... A government program established because the government shut everyone down. And so because you were going to have to lay off all your employees, like because COVID you were potentially, time. yeah, during the pandemic, it's right, pandemic era government program. So to help small businesses avoid firing their employees, instead, you were just supposed to lay them off and keep paying them. So they didn't also have to go on unemployment because the unemployment system was so insanely overloaded and fucked during that time. Uh, so this was... The scraps, essentially, comparatively, that were thrown to the plebs after the massive bailouts of the corporations that are now fucking you over. Hello, <laughs> airlines. Uh, yeah, hello, airlines. Um, and <laughs> Again. At, right at the end of the day, I don't think that we will ever have a full accounting of how much money was taken from this program, was like stolen from this program. Um, <laughs> but we we will we will find out um i don't know that we'll ever even know how much money was taken from us by the government and then in turn by whoever defrauded the government after that so so we'll find out but we have just a couple of different examples of different ppp uh loans so let's see this one is from um missouri that i have and this is actually a woman who who did a whole bunch of types of fraud and she (laughs) one of them was ppp fraud so she was pled guilty she's 
pleading guilty of embezzling $727,000, but she also admitted to fraudulently applying for three PPP loans worth $40,000. So that was just on top of all the other types of fraud that she was doing. (laughs) Um, This There's layers here. Yeah, this particular article, this is the one that I was telling you about, is from the Chicago Tribune, and I'll actually send this one to you. Um, And it is about a group of inmates actually that applied for ppp loans over the phone while in prison and then check this and then used the money for bail they bailed (laughs) they bailed themselves out of jail with ppp money Uh, all they would have had to do is wait till they started releasing everybody they would have gotten out just fine didn't have to steal any money joliet police and federal authorities have arrested 15 people for filing fraudulent ppp loan applications while in custody in will county jail on felony gun or drug charges law enforcement officials said some people use jail phones to complete the ppp loan process some sent the ppp money to bond out of jail about two dozen individuals have been indicted in the investigation dubbed operation triple p uh, <laughs> at the news conference 15 had been arrested as of wednesday and another 10 had warrants out for their arrest most of the fraudulent loans for 19 to twenty thousand dollars um authorities said many of the suspects were already incarcerated for felony offenses when they filed for the fraudulent loans uh during the course of the investigation it was discovered that some of the targets being investigated were in custody and used jail phones to complete the fraudulent ppp loan process the majority of suspects had open felony cases which would disqualify an applicant from receiving a ppp loan bank records also indicate some of the suspects used the illegal loans to bond out of custody so so they really had a lock on this shit apparently oh yeah they're fucking balling out right and also we know now that uh when when you get the call hey this is a call from so-and-so detention facility nobody's listening on the other end because they didn't not find right out until afterwards. Right. Not right then. And then this article that I'm sending you now is from NBC. And it is entitled... Fucking ads. Biggest fraud in a generation. The looting of the COVID relief plan known as PPP. So this whole article is about, obviously, as the title says, the amount of money that was taken from this. Um, and in the third paragraph... They came into their riches by participating in what experts say is a theft of as much as $80 billion, or about 10% of the $800 billion handed out in the COVID relief plan known as the PPP. That's on top of the $90 billion to $400 billion believed to have been stolen from the $900 billion COVID unemployment relief program. Okay, so... That's almost half. Yes. Yep. It could... No, no, no. It could be as much as 10% or or as much as like almost half. Anywhere from Jesus. 10% to 47%, roughly. That's how much it could be that was stolen from the unemployment program. Yep. Yep. For fuck's sakes, bud. Yeah. At this least, is your taxpayer dollars at work right at here. At least half taken by international fraudsters. Yeah. yeah Balling. Thank, thank God you got to pay taxes so that the government can just throw away approximately 47% of it. And maybe get back a fraction of it. Oh, yeah. They're not going to get all that money back. They all will these get things, back something. They all pled guilty, right? But these are all plea deals, I'm sure, that'll yeah. come down. So they're not going to get back the full amount. And people have spent the money. And oh, if, yeah. if you spent the money and you're going to spend time in prison, you're not going to pay the government back $40 billion. No. <laughs> you're spending $40 million or even $2 million. You're not going to do it. It's never going to happen. No. Oh. And another $80 billion potentially pilfered from a separate COVID disaster relief program. Oh, somebody Isn't bought themselves wonderful? a Ferrari, Yeah, just under the that. picture, even if the highest estimates are inflated, the total fraud in all COVID relief fund amounts to a mind-boggling sum of taxpayer money that could rival the $579 billion in federal funds included in President Joe Biden's massive 10-year infrastructure spending plan. Literally more 
then what we're going to spend on infrastructure is what was stolen from us during COVID, right? It's what the government allowed to be stolen from you because they blew the fucking doors off these programs. We're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Because we couldn't take five seconds to think of a better way to do anything. And I don't want to talk about it too much. So, you know. Um, it, that was a big thing at the time. It was like, you guys, can't, we can't be doing this. Well, Somebody ah, like Rand it. Paul and all that. Yeah. We're like, you guys, we need to have, we need to know where this money's going. I was like, you just hate, you just hate America. Yeah. You can't, you hate the people of America because you don't want to help help them during their time of need yep. this is what you get man this is the government doing their finest fucking work yes good god there's so much money yeah oh yeah. my god um much of the losses are considered unrecoverable but there is still a chance to stanch the bleeding because federal officials say 600 billion is still waiting to go out the door but we need more right in the article that i have from npr that talks about the spending program one of the sections is what's not in it. And it's like, there isn't funding for any more COVID shit or vaccines. There's still $600 billion that has yet to be spent from the money we already allocated from that. And of the money that has been spent, half of it has been stolen. What, Why you, should we give more money? Why you, should we put more money into these programs? What are we talking about? What is this? Is We're insane. talking about fake numbers. None of this is real. It's all fucking fake. This is fucking mind blowing. The Biden administration imposed new verification rules last year that administration <laughs> officials say appear to have made a difference in curbing fraud, but they acknowledged that programs in 2020 sac sacrificed security for speed needlessly. So we didn't uh, need to do it. We're acknowledging that now. We didn't need to do it, mm -hmm. but we did do it. You could have just let everybody keep going to work. And now here we are. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. I tell you, dude, this, this whole era is going to go down. In the history books is probably the the killing blow that the slow bleed that led to the downfall of america you don't this has massive consequences yeah inflation is high now but we're only just starting to feel this this bullshit, man this is all stemming from this exact time and we've already so it also is that nearly 10 million ppp loans have already been forgiven so can you imagine how many of the fraudulent loans have already been forgiven so these are just the ones that we know about that have been caught, right? But if you're really good at it and we mm -hmm. weren't able to catch you, then you already made however much money you made on the PPP loans and we forgave it. So you don't have to pay it back because yeah. you kept your fake employees, yeah. right? Yeah, man. That's... Fuck. Yes. Like, it's just... There's another article from, numbers are from Fox Business. The SBA doled out $684 million in PPP loans to potentially ineligible nonprofits. Those are just <laughs> nonprofit companies who shouldn't have got it. Those That's not even fraud. That's just people who weren't eligible, applied, and shouldn't have got it. And I'm not about to shill for the government's ability to recover all this money. But Fuck no. They're not going to do it. But there's no way they could. There's the amount of manpower you would it's need impossible. to run all of these investigations. It's surprising that they've been able to get as many as they've been able to get so far. Do you know what we need? 87,000 more IRS agents. That's how we get back this money. Maybe this is going to be their job. Yeah, Wrong. sure. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be coming after your ass. Definitely not. Yeah. Good Lord, man. So let's talk about some 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 food aid now, well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you have a whole database, right? So this is, yeah, this is a database from a private firm, Arnold and Porter, who I'm assuming has been contracted by the government to um, litigate some of these, yeah. these cases. But they have an entire database of cases ongoing from, you can see here, the program PPP, PUA, 
EIDL, which I don't know all of these, but like the vast majority of these things um, with a small summary of how much and what it is they're potentially, you know, the case against them. Awesome. You know, so you got 337,000 Alexander, uh, some crazy Polish name that ends in ski, is alleged to have used fictitious charitable entitles or entities such as Love and Bliss Inc. to fraudulently apply for loans. I mean, it's a really good, it's a really good database if you want to have an idea of uh, a lot of these cases that they're litigating. I mean, these are there's hundreds of these things, man, and they just show, they tell you eight point eight million. Oh my gosh, Benjamin, to, to oh man, I don't know how him. Pled guilty to falsely submitting EIDL and PPP loan applications on behalf of his company, um, Bencho Jewelry Inc. Oh, you're a jewelry company. In the application, he falsely claimed that Bencho generated as much as $758,000 in revenue, had been operating for 20 years, had 78 employees, and an average monthly payroll of over $350,000. Through his false statement, he obtained more than $850,000 in PPP loans and used the money for gambling, vacations, Balling. and other personal expenses. Balling. That's, I mean, that's just a small sample. Fallen. That's insane, dude. That's nuts. So isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't, isn't that just great? So let's talk about some, some food aid, right? We can talk about this this one that I have and one that you have because we have um, – that's the one that I'm talking about, the feeding our future, right? Mm -hmm. um, is At least we got one of them. That was right. There's so many now, yeah, as it turns out. Multiple. Could throw a um, fucking dart against the wall and just pick one. Yeah, so Feeding Our Future, there are 47 people that are being indicted. Um, 47 people were charged across six separate indictments based on three criminal investigations with charges including conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering, and bribery. So these people defrauded a food aid program for children who who don't have food, right? The Feeding Our Future organization, the government alleged, set up more than 250 bogus federal child nutrition program sites around Minnesota and collected money while falsely claiming to be serving food to children. The scheme also, it is alleged, includes shell companies, bogus documents, and fake names, which prosecutors say were generated from a website called listofrandomnames.com. They're literally <laughs> fucking fake names. They're literally fucking fake names that they used. Oh... Yeah, it also alleges that employees of Feeding Our Future solicited and received bribes and kickbacks for individual and company sponsored by Feeding Our Future. So they're double dipping, double dipping out here. That's healthy. Um, this was a brazen scheme of staggering proportions. <coughs> this is from the U.S. Attorney in Minnesota. These defendants exploited a program designed to provide nutritious food to needy children during the COVID-19 pandemic. Instead, they prioritized their own greed, stealing more than a quarter of a billion dollars in federal funds to purchase luxury cars, houses, jewelry, and coastal resort property abroad. I commend the work of the skilled investigators and prosecutors who unravel the lies, deception, and mountains of false documents to bring this complex case to light. Man. Yeah. I wonder how long it takes to do that. And how somebody gets flagged for something like that. You know, how do they even start looking? Enough fake names, you know? Yeah. Just go, you know, who visited the fakenames.com, list of fakenames.com in the last, you know, two years? The let's, website let's is no longer out. up, by the way. Oh! That site is currently down with intermissions that says, we are currently undergoing an upgrade. The site will return soon. Thank you for your patience and sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> That's bad. People that, like write fiction and stuff like that use stuff like that all the time yeah. to come up with like random names because you know 
sometimes it's hard to pull a name out of your ass. Right. So the food fraud is maybe a little darker morally because the aid was meant for hungry kids, right? Yeah. It's fucked up for on one level that you stole tax money that was already stolen from people to begin with. You are like reverse Robin Hooding the whole thing. You're just stealing shit that was already stolen from other people. Robbing the rich to give to me. Yeah. Um, it was a big topic during COVID, the number of kids that were facing what they're called food insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and how many kids rely on school lunches for a consistent meal. And these people did all of the work to pretend that they were good people and they were actually pieces of shit at the same time yeah. because they're just stealing money to put in their own fucking to buy cars and houses and shit like that I'm like yeah we're feeding mad kids out here that's so fucked up multiple dude. locations that is so fucked up yeah and you have another story for this yeah yes uh this one here also because that was they're out of minneapolis right yeah um this is also out of minneapolis i believe uh let's pull this one up uh, McFarah Hassan defended her work feeding needy children. Prosecutors now accuse her of buying a Tesla and other goods with money intended for those kids. Fuck yeah. This one is a little bit more gray because she did do some work, but also decided to take a big chunk off the top to, you know, take care of herself, too. Uh, more than a dozen family members and supporters showed up at the federal courthouse in downtown Minneapolis Thursday morning to support Mikfarah Housen, as she appeared in court dressed in neon green jailhouse clothing. To many of them, she was a respected leader in the local Oramo community, but, it, but to authorities, she's one of dozens of suspects in an alleged $250 million embezzlement and federal food aid funds. Uh, one supporter uh, spoke highly of her. She's left an amazing legacy in our community. She's a role model, you know. The youth look up to her. The women look up to her. She's just she's just an amazing leader. A day after federal agents raided more than 15 properties nearly earlier this year in an opening salvo of what is now the largest COVID relief fraud in the nation, Mikfra um, told Hassan Journal, that her nonprofit was above board and that she welcomed scrutiny. The FBI was investigating several organizations like hers for alleged falsely reporting that they um, serve meals to a large number of low-income children in order to receive federal money to subsidize that food. Uh, mixed with nonprofit, uh, Miss Hopes is headquarters in uh, Miss. Oh my God, Shamsia Hopes is headquartered in Brooklyn Center which is also home to the local FBI office. <laughs> Bad move there. Uh, prosecutors this week painted a starkly different picture of McFarland accusing the Shakopee woman of trying to flee the country on a one-way ticket to Ethiopia. She was booked into local county jail on Tuesday, the same day her flight was scheduled to take off from Minneapolis. She tried Paul. to dip, huh? She almost got away with it. Try to dip, huh? It was also the same day U.S. Attorney Drew Luger announced charges against 47 other defendants in the food aid investigation um so yeah this is another one they she, she got accused Bond. uh you know so they locked her up because they don't and this one sounds like it's actually going to be more of a court battle because she also did do the thing that she said she was going to do just took a not all the just way. took a lot off the top i guess so that one's going to have to be litigated in court. But it's not a good move that she tried to bail out of the country. That, uh, you know, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But right. fuck, that don't look good. 
That's fucked up, man. These are these are from all the needy children. Yeah, stealing from the needy children. It's not good. I mean, in her defense, other five hundred one c three charities do this shit all the time, way above board. They just do it with privately gathered money instead of government money. So. Yeah. You know, and they get away with it all the time, giving themselves $1 million salaries and putting 5% of the overall company proceeds to actually doing the mission of their so-called charity work. Black Lives Matter? Uh, yeah, we're, that's a that's a great organization for an example there. Yeah. Yeah, they've misappropriated all sorts of funds. A couple but, of houses out here. A couple of few big old mansions. Marxist you know? as fuck, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> More for yeah. me and none for thee. So let's talk about... Donald Trump, right? Can. Um, we'll talk about this this tax fraud. So we we've talked about these allegations before, but in a different context. That uh-huh. was when the was it the uh, district court was going after uh-huh. him, right for for the tax fraud. I mean, that's still going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're yeah. all still going on. Yeah, the tax fraud, the district court tax fraud is still going on. But within the last week, um, the attorney general for New York. Right, that's mm-hmm. what it is. She, uh, Letitia James. Yes, she announced a civil case against Donald Trump and his children for the same thing, for these allegations of tax fraud, in which he would apply for a loan and inflate the value of his assets, and then file his taxes and deflate the value of his assets so that he could take a loss and then come out on top of all the things. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've heard this same thing before, but now this is a civil case from Letitia James and. I was interested in listening to commentary talk about it, right? Because the... Pause button real quick. Do you remember yes. when we did the New York Times article about his dad? Donald Trump's dad. Doing yes. essentially the same exact yes. thing. Yes. It's, it's, it all has to do with prop, property value assessments and who does that, how they're legitimized, and right. then who's willing to loan money on those examples. Right. Sorry, commentary. No, no, 100%. So commentary was talking about... How for the civil case, Letitia James is going to have to prove that someone was done harm mm-hmm. because of this. That is an interesting way to go. Um, I don't know who you're going to prove was done harm because Donald Trump lied about his taxes. Yes. Right? That, I think, is going to be a hard thing to do. And so they were, on commentary, making the point, assumption, that it's almost like she was just signaling to try and bring public attention to something that she hopes other people are already looking into. And if they're not, then put the, their feet to the flames to make them do it or mm-hmm. rush on it or try harder or whatever. Because yeah. the civil thing, I just don't see sticking. I don't know who was they're talking about. You know, it's some weird general sense. You could say the taxpayers were done harm because he's stealing from them is not paying his fair share. But that's a that's not going to hold yeah. in court. That's a rough, rough case to try and make. Yeah. When in reality, the the most the closest you can get to like a legitimately aggrieved party um, would be the banking institutions that would loan the organization money. But that is also withstanding the concept that these, these banks and financial institutions have, you know, they don't do their own due diligence into the assets that they're going to use as backing for the loans that they're, they're going to give themselves. It removes all responsibility from them, which they they always will do some form of an assessment to make sure that whatever loans they're giving out has some kind of security backing yeah. to it. And it's up to them whether they accept the assessment of the value of the collateral in question at that point. Right. It's it's on their dime to do that. And right. so 
if that's what they did, that's what they did. And then if it turns around and then you claim the assessment on, you know, when it comes time to pay taxes, you know who does the assessment of your properties at that point? The fucking state does. Right. The government does. I don't have any, I don't have any say. I, there's a weird loophole you can try to, you like, know, you could try to like. appraiser? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you could question the county or the state's assessment of your property, but then that gets into a whole deal. Um, you know, I have, but more or less, I have no say into how much my property is worth to the county's assessment. They right. update it every year, and generally speaking, it just goes up and up so they can charge you more fucking taxes. But right. um, that's on them, man. That's If that's what they assess the value at for his properties, that's what they assess the value at. Whatever the banks decided to accept as ac- accessible value is what they accepted at the time. Right. It's their problem. There is no aggrieved party here to be had. No. But what's her name? Letitia James has been trying to do this type of shit to him for as long she as She said possible. she was going to go after Donald Trump. Yeah. That was like she part has of had, her jam. Yeah, it's been her office. jam since, you know, he showed up on the scene in any popular fashion. Deborah says, but the banks don't suffer losses as they are making interest on the notes. 100%. And that's what yep. Colin, yeah, there is no grief party. There's there is no, no one who party. has done harm here. <laughs> Except for her. <laughs> yeah, she goes, you pissed me off. Very upset. Yes. So, uh, so, <laughs> so let's talk about the difference between these examples right mm-hmm. so the first ones and i have this under like the why what does this have to do with freedom and liberty so the first ones we bring up the ppp fraud and the food aid fraud we bring up because these first stories to me highlight that they're that this is the natural function of government right you they throw endless piles of stolen money at a problem and then collect whatever fraction of it can be reclaimed at the end of it and when it's all said and done they're going to call it a win they're, we co- re- recollected this x amount of dollars from the people who defrauded you who tried to who stole your money from you that's what they will say to you at yep. the end as we reclaimed this much money right that's what they're doing now they're running around saying all these people stole this much money a uh, quarter of a billion dollars for this a quarter of a billion dollars for this there is no doubt isn't that weird? It's saying that no one is watching, no one is chatting, but Deborah just said something. We definitely have people watching. Isn't it? It says there's people watching right now, but the number says zero. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's fucking YouTube. YouTube don't give a fuck about us. So, <clears throat> this is the natural function of government. This, this is how this is going to go every single time. They couldn't take a moment to talk about maybe what might be the best way to go. They couldn't have an actual discussion or a debate or a something. We're just going to open the fucking taps and whoever gets money is who gets money. And we'll, we'll apologize at the end because it's unprecedented and we can't ask anybody anything. So it's, this is how this will continue to go. And now they'll stand back and they'll, just shrug their shoulders. Why? Why is everything so bad? Inflation is terrible, and gas costs so much. You know the what well, the mortgage the rates. Are, mortgage rates are nearly seven percent, but it's not our fault. We're doing everything we can. We're crushing it out here. We're cutting money off the fucking deficit out here. Dude, we've got we've the got best infrastructure payments ever. We're, we're fucking balling right now. We're balling right Joe now. Joe Biden has created more jobs than any American president the, in fucking does, history. They're right. lying to you. This <laughs> government, any government, doesn't care about you. This no. is their function, to steal your money, to give it away, and then tell you that you should be happy about it. This is how this is going to work. They will devalue your currency. They will take everything they can from you, ruin the fucking assets that you have, and then still try and take more from you. This is the functional government. This is how this is going to continue to work, it's right? It's the only thing they're good at. Then they take somebody like Donald Trump, and I fucking hate 
I hate to defend the man because I'm not like a Donald Trump guy. We talked about this a million times. I'm not a Donald Trump guy, right? But when you victimize him all the time, when you put him in that role, there is no choice but to do this, right? So purely as an example, you take someone they like expect us to be grateful. You're one hundred percent. They expect you to wipe your chin and say thank you, right? So thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes. So. Then they take someone like Donald Trump, who who didn't steal taxpayer money, right? And this is what I this is why I want to compare and contrast these two things, right? Donald Trump did not steal taxpayer money. He adjusted fraudulently the amount of money he was going to pay in taxes, right? Taxation is theft to begin with. I'm not going to fault somebody for trying to limit the amount of money that is stolen from them by their government every single fucking year, yep. right? There is a difference to me demonstrable between someone who is stealing money that has already been stolen from you and someone who is trying to limit the amount of money that is stolen from them. And instead, Donald Trump is the same type of piece of shit as these people who tried to tell the state that they were feeding children and they weren't. These are not the same thing, right? I'm not going to say that they're both on the up and up because it's probably not. He's lying about something, so it's morally questionable. But these are all subjective things anyway on what you think is right and what you think is wrong, mm -hmm. right? I'm telling you from where I stand, if you're stealing money that's already been stolen from somebody, you're a piece of shit. And if you're saying that you're doing it because you're feeding children, you're a double piece of shit, right? And... If you are actively trying to limit, I don't care what your fucking name is, what business you own, what business you don't have, how much money you have. If you are doing what you can to lower and limit the amount of money that the state steals from you, I will slap you the high five all fucking day. Yeah. I don't give a shit. That doesn't matter to me. They are stealing money from you and everybody else in this fucking country. Taxation is theft. They are stealing your money. I don't care about that. No. No, I'm there for it, man. I'm there for it. And I'm... And think about the amount of money, too, they're going to cost this family. Um, you know, the Trumps have the money to, to burn, obviously. But Maybe. How well, maybe, yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> it point. doesn't sound necessarily like they do. I mean, yeah, they might be, uh, I don't know, he's always... He has, has some money, but no, it doesn't sound like anyone really knows how much money he has. That's true. His campaign has a fuckload of money. Yep. How much money does Donald Trump have? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, this is a, a way, essentially, he's operated his entire life, was he operates in, in the red. Trust. Based and, off yeah. of, um, you know, assessed value of what he owns, right? Right. The, the businesses and stuff, because then... His apartments if, and if, things, If your yeah. net worth, due to, you know, your non-liquid assets, is worth half a billion dollars, right? Then any any bank is going to loan you x amount of dollars based off of the fact that if you for some reason didn't pay they have non-liquid assets that they could repossess and right. take into their own and, and sell recoup their losses money, right. and he is essentially since the 80s operated in that realm and this is the way a lot of those fucking kind of more shady end businesses do they operate off of that kind of you know, and then they buy and they sell other companies. They make right. slight profits on them. And then they pay back the loans. They do this. They Take do that. Take losses. Yeah. You know, and then when <clears throat> when when sometimes Sorry. the bill collectors come to call, you know, the the banks come calling and stuff. There's legal, there's legal things that you can get. You know, you know, involved in the courts. You invest a bunch of money in lawyers to slow things down. Then boom, all of a sudden you're liquid over here again, and you do this, and then you pay those guys off, and then this goes away, and that goes away. I mean, it's just. It's a whole really strange, like, knife's edge way to, it's like, it's not live real. your fucking life. But it's because all this is fake. All these numbers are fucking fake. None of this is real anymore. It's all just ones and zeros no. in, in buildings and businesses, That's man. why it can be done this way. There was, has anyone calculated the amount of money Donald Trump lost serving his country for four years? So, for sure. At least, what, a million dollars? Um, 
Because two hundred fifty thousand per year? No, it's four hundred. Oh, it's four hundred okay. grand a year. So at so, least uh, eighteen. Yeah. 19, so right. Yeah. So somewhere around eighteen, because it's like four and a half or something like that. So somewhere around one point eight million of just salary that he chose to donate to whatever charity it was that he was yeah. donating all the salary to. Um, and you know, you, one can only speculate as to how different his businesses would have gone were he running them full time versus being in the White House full time. So yeah, who knows? But for certain you know 1.8 million dollars because that's the amount of money he turned down as a salary um so that's that's why we bring up these things um and when it can one last note on donald trump i don't fault him for trying to pay as little as possible on their tax right i fault the government for being so greedy and bloated that they need to squeeze every penny they can out of every taxpayer regardless how much money they make every year yeah right it doesn't matter how much money you're already paying in taxes we're still gonna get just uh, let's see if we can get a little bit more Mm -hmm. you know just it's it's horrific because they're already even if you're they tell you if you make twenty thousand dollars a year like well you don't have to file your income tax because you don't make that much money you're still paying sales tax every year if you live somewhere where you pay another tax you're still paying tax all the fuck time you're buying gas everything you buy still has taxes included into it you're still paying taxes every penny that is exchanged between one thing to another you are paying some form of tax on it somewhere whether it's in your car driving around whether it's buying and selling things whether it's getting in your paycheck or if you're writing checks as a business or if you're just operating a business i mean anything the government is always stealing money from your pocket consistently every and then once a year you know and it's you might get back a pittance of what it is that you've input into the system at some point and then you feel all happy about it and you go buy a tv and you do all this shit because yeah i got a tax return but realistically it's it's a pittance of what you've put into the system at this point, what they have stolen out of your pocket under threat of in, imprisonment. Before you even get it. Yes, 100%. And honestly, like I said, I I do not fault any business owner or any, any rich person or anything like that in lowering the amount of money they have stolen from them no. in any way possible, well, no. it's, whether or not it's keeping money here or moving it offshore. Like, I don't... If you... If you really wanted to have broad public like sentiment towards like having that be like a really bad concept um, socially, like you would need to to make this this tax system incredibly equitable, if you will, yeah. and transparent and fair to the point where everybody feels like. Everybody understands what the taxes would be. You know what I mean? Like a the simplest version of this would be like a flat tax, right? If everybody, no matter what happened, just had to pay 10% of any any money they made at all, period. People would understand that. And then you could be more upset at Jeff Bezos for not paying his 10%. Right. But you have no concept of what Jeff Bezos' tax liabilities are no. and why. Because no. the tax code could literally fill this house 10 times over. Nobody understands that. So they just say you should be mad at these people. And then a certain portion of the population does because these people are very, very rich and powerful and essentially live in a completely different world than you. But like it's none of this shit is real. It's all just tactics. It's all just tactics to turn people against each other so that they can manipulate us more, more thoroughly and more easily. Right. That's that's all this is. 
It's all just a bunch of bullshit. Nobody should give a shit that Trump gets out of paying X amount of money in taxes. It doesn't do Good anything for, him, bro. for you whether or not he pays them. It doesn't change anything. The government is going to continue to operate. They're not going to yeah. lower their operating budget because Donald Trump paid less in taxes, right? No. There might might be an argument if the operating budget of the government was solely based off of the amount of tax revenue that was brought in every year. Maybe. Maybe. There might be an argument for it, depending on the size of the government, the way the money was being spent. There might be an argument for that. Yeah. But even if you assume that that is what is happening now, which it is definitely not, nope. right? Even if you assume that, you can't take a look at the federal government the way that it sits now and say, it's perfect. There's not a thing you need to cut out of it. It is operating exactly as it is meant to be. Yeah. Right? Literally over half of the money they just spent saving people was stolen from them. Does, doesn't exist. No. It does not exist. No. And at this point, too, like you said, I think you alluded to there for a minute, taxation makes no sense anymore. No. Because none of the spending that they're doing is based off of tax revenue at all. It hasn't they been just, for some time now. They, <laughs> we are trillion, tens of trillions of dollars in debt. Your taxes never, do not yes. matter at all. No, it's they never just, been based off of that. They just print it and go, man. The federal government has been assuming people's debts since since its creation, right? That yeah. was one of Alexander Hamilton's first ideas of the actual government was, we're going to take on the debt from all of the states, so they have to be paying us money so we can have money to operate. We can have revenue going because we have money coming in all the time. And then we have some legitimacy because we have debt and we have revenue coming in to borrow money from other places so we can get shit done. Yep. Literally since its conception, because Alexander Hamilton was George Washington's secretary of the treasury, it's literally since the conception of the federal government, yep. this, is Coast Guard. How, this is how it has operated. Yep. We have never balanced budget. None of that, that has never existed. That has <laughs> no. never existed. It has always been off of debts and repayments through taxes and other weird dealings that's going yep. on. Since its inception. This makes no difference. Mm -hmm. This does not matter. All they are doing is stealing money from you. Yep. It's funny how the Coast Guard started because Alexander Hamilton, is, he started the Cutter Revenue Service, which ultimately morphed into and is absorbed and all this stuff into what became the Coast Guard. It's funny how the Coast Guard used to be a tax collection branch, essentially. Weird deal. Alexander Hamilton was not was not a good dude as far as uh, fuck you. They made a musical about him. <laughs> That's he's true. awesome. He's awesome. Also, I didn't realize he was black. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, <laughs> right. Just kidding. Everyone's Mexican and black in there. Don't you know everybody was a minority back then? I've seen portions of I've seen like clips from Hamilton. It actually looks pretty good. I've never actually I don't not I like a good I'm musical only, to be yeah. honest. And I, I don't know I just don't get a lot of men these days, but from everything I've heard, even from people that are like John Podhorns. It's he says it's supposed to be very good. It's supposed yes. to be very good. I and, only talk shit about Hamilton himself, not the musical, because I have never seen like it. I, so. Yeah, and I hear only good things. Yeah, about it's it. all done in rapping. <laughs> it's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And there's a there's a, a movie that Dax is into. It's called Vivo. That is about. Um, it's an, I have heard of this. It's an animated movie on Netflix that is about a kinkajou that is friends with an old man, and they do music together. The kinkajou performs for people in Cuba, and. Um, I really like this word. The kinkajou. Is, I want to know what this animal. It's looks a like. monkey. It's a type of monkey. It's a small monkey. The kinkajou. Um, and Is that how you spell it? No. So there you go. It's pretty pretty close. But so, oh my god, I love those things. Yeah. So Vivo is a kinkajou, and oh, he wears a fedora and sings, 
and uh, the old man gets invited to rejoin VIVO, it is called. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda plays Vivo. And he also writes all of the songs. So the songs are super fucking catchy. You know, they're super crazy catchy because he writes all the music. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the old man. And that's uh, the Vivo, obviously. That's like the beginning part. They're singing in the... Man, they really churched up the Kinkajou, man. He don't look nearly as ugly as he does in real no, life. No, he's super cute. Um, oh, and little buddy. He pals up with this girl who's like the the great niece of, of the old man that he's with because... Uh, the old man gets invited to Florida to perform with his old partner that he's like in love with and whatever, and then dies like the day before he's going to go. And so Vivo Damn. Uh, accompanies this young girl and oh, hey, well, that's <laughs> and the young girl, uh, she, she lives in Miami. So he goes with the girl to Miami to the place to give the song to the woman nice. so it's all about their their journey there getting lost in the everglades and whatnot this is a lot of sweet uh latino music yeah 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 um like i said all the music is super catchy because mm -hmm. he wrote all of it so it's very it's very well written and it's all very well performed very and, cool and he's a good singer he's very talented so his he's he's the monkey so it's all very good it's quality yeah that's awesome yeah, I like those movies, right man. Here. I like those movies. The last cool like animated movie I saw was Coco. George Coco? Yeah, yeah, Coco. That was, was good, good man. Yeah, Coco was, was good, good music too. Yeah, for I sure. Was a, I was a big fan of that. Yeah, Dax was really into Coco for a while around Christmas time. Someone gave him a guitar for Christmas, and um, nice. I, I was forced to be Ernesto De La Cruz. I mean, <laughs> day in and day out. Yeah. Yes, I sang a lot of songs from Coco oh, uh, when we were watching that. So that is great. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I have one really fun fraud story to hear. Let's hear about if you, it. If you want to talk about it, um, this would be none other than the illustrious Brett Favre. Oh. And he's getting hemmed up pretty severely at this point for a fraud case involving another. Um, you know, might as well be the children. But it's, it's the same it's deal. The same You're deal. Kind this of is a piece of shit. Welfare yeah. fraud, and it all has to do with uh, the financing of a volleyball stadium in Mississippi where his daughter is going to school because they need a new volleyball thing, and obviously he doesn't want to pay for it. So he is in tight with the, the governor, and so the two of them are talking. Now former um, former governor, I believe. Um, and I so, like Brett Favre, man. Yeah, I know, dude. I don't care it about was the a big deal. I don't care about any of that stuff. But through Come the on, court man. filings and stuff like this at this point, text messages have been coming out. Uh, the different parties at play now are trying to kind of turn against each other. And so they're releasing, <sighs> you know, sections of text messages let's and just get the forensics report okay yeah, because exactly, apparently right? that's where all the that's, juicy deets are that's what we need and it doesn't look good for mr brett Favre. um doesn't look good for the political official involved at the time as well but it, it looks as though they knowingly took advantage of welfare block grants from the federal government to the state to help fund the creation of this volleyball stadium and then to kind of add insult to injury to cut costs they were looking to see who could build it for you know on the cheap and um they were looking at trying to hire prison labor to build the oh, <laughs> volleyball stadium on, man. Too, man when crystal was saying there's text message of him like so you're sure the media won't find out right yeah <laughs> like shit like that yeah so like, obviously 
innocent until proven guilty. But uh, come on, I, bud. I don't. I'm not into Brett Favre anymore, man. Come on, John bud. Madden is rolling in his grave right now. He <laughs> had such a he had a hard on in the grave in the coffin for Brett Favre. Yeah. He used to love that guy, and everybody used to love him. Say Brett Favre. Come on, and he man. did the circles, and you know over there. It's a sad state of affairs, but uh, yeah, Brett Favre stealing money from the poor's not cool. <laughs> Uh, so the next story that we have is about the spending bill, right? The government funding bill spending. that was just announced yesterday, I think, maybe the day before. Um, so the yeah, stop they just got it across the wire. Yeah, yeah, out of the Senate. Um, I was hopeful. I was hopeful government would temporarily shut down close. again. Uh, the stopgap funding bill will keep the government up and running until mid-December. It's like the 16th or something, I think. Yeah. Um, the backdoor deal made at the mansion during the previous one, during the uh, Build Back Better, right? Or the Pare Down build, build Back Better. Is that what it was? More uh, or less, yeah. yeah. They so, can't call it that because that died at some point. But right, essentially, yeah. Right. So the backdoor deal, the pipeline deal, and the other, the it's like a, it has to do with verifying new infrastructure for mm -hmm. green, right? So that was cut um, after Joe Manchin finally relented so that he would take it out. So I'm interested to see how Joe Manchin is going to behave for the rest of the time that he's in office because you know, we, we don't really have shit to lose now. Yeah, so, it's over now. You you are done. Your party burns you yeah. because you fought back on Build Back Better and you made it so that they couldn't get this massive, giant spending bill done. And you did that because you trusted your leadership to make a deal with you chuck schumer and him made a deal so that he can get this pipeline deal going and right. these certain like it's kind of weird it wasn't exactly that straightforward but more or less and then ultimately in deliberation and through all this voting process and stuff it didn't happen anyways so again joe manchin part of the reason we have an incoming eighty-seven thousand, eighty-six thousand IRS agents because of Joe Manchin making this fucking deal with Chuck Schumer, who turned around and stabbed him in the back and said, "Actually, fuck you. Right. We're done with you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You try to you try to stop a bill that I put forward. I'm gonna end your fucking career now." Right. That's exactly what he did. It's fucking over, dude. Um, it's the we... act like we're doing something, Bill. Yes, exactly. While spending all of your money. Exactly. Uh, backdoor deals like this are just another way that you are deceived every day by your government. They're not unique to any one particular party. Um, this is just how these things operate. I said earlier when Deborah was talking, when we responded to her comment, every institution, every major institution hates you and wants you to die. That's Check. That, that is how it is. They don't care about you. They will do whatever it is they're going to do to benefit them, and that's all that matters. So Joe Manchin might say, oh, I did it for my fucking constituents, you know? I did it for my guys. I'm trying to be down. Uh, but he, he's going to make money off of it. He's definitely going to make money. What? Oh, this is so good. It's just the plot thickens, oh, man. Jesus. So I, I just real quick, I was curious. When is Joe Manchin's when is his term up? His uh, his term ends and he's up for reelection in 2024. Nice. Which means there's going to be a West Virginia fucking Senate seat up for bid, which he is not going to get, which means. I and I at this point I would severely doubt West Virginia is going to put a fucking Democrat up, but you never know. But anyways, there's let's go. That's going to be a big deal. No, if we if we survive until the 2024 election, that seat's going to be a big deal. Now I want to say because when Joe Manchin was asked about this, he's like, "Oh, it's really sad that you know people don't care about." energy independence and they want to fucking whatever so like i want to say and i'm pretty sure that joe manchin doesn't care about energy independence he might after all this stuff with russia he might give a shit just as an american of like well we should really have this squared away but there's yeah. no 
parsing now with the fact that he was definitely going to make money off of this and oh, he was yeah. going to benefit him. Even if he's not going to directly benefit when he's done being a senator, he's going to make money off of that. Yeah. So this guy's a piece of shit. Uh, the fact that the government can not only not balance a budget, right? That's that's horrific as it is, but they can't even pass a totally skewed one. All they have, they're just <laughs> they're just keep slapping more money because they can't even pass one that's totally fucked out of whack. Yeah, like they can't even agree on where to spend more money at because it grows and grows and grows every year. Like we can't get it together. Just slap a fucking bandaid on it. and We'll move on. We'll talk about it again in six months. That's just not. It's fucking ridiculous. And people are down for it. They just love it. So much like oh whoo thank god we averted another fucking last minute shutdown yeah. right the fucking mitch mcconnell's out here like at least we didn't go to the last minute you know <laughs> thank god he really said that he he really says that this this is common sense bipartisan legislation says oh, Senate majority, oh this is chuck schumer oh, said yeah. on the fourth thursday after the upper chamber passed the bill i'm glad we came to a timely conclusion and didn't go right up to the brink and risk a shutdown Millions and millions of people can't breathe, can breathe easy knowing that we have done this in a timely way and the money to continue the government will be there. Thank fuck, right? Thank God you can continue to show up and fucking not do a goddamn thing until December. And then we can, we can fret about it right before Christmas, right? Isn't that wonderful? Well, and you're, Nine days to Christmas, seven days to eight days to Christmas. I can do math. Seven, nine. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> now I'm thinking my birthday. I'm like, no, it's less than that. Nine days to Christmas, and we can worry about whether or not the government is going to function, right? And, and also, like, not cutting down to the wire is 11 hours to spare? That's not cutting With it down to the wire? 11 hours to spare. It's not. It's very timely. Very timely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it fucking beautiful? What that really means, though, is that they didn't have to stay up all night yeah. to do this. And I'm then not he as got, tired he got as to go I home. And get his tea and watch his matlock, although that's what Biden does. But I didn't have to take my second fucking Vivance later to keep me boosted <laughs> for the evening. What's in the bill? It includes $2.5 billion to aid communities devastated by natural disasters. This is on top of the money that funds the government, right? Yes. So don't, don't, don't miss it. Don't misunderstand, right? Don't miss, it is all about the drama. It is all about the, the deliciousness and it's uh, a reality the, TV show now. 100%. It's, we were, a, it's a reality TV show yes. that has zero producers. It's not real. And that, that is, it is put out essentially for free through fucking corporate press and network television so on top of the money that it costs to fund the government which is i mean billions of dollars right it's only for a two months so it's, it's billions of dollars that it costs to fund the government so on top of that there's two and a half billion to eight communities devastated by natural disasters excuse me one billion in funding a low-income home heating program because you're can't use fossil fuels anymore. No, no, no. That's because your energy prices are going to be so fucking expensive during December and October and the winter yeah. that you are going to have no choice if you don't make very much money but to appeal to the government <laughs> to subsidize your costs. That's what that is for. Yes. Unlike the January 6th hearings that has a daytime... 100%. Yeah. It's not a fucking... It's not a show at all. And, also, and obviously... It, that shows why the Jan 6 hearings ratings are so in the dumps is because network television can't make TV shows to save shit. their life anymore. So they just shit. rely yes. on the real world reality show yes. that is the fucking federal government of politics. Uh, $20 million in emergency to address the water crisis in Jackson, which has been going on for, oh, fucking a year now, and no one has done shit about it. So I'm sure yep. 20 extra million dollars will fix the goddamn problem. The bill also includes $12 billion in aid for Ukraine, which is totally open and it can be used for whatever they want. Oh uh, yes, so they, that that that's exactly correct for aid to Ukraine, right? 
That's what it says. Not for security aid, not for humanitarian aid, not for military. It's just aid to Ukraine. This is the kind of shit that allows them to pay their bills. Yep. And, uh, yep, yep, Allotted yep. for whatever the government feels like Ukraine says they need the money for. Like uh, trying to get into NATO. Yep. This package comes as a pivotal moment as Ukraine freedom fighters. Freedom fighters. Uh, that's that's probably adequate. Oh, yeah. On We're, top of how much we've already given to Ukraine. We're... Yeah, to the tune of if you go back to before the actual invasion, we're probably, after this 12, we're probably going to be closing in on $80 billion well, Joe over Biden, the last, like, like same six, eight years. did another billion just out of the White House. Yep. So that's 13. Just in one week, just in one week, another 13 billion. I, I don't know where I heard this, but uh, at this point, I think we just need to go with the the annual subscription model. <laughs> of Ukraine aid because we're going to save 10% we'll, on the yeah, back we'll end. We'll save money, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we might get some extra content out of it. <laughs> <laughs> more videos. Starlink will open up two more satellites if we do that. Yeah, just put a camera on a couple of them. Yeah. On Jesus, we want to see what's going on there. Because the obviously we're not going to get the straight story from anybody else no. on the ground so let's just get some sat views let's do it the bill also allows no people are saying what the ukrainian two days Truman ago show. two days ago there were people saying that they were already finding corpses with enlistment papers on them from the call-up mm -hmm. that was fucking like five days before that you're mm -hmm. telling me that in five days people are being strapped with weapons and moved to the front lines i mean i guess i'm not it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. I just don't fucking believe anything that comes out of the corporate media. It's no. just, it's not. It's all hard. They take one thing that someone said and they run with it. Like, yeah, this is definitely the truth. Even though we don't have pictures or anything else, this is definitely what's happening. Yeah. The bill also allows for the reauthorization of the Food and Drug Administration user fees for another five years, which Schumer said called vital if we want to avoid any slowdown in the review of new life-saving drugs. So oh. I thought, that's weird. What's a user fee? So I went to the FDA website, right? User fees. What are user fees? The FDA, and this is per the FDA.gov, right? The FDA collects fees from companies that produce certain products, such as drugs and medical devices, and for some other entities, such as certain accreditation and certification bodies. Wait. Wait. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to pay your you got to pay I've your heard about this before. Dues. Right. So the companies are paying you money so you can approve their drugs. That's what all these crazy people have been talking oh. about, right? That's that's the misinformation that I've been hearing about. But we're going to make sure that we fund that for five more years. Yes. Fund their ability to take money. Mm -hmm. We need to give them money so they can take money. That's I'm sorry, is that what you just said? We need yes. to give them money so they can take money from the companies that are asking them to approve their items yeah that's totally on the up and up it's not fucking sus at all right have you did you it was last week the 23rd of september it is bribery deborah uh, it is. It, yeah it's, and it's open and non and it's open and transparent it's for everybody funded to see. bribery actually yeah. did you happen to catch the joe rogan experience episode on 23rd of september with uh brigham buller i don't think so oh my god he is a uh, used to be a drug dealer, uh, like a um, a legit legitimate pharmaceutical lobbyist, and would sell drugs to doctors and blah blah blah. He was involved in this medical field, did all this crazy shit. Now he has like a an uh, a free market kind of like drug company and you know lab tests and shit like that. It's kind of a cool deal what he's gotten into. But the stories he tells about the entire medical establishment and their relationship with the government yeah. is fucking dark. Yeah. And it'll it'll give you some context to where that fucking yeah. where that money goes. And I had heard it's fucking dark. I dude. had heard of this concept before, just not I'm sure I heard the term user fee, but I just didn't 
immediately connected to. So as soon as I read about this, like, oh, this is now I know we were talking about. Yep. Um, so yeah, you want anything run by us? Yeah, so that's nice. Just pay us. Isn't that nice? And this this second paragraph, for most major user fee programs, the FDA and industry negotiate agreements on user fees every five years. As part of this process, companies within the regulated industry, and then in parentheses, industry, <laughs> agree to the collection of fees in exchange for commitments from the FDA to meet certain performance goals. For example, to make decisions on drug applications within a predictable timeline. So it's an expedition fee. It's just yeah. a way to expedite the process. Yeah. How are you going to get shit the market? To implement the agreements for, for the medical product user fees, Congress passes reauthorization legislation that enables the FDA to continue to collect user fees. Importantly, the outcomes of decisions the FDA makes, such as whether to approve a product, do not depend on the agency's ability to collect the user fees. The FDA's decisions are made based on science and are consistent with the legal regulatory standards that govern the industry. So they're not necessary. We're telling you that right here in the second paragraph of this whole fucking page. That we don't <laughs> need them. But goddamn, are they nice? That's right. Gotta have them. Yeah. Gotta fucking have them. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It's wicked fucking nice, bro. Last thing that we have here for this segment, uh, for this part, for part two, is the renewed conversation about a congressional stock trading ban. Yes. We talked about this a few weeks ago, a few months ago. There were a few different ones floating around, Josh Hawley and some other people. Mm -hmm. And now there's just kind of renewed conversation about it, right? There's pressure from a few different places because all those bills still exist. I think what Elizabeth Warren has won. And I don't know exactly which one it is that's being brought up right now it is the bipartisan ban on congressional stock ownership tax which would still allow legislators to hold mutual funds and efts the suggested penalty for violating the proposed law would be fifty thousand dollars oh that's a good uh, one right there deborah co-sponsored the, by abigail spanberger and chip roy yeah and spanberger's pissed by the way yeah um but uh deborah did the uh supreme court just rule that these agencies do not have the ability to access fees the only that only Congress has the ability to access fees. We will have to look into that. Yeah. I do not know. But uh, considering our the makeup of the court now, I wouldn't be surprised. No. But it would also, you know, and the Congress would have no problem to do that because they love handling money. Um, but yeah, Abigail Spanberger, um, she is actually officially called now for a change up in House leadership over this bill not coming to the floor before midterms. She is fucking pissed about this. Um, and Josh Hawley, I'll give him credit because the the various lists that have been created about congressmen that are making money with stock trading and shit like that, he's on that list. Almost everybody, including our good friend Dan Crenshaw, is oh, on that list. Almost everyone. They're all on that fucking list, damn near. Yet, they're still fighting for this piece of legislation to go through, which I think is... Might just speak to like uh, populist politics, maybe. Yeah. Because we we talked about this bill that was on the table before. Breaking points actually did a fairly good job covering that. I, I give it to Crystal. She was she's been following this like a hawk. Um, but even in this latest bill, it I think it was broadly overreaching to an extent because it didn't just cover members of Congress being ineligible to trade down to their families. It, yeah. Their immediate family members and, um, uh, white or executive branch officials, judges, Supreme court judges. I mean, it, it kind of touched everybody, but then also there was that caveat thrown in there that said, um, that essentially 
anybody that has a stock portfolio and all this, you could put it into a qualified blind trust. Right. And then it set the precedent to what is a qualified blind trust being set by the Congress. So essentially it left the door open for all of them to continue to do what it is that they actually do. Now, I don't, I would almost take that anyways, because at least you'd, you'd get some. You wouldn't get all, obviously, but you'd get some. There'd yeah. be some kind of play to it. But either way, um, Pelos has, she ain't having it. And so she's, they're, they're not going to do it and they're not going to put it on the floor. Because she stands to lose too much money, man. Fucking A, she does. Yeah. Yeah. What's her husband? Her husband is a stock a stockbroker type dude. He's an investor. That's what he does. Better than S&P, man. He's fucking good. Amen. He's better than any of the top ones, bro. The only bad trades he makes are the ones that get put into the public's eye. So he has to make bad trades on him so that he doesn't look like he's that much of a shill while he's fighting not to go to jail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. So this talks about um, this Yahoo News article I have says that, let's see... Though Congress created the law of the Stock Act uh, to prevent insider trading and force representatives to report their trading activity, Business Insider identified 72 members of Congress who violated the act. Mm-hmm. Axios reports that violators include Rep. Susie Lee, Alan Lowenthal, and Kevin Horn. The three representatives are also part of the top 10 Congress members trading stocks. Does it tell you what the penalty is for violating oh, the like Stock Act? it's like $500 or something like that? Yeah, it's something stupid. Yeah, like the a, new one is a, the new, it's $200, and the new one is 1000 Um <laughs> Still... A recent in-depth analysis completed by New York Times revealed that at least 97 members of Congress have engaged in buying or selling stocks, bonds, and other financial assets that were directly affected by the committees they served on. Some of those transactions were completed by the representative, while others are reportedly the work of their spouses or dependent child. Times reports reached their conclusions by analyzing transactions from 19 to 21, from, from 2019 to 2021, and from a database of members' financial filings called Capital Trades. They correlated the trades with related commitment committee assignments, hearing dates, and congressional investigations. Excuse me. According to the Times report, several legislators defended the trades by stating that a spouse or broker completed them without their knowledge or input. Of Two course. of them reported the transaction as accidental. Accidental I transactions. I didn't mean to make money. It was an accident. That's, that's so funny. These people do not care about you. I like the idea of having your kids do it, the old Joe Biden model. I like that. Just have, just have Hunter do it all. It's fine. Can't be, can't be true. I don't talk to my son about my business dealings. Forbes reports that in response to February's proposal, Senator Tommy Tuberville said, This is a free country last time I heard. The Times, <laughs> the Times investigation identified Tuberville as one of the representatives who made trades that, con- that constituted a conflict of interest. Where is the SEC on this? They're in on it too, Deborah. That's, yeah, it's 100% insider trading, and uh, everybody's in on it. Except for us. We're not allowed to do that. Even Martha Stewart can't get away with it, bro. That poor gal. At least that spawned, like, at least she got a record, and then she can hang out with Snoop and make some cool content on the internet. We, man. It's not good. We agreed before, right, that we are not for removing people's ability to make money just because they have Mm -hmm. committed to serve the government, right? This bill, like you said, seems like it provides Congress with too much oversight of their own activity because you shouldn't be able to decide what is and is not okay when we're looking at the ethics of a certain decision. Your view of ethics, when we are viewing your ethics, it doesn't fucking matter to me. I don't care what you think is ethical. This Mm -hmm. is about what we think is ethical of your behavior, right? There, 
it cannot possibly be this difficult to find a medium for this, right? A happy medium where people can make money and also not be a piece of shit that has taken advantage of the country, mm -hmm. right? There's got to be a nonpartisan place that you can put your money in your stocks that will still allow you to make money that you can't fucking touch or influence for the time that you're in office. That doesn't seem like it's that difficult. I mean, people do it that work simple jobs every day. People, organizations like Edward Jones, big national kind of like retirement plan handling people. All you got to do is sign over your fucking money, all your assets to these people. They will manage them for you, and you do not have access to it, period. I have an Edward Jones agent. I know you she do. Makes all the, she makes all the trades for me. Yeah. I, have, I just get to look. I have a really good one, and I get to essentially... Be like, yeah, I want, I want to put them in high, high risk, high reward, low right. risk, lower. You know, you get to make some choices, but they do all the managing, they do all that stuff. Why can't Congress be held to that as well? I want every congressman to once a year have to go down and see their Ed Jones, you know, outfit guy, and then they, they, you know, they go over the reports and they say, well, what do you want to do? You want low risk? What do you want? You, you looking to retire? Let's. What are we doing here? I want that type of thing to happen. But again. You always run into that kind of uh, civil liberties question of, you know, it gets problematic, but also, let's put it this way, right? There's a good Fuck you, then don't serve the government. There's a good litmus test to be had here about uh, essentially like the, the basic operations of the government. If you are in a position as a government employee, as a public servant who was like an elected representative, if you are in a position to ask yourself whether or not you're doing something that is ethical or unethical, it means you shouldn't have the power to do it. Because if the if the public cannot see what exactly you are doing, that should be that should not be the remit of your job and you right. should not as a government employee or a public servant have that power to do. If we are having these if we are having these conversations about what is right and proper and allowed for them to be doing, they shouldn't have the ability to do that in that job, period. If you have to ask, you shouldn't be doing it. Doesn't seem that difficult at the end of the day. But hey, yeah, that's pretty simple. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. Every now and again, there's a thread of wisdom. Yeah, the fact that there, I think the last real note that I have on this is the fact that there is so much opposition to this mm -hmm. should tell you a lot. Yeah. You know, should tell you an awful lot about why those people are in government you can make your own assumption that at that point but there should be a there is a lot that you can surmise from this about why they are opposed to it how much money they stand to gain how much money they are making how much information they have how influential that is to the mm -hmm. way they're making money it's not good yeah. if this is the only if this is the only issue that Jesus whoa if this is the only issue you, as an elected politician, have a liberty argument against, you can go fuck yourself. That's a that's a red flag right there. Yeah. The only one you're making? Well, I thought this was a free country. Bitch, no, you didn't. Yeah. You're just saying that because now you're the one in the target. Yeah, no, Get the fuck out of the way. That's not good enough. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. The, using your civil liberties to defend your ability to make money when you're actively <laughs> infringing on other people's civil liberties, is, yes. that's not a good argument. Yes. That's not a good argument to that's, be making. That's the Dan Crenshaw argument. Yes. Did you or did you not tell me that I had to stay in my house? Did you or did you not lock down the fucking government? Yeah. Did you or did you not sign off on these fucking programs that now half of the money has been stolen? Yeah. Fuck you. And if you did, 
don't tell me that it is against your, you know, it is a violation of your liberties to not participate in the free market. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm into it. So. That was with healthy. That, that was yeah, healthy. With that, we will take our, our next break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes for part three, Woo! where we'll be talking about some international issues. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share these things here, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Peace. Action. Thank you very much for coming back, for joining us here. This is uh, part three of Salt of the Streets, episode 134. My name is Donovan. I am Cupcake Cousin. We are I mean, I'm Colin. Here. Uh, yeah, Cupcake Cousins are here to play. Uh, hug attacks and yummy snacks on a sunshiny day and then um it's gonna be a sprinklicious time it's cousin time that is it's gonna be a sprinklicious time it's cousin time that's in the song ends in there in the next room i am so happy (laughs) that's it so um (laughs) we're gonna need some sprinklicious cousin time because it's about to get fucking terrifying up in here yeah we'll have a sprinkle party afterwards Dax will tell you all about it sweet uh, sweet yeah jordan makes these things she'll call them scrappy bowls which is just like just cake scraps and then leftover buttercream and she'll throw some sprinkles in there you know so he'll make oh she'll make one of those and Dax will sprinkle party <laughs> oh my god the boy loves sprinkles he's obsessed with sprinkles bro i just okay so if there was going to be a bakery that will open up at some point in if time there was to be um one. This is an incredible business opportunity because that does happen on a on a commercial scale, obviously, right? And so, if you are able to find a way to shape the what you call them, sprinkle cups or sprinkle what? scrappy bowls, scrappy bowls, if you are able to make like scrappy bars or scra- you know put them in some kind of cool shape, yeah, well, and that's then you can sell them for you know half the price of a regular whatever the fuck, and yeah. then boom. You're just you just have free inventory like that, and yeah. people will love them. And that's kind of what um, you know what a cake pop is. Yeah, it's kind of what a cake. Oh pop yeah, is. that's yeah. right. And it's yeah. kind of like a, it's the cake pop is kind of like that, except it has except like, not as pretentious. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it has cousin time. She said that's really funny. Um, yeah, so the scrappy. You listening, are, Jordan? You listen? I got I got ideas. The scrappy bowls are lit. I think if someone like someone could come in and order a scrappy bowl, you know, that would be a thing that you could. Because she's gonna, it's it's from like when you make so a awesome. when you level a cake, you know, yeah. it's just the top of that. Oh, That's, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll yeah. put it in a bag, and I will eat it over the sink like a rat. Um, <laughs> I'll just eat the tops of the cake. It's horrific. It's horrific the things that I do. Um, and yeah, so oh, so uh, upon occasion. Oh, dude, can you imagine? Okay, bowl. take a scrappy bowl. Yeah, put them like just put it in a cup, right, and then put some like fucking some froyo on it. Ooh, shit. Bro. Yeah. And, some, and then some rainbow jimmies on top. Love That's what I'm saying. Sprinkle party. That's right. Who yeah. knows what jimmies are? Uh, I know I know what the fuck a jimmy is. That's a jimmy right. is a very particular type of sprinkle. It's a, it's a, it is. Generally, rainbow sprinkles exist, but uh, jimmies are chocolate sprinkles, right? Um, At least back in the Northeast, that's what they are. I don't know about that. Um, I believe, to me, the jimmy has to do with the shape. It is the rainbow, longer, like rice-shaped sprinkle. That's yeah, what yeah, a jimmy yeah. is. Um, I don't know. Jordan would know more particularly if they're specifically the chocolate sprinkles. I, just I think that that's just the New England thing. That was... When I was up there, that was you, they had all these cool, um, like ice cream shops and stuff yeah. like that. And seven to nine months out of the year, they're not open because it's fucking freezing outside. Nobody right. cares. But during the summertime, they're all popping, right? You know, Dairy Queen, 
only open seasonally up there right. because Michigan too. You know, yeah, we went school. to Michigan yeah. in, in like March and it was closed. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, there's other shit you can buy there, and they're like, no, not really. <laughs> no, that's just that's they're the old school OG ones. But yeah, it was something I learned over there. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go over and get a chocolate sprinkle. If you say chocolate sprinkles, they know you're a fucking out of towner and you're just you're not one of them. And if you say, yeah, I want some Jimmy's on it, they're like, all right, cool. Then you get chocolate jimmies okay but otherwise rainbow jimmies don't exist that's just rainbow springs right right apparently yeah. they're bougie they're they're a different kind of bougie up there oh you don't even know about bougie sprinkles bro jordan's her favorite <laughs> sprinkles yeah um i can't remember the brand off the top of my head it's some type of word you know fucking happy or like some shit like that that's just like the brand of sprinkles but they come in like a little a tall jar like that you know, mm -hmm. like a spice like a those. tall spice jar yeah. yeah and they come out with like new designs all the time they have different shapes in them like she's i mean fancy sprinkles i think fancy sprinkles. Yeah, i think they think that's what they're called but i gotta um, say this though right off the top fuck a hard sprinkle east coast thing she said yeah so Fuck a hard sprinkle. All sprinkles should be like that Jimmy style yeah, confectioner yeah. sugar softness. That's, I don't that's really like sprinkles. Like Dax is obsessed with them. He'll eat just sprinkles. Like he'll take that as a treat. Like I'll just give me a couple of sprinkles. He's super into it. He'll eat one at a time. Yeah, he loves the crunchy. Dude, do you them. remember the TCBY days? Yes. In Silverdale, right? Yeah. That was like the first Froyo place right. that was around before all these bougie motherfuckers moved to town. That's, it's, a cool, it's always open. Fro Froyo is always open it here. Is, Fuck these coast Froyo is always open here. <laughs> That's I mean, right. It could be snowing. You could still go and buy Froyo. Well, it's a weird business model now. You, like it's a bar. You walk in and you just fill up a fucking cup. No matter how fat you want to get, just do whatever you want, throw whatever you want, and then they weigh the bitch at the end, and then you pay. Didn't be the way it used to work. Yeah, but that was. It's Fancy always been my thing, man. There you go. You take. I would just even. I'd go super plain Jane. A lot of times I still do. I just do like the vanilla. With some fucking rainbow jimmies on it, but you got to have the rainbow jimmies involved because that's what I need. I'm way more about the froyo than the toppings. You know, yeah, yeah I like yeah. to I eat need, all the no, different kinds the of froyo. Like I like to try the different kinds. Um, I'll get most oh, I'm basic, bro. Oh, I'll get I'm most basic. of the flavors. I don't even fuck with chocolate most of the time. I no. just want. I am a vanilla dude. I like to try all the different fruit ones, like the bitter ones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All of them fucking things. I try all that shit. I'll even even if I don't think I'll like, I'll put mm -hmm. just a little bit in there to try it. I will say I this love though, the Froyo. If I'm into the, the the world of the ice cream, though, I don't fuck with the fake vanilla. No French vanilla. No, you need the one with the with the seeds in it. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. that actually look like a real life. Like you scraped a fucking vanilla bean. Yeah. That's where, even though they don't, but right. at least they look like they do. You wanted to pretend. Yeah. I yeah. want to pretend that I want fancy vanilla. I just like <laughs> vanilla. It's not that I'm, like, opposed to anything else. I just, I'm, I like a good vanilla deal. Yeah. You I'll know? eat plain vanilla ice cream. I'm here legit. for it. Yeah. You know, that and mint chip. That's where it's at. <laughs> mint chip is, I want that green shit. That's you know? really funny. Yeah, mint chip, nobody fuck with mint chip, right? Please, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. It doesn't have to be green either, by the um, way. Mint's not, that's, that's, that's not real. Let's first start with, 
Oh, <laughs> which belligerent party yeah, should we start with? First? I want to ask him to like, subscribe, comment on this. Obviously, you're here. Thank you for joining us. Um, we have the YouTube Salt of the Streets, Instagram Salt of the Streets, Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. We had the article mm-hmm. dropped yesterday, the review preview dropped today for the book club. We had the beer show live stream last night. So we have all this fantastic content that's going on. Go there, subscribe, help us make more better content just like this. This particular segment is brought to you by JP Bakery, just like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you're in the local area, you can order stuff. If you are somewhere else, you can order. Um, English muffins and things like that that ship well. Those are no problem at all. Um, and can I just say this, too? I want to put out a special. Yes. This this segment yes. is also brought to you by our latest and greatest patron. You know who you are. You're in the chat. We love you forever. Thank you. You're awesome. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the newsletter. You know, yesterday you should have got it, obviously, on the Patreon and also an email. I believe Patreon sends an email. So I hope that you enjoyed that. So let's talk... Uh, Let's talk about DeSantis first. Right? Okay. First, that's a, let's talk that's about soft how fucking NPR's ass. Yes, right? yes. And I really, I meant to cue this up before, excuse me, before we went into this. <clears> I have <throat> one example that I can find for sure. Mm-hmm. So if you want to vamp for a minute, um, DeSantis has three lawsuits going on, and I'll pull up this thing about NPR. Okay. Uh, well, I will vamp on DeSantis real quick, because yeah. he's been getting a lot of shade lately about his, uh, his time in Congress voting against hurricane aid for Hurricane Sandy relief up in New Jersey back when Hurricane Sandy hit, which I sat through BT Dub. That was not a fun time um, up in when I was living in New York. And uh, a lot of the, the corporate press coming after him because he voted against that aid. As it turns out, he had good reason to at that point because they had already voted for specific aid at this point. And this was basically a block grant that could have been used for anything. And he... You know, fuck him, but he wanted some strings attached to it. He wanted to know what the money was going to be used for and how it was going to be used. And so he voted no against it. And they're trying to use that against him now. Joy Behard on whatever stupid show that she runs. I think she's MSNBC. Um, one of the biggest ways of space in the corporate press and one of the biggest spreaders of mis- and disinformation, depending on how you want to define it, that exists in the corporate press. Um, she's coming after him and trying to say that, you know, he doesn't necessarily deserve aid now to go help the people of Florida. That is, uh, we haven't touched on it all. Completely devastated the entire state of Florida, damn near. Particularly down south um, after Hurricane Ian. Not of Timcast IRL fame, but uh, just regular Hurricane Ian as it uh, struck last Thursday. I believe I made so, landfall yeah. on Thursday and then turned around and surprisingly like came back and fucking hit north north carolina i believe um, um to yesterday um as I, a i think it was like a, it was a either a trop storm or a, a small um either a tropical storm or like a, a cat one hurricane at that point but um all reports at this point report minor damage at this point but as far as florida goes Lots. We we don't yeah. even know the number of dead right now, and it's it's been pretty devastating. It's going to take years and years and years to rebuild Florida at this point. The sponsor, Deborah, is JP Bakery. Can be found on Instagram at Leggings and Aprons, all one word. Yeet. And you can see some of the examples of the work and stuff like that. It said uh, English muffins is one of the things that are done <laughs> to the bakery, and they ship They're problematic. They ship very well. Ship very very well. They will they will retain all the freshness, all everything. So. Check it out. Leggings and aprons on Instagram, Facebook as well, I believe. Check it out. Yeah. The the only <clears throat> problem with the English muffs is that once you partake, 
you'll never buy a fucking store-bought English muffin again they're because they're basically cardboard comparatively. <laughs> yeah. So I only have one audio clip from <coughs> NPR because it really is about uh, corporate media as a whole, right? And oh, we'll talk nice, about the nice. example later in the grab bag of we'll find the the ad for um, – <clears throat> For the oh, reality that's TV right. Yeah, show, right. right? And we'll see if we can find a video ad. If not, then we can for sure play the audio. Oh, one. yeah. But so this is one example from from start here when they were talking about the updates between Donald Trump and the FBI. And the special master said that they had to decide or they had to tell people which documents he had or had not declassified. Right. Yep. And the editorialization that start here provided is the judge says that uh, rules that apply to everyone also apply to Donald Trump. Right, that's one wow. of their, yeah, no fucking shit, really? obviously. So, and then there's this example here that we just, this was from Wednesday from Up First. Did you queue up a timestamp and everything? Yeah, yeah, I did. This God, is legit. NPR talking about Ron DeSantis, and so we can talk about how relevant this editorialization is. DeSantis, of course, is a likely Republican presidential candidate. Uh, DeSantis said FEMA and the Biden oh, administration... No, uh, Disney and Universal are shutting their theme parks today and tomorrow because of concerns about the storm. Uh, what's the state government's response to this been thus far? Well, Governor Ron DeSantis has been holding several briefings each day, uh, updating people on the storm and the risks they face and the, how the state's responding. It's a much different tone than what we've seen over the last year when he's kept up this steady drumbeat of criticism of the Biden administration. DeSantis, of course, is a likely Republican presidential candidate. Uh, DeSantis said FEMA. Yes, okay. okay. God, what the I fuck does this. it have to do with anything? We're talking about Hurricane Ian, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about people dying and the damage and what Ron DeSantis is doing as a leader to try and, and keep everyone up to date. That he's doing multiple press briefings a day so people can understand what's going on and have, have current updates. Oh, yeah. He's but better than Cuomo. But it's relevant that over the last year he's talking shit about the administration that is fucking everybody over, right? That's super relevant right now. Super. Not how good of a job he's doing leading the response to the hurricane. Not the fact that there are pictures of literally... Dozens of utility trucks lined up in the wait for when the hurricane is gone so they can restore power, yeah, right? Give us the green light. No, nothing, nothing to do with that. That's completely irrelevant. What matters is that he has talked shit about Joe Biden for a year now. What a fuck. How could he? Doesn't matter that I just said that multiple times a day he is telling people what to do, where to go, and exactly what the fucking state government is doing to protect you and help you. It matters that he's talked shit about the government for a year. Mm -hmm. Well, they bury the lead because they, they say right after, you know, that uh, that he is a presumptive, or it, what did he say, possible or likely Republican nominee. Republican yep. nominee. Right there. DeSantis bad now. We've officially labeled DeSantis bad because there hasn't been any kind of announcement. There's been there's been a bunch of water cooler scuttlebutt from people like us that are in the commentariat and not people within corporate press. He not a fucking word. Hasn't formed an exploratory Nothing. committee. Hasn't said a goddamn no. thing about running. He is in. He's running for governor. He's running to be reelected for governor right now, oh, dude. And they just said. I mean, they said right there that, that he is the. He, uh, presumptive, the presumptive Republican nominee, which is I don't know where you get that. I don't know where you get that, because even within Republican circles, that's a question. People want him. 
But it doesn't mean he's going to do anything, man. I'm assuming that we can disqualify Donald Trump from office first, and then the only chance, the only option they have is Ron DeSantis, Uh because who the fuck else are they going to pick? You know, Republicans are so fucking stupid. Who else are they going to pick besides Ron DeSantis? It's fucking ridiculous. We've got to remember this clip, because uh, if... These people do not care about you. They don't fucking respect you. They think that you're stupid. Yes. They think you are stupid. They, well, yes. This is the uh, work-from-home class that's the intellectual work-from-home class that is better than you, and they know it. And they are, their job is to tell you everything you need to know. And if you disagree with them, then you're wrong and you're bad and you're probably a fascist. But Definitely. I w- just like the woman in fucking Italy, right? Yes. Just like that woman. <laughs> She's super fascist. Yep. Yep. I mean, her party years and years and years and years and years ago was fascist. Okay. Well, we have communist parties here in Seattle. How is yeah. that any different? She said good things about... About family fuck. i mean come on god dude. man that's tough she said some semi-positive things about mussolini one time i bet you, I, <laughs> I bet i bet that you can't you can't look through any of the writings from any of the people who work in corporate media or politics and find them quoting any type of unsavory figures at all not even fucking one right like the super racist guy Karl marx i don't i mean come the fuck on or Stalin yeah or i'm Lenin sure or... i'm sure not even one time there's yeah. no questionable figures in our politics right there's nobody <laughs> here who get the, i don't even i'm not even gonna do it i'm not even gonna go down it's so ridiculous like joe biden who was against gay marriage only five minutes ago <laughs> that i'm not even gonna attack it because it's so ridiculous that they're gonna we just last week we talked about the actual legitimate left-wing authoritarian fascism that is existing we talked about it we highlighted it yep we were we had a whole segment about it i just wrote a fucking article about it mm. i'm not even gonna do it I've spent too much time over the last 14 days. <laughs> I've spent too much time, too much energy over the last 14 days. Too much emotional labor has been exhausted on my behalf over the last 14 days over yep. highlighting the authoritarian left-wing fascism that exists in this country to even legitimize <laughs> the claims about the woman from Italy who bears no fucking relevance on our country at all. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> we're going to be done. So <laughs> what you're saying is, um, <laughs> basically, Ron DeSantis is going to run for president in 2024. Yes, NPR told me. Right now, he has three lawsuits going on. There's the civil lo- civil lawsuit from the Texas sheriff. Yeah, probably will go nowhere. That's stupid. A class action lawsuit filed in Massachusetts from Massachusetts from a bunch of the immigrants that he flew there. Well, let's and then by an activist group that wrote oh, these yes. people into it that yes. are using them as political pawns yes. to file a lawsuit. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then there is Just to clarify. A, yeah, <laughs> thank you. And then there's a Florida representative who is accusing Ron DeSantis of misusing funds because and the language will have to be parsed out, you know. This Florida rep- have you heard about this one? I have not. This Florida representative claims that the text of the legislation or the funding says that the money is for flying immigrants from Florida to another location. And because they were flown from Texas to another through to another location, he's violated, you know, the constitution or whatever the fuck, and thus he should be sued. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Yes, that's really. But, but, I'll I'll read it. We'll do that article. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do that article. Um, so let's see. <laughs> yes, these people. Here we go. Uh, State spending. It is almost amazing that they have somehow or other been able to like climb into power, because these people seem so incredibly dense. It's awesome. It's so wild. 
Yeah, so like I said, he's got three lawsuits going on right now. A lot of this stems on he still maintains and has read on air. <laughs> oh, yeah, he read the, the statute. The agreements and the agreements that people signed. Yeah. Like, he has them. He And I'm sure they have copies of them because it's the fucking government. Yeah. They have redundancies out the asshole is f to fuck people over. You got to remember, so, he is the smarter version of Donald Trump when it comes to, like, doing... Uh, the politician Donald Trump. Yeah, like, the politician Donald Trump. The guy that, like, tries to make the wild political moves and do crazy shit. And, you know, if you will, for lack of a better term, political stunts. Right. He he has all the the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed before he does this type of shit. And we've seen that time and time again. This, there's no reason to think that he would have just been... Donald Trump, you'd have a question and be like, you know, maybe he did this shit willy-nilly. You know, who knows? He's not a 4D just player. Ron DeSantis is like, oh, we're going to do this thing and it's going to be great, yeah. but... Let's cover our ass while we do yeah, it. Right. Let's do it. I'm. I'm. Fr I went to the Naval Academy, bro. I know what I'm doing here. So this is an MSN article. I also, I saw a picture of him in his naval uniform, like when he married to his Ooh, wife. Bro. He was super handsome. Good looking dude. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I don't know about his wife, but he's super handsome. Good for him. Um, what do you mean you don't know about his wife? She's a classy looking lady. In the picture that I saw, it was not good. I mean, she's. Yeah. It was not good. This probably looks better than Ted Cruz's wife, right? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> Ted's <laughs> wife is a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> um, then Ted, Ted Cruz. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. I just don't understand why they recruited immigrants from San Antonio to send to Martha's Vineyard. And I don't... I maybe just like... Because there's so many of them, maybe just because it was an easy place to access them. Yeah. I don't know why the Texas feeling, thing comes in any, either. Well, I have a feeling... Because they don't... If there is one place in the world that has some immigrants to spare, it's going to be Texas. So, you know, because the immigrants that, that make it to land in Florida are generally coming from Cuba, Cuba. and stuff like that. And there's, there's things in place that say once you hit, once you hit ground, you're, you got asylum because you're coming from Cuba. It's a whole deal. So, like, it's a different type of immigrant that's coming right. across like that. And so I just have a feeling that, you know, because Ron DeSantis essentially cares about the sanctity of this country he has problems with borders all the time and he relies heavily on the federal government to to interdict that coast guard primarily off off the shore of his state yeah so he probably is going your wheelchair how can i help you, what can we do here <laughs> i'm just saying you know what? he's hot wheels bro you know what hot wheels this article is uh, from MSN. Listen, I can't wait. He's and got a debate coming up with Beto pretty soon. I can't wait to see that shit. I like it. Yeah. Let's see. Let's have a kickflip competition. Play skate. <laughs> we'll see. play skate. Yeah. Yeah. You know who's not winning that one? Beto. Hot Wheels. Because <laughs> he, he can't ollie, bro. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The physics of this. Check out. We're getting canceled. Oh uh, no! It was. It was. Oh, it was last night. Shit! I know what I'm watching tonight. Then cueing oh, that there shit you up. Go. I there bet that because I bet you he just wipes the floor with that kid. He doesn't know. Beto's an idiot, man. Yes. He can't like Kamala is kind of a a low bar on the IQ level, but yeah. Beto is I think below that. The best got to be good. The best Beto thing was when Ben Shapiro was covering him, and he said kickflip, bong rip, Beto's in, yeah. and I was like that. Is so good. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Um, so this the MSN article. This is about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis violated state spending when he spent Florida dollars to fly Venezuelan migrants to Martha's Vineyard. A new lawsuit says. A Florida Democratic state senator has sued to block Florida Governor Ron DeSantis from orchestrating any more flights carrying migrants to other states. Jason Pizzo, 
A Florida Democratic senator representing Miami filed a lawsuit on Thursday night alleging that the governor violated the law when he tapped into the $12 million set aside for migrant transport in this year's state budget. Last week, DeSantis took credit for chartering two planes to transport 48 Venezuelan migrants to, from San Antonio, Texas to Martha's Vineyard. As a political stunt in protest of President Joe Biden's immigration policies, Pizzo says that his lawsuit... Uh, that dissent in his lawsuit that DeSantis's actions were in violation of state spending because the budget stipulates that the funds may be used for quote the transport of unauthorized aliens from this state consistent with federal law unquote the flights originated in Texas and made a brief stop in Florida panhandle before heading to Massachusetts the governor has said that numerous migrants settle in Florida after crossing the border. Last year, the federal government sent 80 flights carrying migrants to, into Florida. According to Politico, state lawmakers, including Pizzo, overwhelmingly voted in favor of Florida's budget. He fucking voted for it. Some yeah. of the money for the program came from interest earned on money sent to Florida from Biden's America Rescue Plan. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Senator writes, <laughs> so good. Layers, man, layers. Senator Pizzo never misses an opportunity for his 15 minutes of fame and his challenging in action. On an appropriation he voted for. To say his communication director, <laughs> Darren Fensky, told Insider this is the second lawsuit so far over the governor's controversial actions. On September 20th, a Boston based civil rights firm representing a group of migrants and an immigration nonprofit network sued DeSantis, alleging migrants were tricked into boarding the flights with false promises of jobs and other transport. And I just don't get when he showed you and showed everyone the piece of paper that they mm -hmm. signed how you can continue to argue that. And also well, how you can't that's why they also, say alleging because also how it's you just somebody said say, how you can say there's no jobs there. There's there's no way. There's no way. There is no way that there is not 48 open jobs in Martha's Vineyard. I don't believe you. I, I don't care if you've lived there your whole life. I don't fucking believe you. There is definitely 48 open jobs there. And some of them were fucking kids. There's definitely <laughs> 40 open jobs there. Definitely. And no fucking doubt. And I would guarantee you that the jobs that are available are very low paying jobs that most people that live on Martha's Vineyard don't want to take. Hmm. I wonder what a good applicant for that job would fucking look like. I do know. Maybe someone isn't supposed to fucking be here anyway. It's also illegal to hire, hire illegal immigrants. So, you know, obviously can't do that. That is the one thing, like, because none of these people are legally asylum seekers, right? Right. Because they've gone not no, because they've gone no, through no process, right. so they're not, not legal. They're not legally asylum seekers yet. So technically, they're just illegal aliens who cannot, by definition, have employment in the United States of America. We've just fucking gotten rid of this whole concept altogether at this point. There's, it's gone on both the left and the right. By the way, it's all just migrants, migrants, migrants. None of this. Nobody is coming at this at a semi-reasonable, commonsensical way because we do have laws in place where, yeah, if one of these, if one of these local stores gave these guys a, a, like a grocery bagging job or something like that, guess who's coming after them? The fucking feds are because they hired an illegal migrant and they're taking advantage of these poor, you know, oppressed people who have just come here, blah, 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 because now you're hiring illegal migrants. It's none of the you no no way you square this is is in does any of this make sense? We've just we've lost the fucking plot completely here. We're double arresting you because you're not woke either. <laughs> yep, we're like it's just, it's so bad, man. All we've as a nation we have lost the plot on the border with this yeah. with the wave of illegal migration. 
we have lost the plot completely as a nation. Nobody is talking about this in any manner that makes any sense at all, that is productive there, in any manner. There is just about zero people who are looking at this issue on a, a country basis of like, this is not... It's not a Texas issue that there is a is that there's a border crisis. No, it's a that's new, not Texas's fault, and that's not no. their only their issue to deal with. That's not that the Texas a, border. That's no, the, that's the national. It's border. It's an American border that happens to be at the bottom of Texas. Yes. right. That's the border of the United States, and mm -hmm. those people don't stay in Texas. Some of them do. Some but of them, as do. Ron DeSantis and all these fucking corporate media shills have have highlighted. That's what they were going to go anyway, right? When they were all making fun of Greg Abbott for sending these flights to New York and to all this shit before. The governor of or the mayor of New York City was complaining right before he's crying about shit. They're like, you're an idiot. That's where they were going to go anyway. And he's like, yeah, that's the fucking point. That's the goddamn point. Yeah. They're hanging out here for way too fucking long. Yep. We don't have a place for them. We're just going to take them up their own way. I'm willing to to put Texas funds to that, right? Yep. They're all making fun of him. As soon as Ron DeSantis says it, it's a huge goddamn problem. Right? Yep. It's all, the world's going to fall apart and it's a terrible thing that you're doing. It's bad. So, yeah, and the, the, the plight of, of the leftist leaders of the cities that are like, we're not prepared to handle this, you know? What, like Texas accommodates into their uh, budget every year? Like, plus, you know, oh, we're going to have probably a, a million illegal immigrants that we're going to have to deal with, so let's make sure that we have funds to deal with that. Yeah, or two. No, that's not how they, <laughs> exactly. It's, and nor should they have to. That's no. not how it's supposed to work. No. It's, oh. it's silly. It's very, it's, to say the least, yeah. you know? It's just a ridiculous claims being made that I have very little, if any, sympathy for. You know, we're unprepared for this. I Shut the fuck up. So is everybody, yeah, bro. No one should have to be prepared for this. That's exactly. not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> oh, man. It's so bad. Uh, at least uh, Governor Wheelchair Abbott. You are terrible. I know. But, I mean, for real, though, the dude is, he's been doing... Literally, like, the best I think any governor could. Greg Abbott? When confronted with this problem. Yeah. The dude, I mean, he's doing everything he could possibly do, and at the end of the day, he will only be hurting his state if he allows the federal government to just let them hang the fuck out. Yeah. He has to do something for his state, and to his credit, he has absolutely done that. I got a lot of problems with Governor Abbott revolving around law enforcement and, you know, when we... You know, how he covered for a lot of, like, the law enforcement fuck-ups over at Uvalde. Was not okay with none of that shit. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of, in, you know, but whatever. You know, we'll put that stuff aside. What he's doing with the migrants and stuff, I got nothing but good things to say about the guy. He's, you know, and of course, when it's compared to Beto, I mean, <laughs> come on now. He uh, he just rolls right over him. You're, <laughs> you're terrible. You are terrible. But he does, though. He just destroyed you this guy. You are terrible. I, it's your problem. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah. That is a common yeah. point. That is a common thing to say. Yeah, he's a uniparty guy for sure. But, you know, as far as, you know, fighting back against the federal government's human trafficking, he's doing pretty good. I'm a huge fan. Make yeah. these people eat what... Make these people put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. You know, do it. You know, I was like, eat sausage. No, that's not a thing. I don't, that's like making eat sausage. sausage. You know, eat sausage. Yeah, my idioms are all fucked up. I like it. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah, so we'll see how this turns out for good old Ronnie D. Ronnie D. Uh, so <laughs> let's give some, uh, talk about some Ukraine. Okay. Right? A lot of stuff happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm almost, like, I thought about this last night. Like, where, 
where do you even start, right? So and, the last time, well, you go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and to me, like the, the most, I think, key point being the pipeline explosion yeah is probably where shit really picked up and and started to escalate yeah. right that i think is probably a good starting point um unless of course there's something else that you're thinking um, of no might... i figured we would just kind of run through the events that happened before that because there was a couple of things that happened okay. before that that lead into the explosions mm -hmm. um so last time we were here we talked about the ukrainian counteroffensive, right the enormous circle jerk that happened as a result i'm not sure whether or not we mentioned the fact that the targeting data that was used to start that was provided by the united states yes right i don't Which think is, we did but yeah but it's just to further underline the influence and the role that the united states is playing dare uh, i say affirmatively involvement in, involvement yeah okay. I, I would argue direct involvement yep. in in the war in Ukraine, right? There was an enormous devaluation of the Ukrainian dollar as opposed to the American dollar. I try to talk to Larry about that and get a little bit more information. To me, the, the most basic thing I can think of is to try and bring more investment into their country just because the Ukraine is struggling so bad, they devalued their currency by like 20% oh, yeah. compared to the American dollar. So I think it's just to try and bring more investment into their country through their own currency in dollars. So, <clears throat> Okay. It also ties them more closely to us. Um, after that, there was the new offensive that was announced right before the explosions, mm -hmm. right? Um, there was a new offensive that was announced by Russia, where they called it limited offensive or something like that. And they said they were going to call up 300,000 ex-servicemen is what they said. Uh, we have heard reports of all kinds of people being drafted since then. Uh, they said they were going to only call up reservists or whatever, but we've heard... Uh, this is the partial mobilization. Right, the partial mobilization. Yeah, exactly. Um which is still ongoing. Yeah, which is still ongoing, exactly. Yeah. So they said they were calling up 300,000 people. Who knows really what the numbers are? No one knows how many people are dead. No one knows how whatever. Um, I think the breaking points, you know, is always like, it could be fucking tens of thousands of people. I don't think there are tens of thousands of Russian people, like Russian soldiers, that have died in six months. Um, because yeah, it just seems that like type of number. death, you, how do you hide 10, 000, tens of thousands of bodies? Mm-hmm. From like, that many reporters. Yeah, and like not to say that it's not impossible to stem the information flow, but it seems highly improbable that you could. When they're saying it's some like 6,000, which is almost definitely not true, but from 6,000 to tens of thousands, like you, That's so you, that so means many. you think that it's over 20,000 people. Yeah. There were 20,000 soldiers that have died on the Ukrainian side in, in that long, but not even anywhere near that on the Ukrainian side. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Even if you're talking about all oh, the uh, Russian military is fucking way shittier than we thought that it was, and you know they were talking it up all this time. Even with that, I don't see how you parse over twenty thousand Russian soldiers in six months since February. That seems like a lot. I don't think that seems like way too many. That's, That's more a lot than of... we lost in Afghanistan. Yes, it is. That's way too many. So, over, over how many years? Yeah, way too many. So I think it's almost definitely more than six or whatever they're saying. But I, twenty thousand plus seems like a very high number. Yeah. Um, for them to have lost, I, I don't know. We we likely won't know for mm -hmm. years and years and years. And even then, it will be a best guess estimation based off of graves and because that's so fucking many people, that's man. So many people. Like understanding that the theater of war is massive. I mean, it's an entire eastern and southern front of a of a nation, it's but fucking... um, but that's just that's a lot, man. I mean, even over six months, twenty thousand. I mean, that is constant death. 
I mean, these people are, mind you. Um, the Pentagon says Russia has lost seventy thousand plus troops. I know. I just seventy thousand. Russian invasion forces in Ukraine have sustained between seventy and eighty thousand casualties in five months of fighting since February twenty fourth, according to the new Pentagon okay, assessment. Well, casualties being injuries right. and and whatnot, right. like you might be able to believe that because of like explosion damage and right. shrapnel and shit but, like that, and but. That's still so many people, man. As of man. Monday, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense claimed the Russian casualties included 42,340 eliminated personnel. That seems like so fucking many, dude. Yeah, it does. That seems, that's like wanton death right there. I mean, that... How many soldiers has Ukraine lost? Let's see if they're being fucking... 2,000. I'm curious about this one. This is from okay. So that one's from June. Um, we will never know, Deborah. That is right. We will never know ago. the actual number. And if this doesn't speak to like the fog of war throughout history, when you're reading, you know, accounts of like ancient battlefields and shit like that, like <coughs> nobody on any side throughout human history has really realistically accurately reported how many casualties of war there has ever been nobody yeah okay it's, so it's just never never been the case this article is from august 24th and 13 million displaced tens of thousands of soldiers and civilians may have lost their lives so let's see <clears throat> Um, Commander-in-Chief of the Ukrainian Armed Forces said this week at a public forum that Ukraine has lost 9,000 military personnel. The Ukrainian military has also claimed they have killed or wounded 45,200. That's... How the fuck is that possible? 45,000? Compared to 9,000? How the fuck is that possible? So that is... Uh, I'm trying to do the math on that. Let's, let's, let's just do a calculator. 9,000 versus 45,000. Meanwhile, the UN Human Rights Office has documented nearly 5,600 civilian killed in Ukraine during the conflict, but believes the actual toll is much higher. You're telling me... That's five to one. You're telling me that the Russian military has died five to one compared to civilians? I don't believe that. I'm sorry, I don't How believe that. How is that possible? Yeah. How is that possible? I don't believe that, and neither does Deborah. I don't see how that is possible. Those numbers don't make sense. No. And I'm not, I, I believe it's at least on par with whatever Ukraine has lost. And their number is likely deflated compared to what it is. Mm -hmm. So let's call it an average of 15. 15 even fucking feels like a lot, dude. But I guess if Ukraine is saying 9, if they're admitting to 9, mm -hmm. it's probably a little bit more than that, right? I believe it's, let's say, 12, right? I've, I could see an even number, but I don't see how if you're talking about essentially the same people, right? Because Ukraine... The, half of their force, whatever portion of it is actual military. The other portion is also random fucking guys that they armed up with American service rifles and sent out to the front lines. That's the same thing you're talking about with Russians, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing people are claiming about Russians, that they were they were conscripted and they were given maybe two weeks of training and then sent out to the front lines with old Russian weapons. So what, the difference is that the American weaponry and offense is so much better than the American military or than the Russian military that they've lost, you said, five to one? Get the fuck out! You're saying that Russia is pulling out all the stops using cluster munitions, using incendiary munitions. They're breaking all these war crimes. They're doing all this terrible shit. But still five to one. But they're still five to one? I just... How does, how does that work? Yeah. How does that work? Like, the, the math doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up in any, any measurable... 
any measurable sense, man. And yeah, Deborah, we're going to talk more about this as we get into the segment, but um, right, this is this part was not planned. I had not thought about the numbers and stuff. This was I did not. But it's good to examine. But I don't. That doesn't make any sense. No, that makes no fucking sense. Those numbers that are we just read out because originally. The when the original kind of mobilization that was going on during the Trump administration, when they were lining up on the borders and stuff like that, there was like reportedly an estimated 125,000 troops throughout, you know, along the border regions and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Like the numbers seem too big. But then again, you know, do me a favor. Google uh, United States Standing Army. How many people in the United States standing army? I'd be, I'd be curious what our published numbers are on that. Because the problem is we might just be lacking context here, right? Let's see, in the standard in the standing armed forces, 1.35 mil. Damn. Active personnel. Damn. That's a that's a lot of people. And the reserve is just under 800,000. Mm-hmm. That's third. Our active, our standing is third. Okay. That's still, man. Our budget is first. Surprise, Amen. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 782 billion. Raytheon, we out here. Raytheon don't support itself, all right? It no. needs it needs our taxpayer funds to go to that, all right? China has the biggest active duty, 2.2 million. And yeah. India right above us at 1.5. Interesting. It's a good thing that India and China don't like each other. It is a very good thing. <laughs> it's a good goddamn thing that you they know, don't like each other. They get out there and literally their armies will have skirmishes where they beat each other with sticks and rocks and shit. Ooh, because India, the minute India, you fire a gun, it's different. India's paramilitary is 2.5 million. Paramilitary? Yeah. Is that like uh, irregulars, if you will? I would imagine so, yeah. This like, is just like a category thing. Everybody's so. a fucking militia member, baby. I like it. Moved yeah. in. Oh, Let's paramilitary do it. service people who belong to organizations such as Canada's Canadian Rangers or France's National uh, Gendarmerie, which are military-like but not formally part of the armed forces. Interesting. So militia members, probably. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how you count that for America. You know, I don't think we do. We call them terrorists. that's what we're talking about yeah okay because it says united states paramilitary zero yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome swish yo if you count the paramilitary we'd be fucking out here though every motherfucker with a gun that's who it is that's why on me bitch that's why you can't exactly that's why (laughs) you i think we call them terrorists you gotta put that that's good that was way too good yeah, that's really good paramilitary. Uh, Timestamp. I wish I had that's voice really controls funny. over that. Oh. One day. One day there will be a person sitting in the corner whose job it will be to write these things down. Yeah. And no matter what his name, his or her name is, we're going to call them Jamie. Yeah. Just because it'll be fun. Mm. That is really interesting. So speaking of Jamie, um, to kind of uh, kind of preface everything we can we're about to talk about Dave yeah. Smith's episode recently of the the Joe Rogies experience. Yeah, I've not finished it yet. I just started oh, it last night. Oh, it's so good! It is so kids, good, bro. I only had two days to even show prep. I, yeah, here. I know, bro. Let's see. <laughs> we have very different lives. Yeah. The um. The, his. His episode was fantastic. We'll put it that way. Probably the best I think he's ever done it. He was on fire from the minute he started opening his mouth. Yeah. Um, but he did an entire breakdown, probably 15, 20 minutes, of 
like how we got to this point in Ukraine, right? And it stems. I mean, it goes way, way, way back, but essentially, you know, you could pick up the pieces and really start rolling with the the contemporary issues with Ukraine, starting when we supported the coup, the coup back in the early 2010s, right? And we installed this new, more pro-West government and stuff like that, when the tensions between Ukraine and Russia really, really picked up. And it's really, the writing's been on the wall ever since then, and it's been the game plan ever since, which ultimately has led to, I think, everything that we're seeing today. Um, without diving into everything, I mean, we, we'll eventually get to it, but just to kind of give us a, a point to, to shoot for, maybe. Um, yesterday, I believe, or Thursday... Um, Zelensky formally submitted like an expedited like application to become a member of NATO yesterday. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that's how we got <clears throat> to, the, we were, we're, that's the point where we're at NATO expansion, which yeah. after, you know, working back through time, I mean, after, you know, Russia just annexed, uh, formally annexed four different regions in Ukraine. So now that puts a problem that puts a, a after and some international, referendums. Yeah, for some, some referendums, which are... Gunpoint referendums. Which, I mean, questionably enough, be, ever since the fucking, the, the coup back in the early 2010s, those places have always, I mean, that's been a Two contended area for a long time. Two of them, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that uh, entire Eastern Bloc area, the, yeah. the, the old Soviet Bloc area, it's always been in fucking question who they'd rather align with, the West or the East. You know, yeah. it's always been a question. We and, talked about that when this very first started. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason when they annex Crimea that it that there's not ongoing fucking giant civil war out in the streets in Crimea. There's right. a reason for that. It's yeah. because, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's, you know, a lot of some people were upset and they fucking left or died. Yeah. But, you know, um, I forget where we started with this because we kind of got sidetracked but we're we started working, with the uh, the mobilization a, yeah right yeah, we're working we get, through a timeline so we talked about three hundred thousand people being called up yeah. at the same announcement putin redrew the boundaries for the for the russian nuclear policy talking yes. about right where they're During a public it, statement correct right changing it from responsive to a territorial engagements and infringements are going to be the new standard mm -hmm. and this is obviously matched at the same time with the referendums that were done and the redrawing of, yes. of the russian borders and also now, important to note that uh russian nuclear doctrine is very different than ours yeah um we have a very long chain of bureaucracy and and in a sense you know like a lot of different hands have to touch the nuclear football before the nukes fly right before not the they case crack in russia open the plastic exactly not not the case with russia it's the you know vladimir putin or whoever is in his seat has sole control he can hit the button and go he can give sole authorization yeah which exponentially increases the danger at this point right so at the same time that the referendums were being held there were videos of soldiers walking around with the vote takers you know so they're armed they're so um, there's all kinds of shit and it was right after that that the explosions happened in the Nord Stream 1 and 2 mm -hmm. both pipelines number 2 was never operational uh, never fully operational they just was never shit flowing through it yeah. number 1 um, was operational but had been completely cut off by Russia in response to sanctions and stuff like that yep. I did a beer show on it I think right. that was the first live stream that's maybe. right so there are now four confirmed leaks in the two pipelines combined yeah. and they're just off of the coast of 
Denmark, Poland, something. No, like there's an island over there. I'm gonna something pull it up. like that. Yeah, um, it's a NATO country. We but should it's, have a Google map. But it's open not anyways. in their waters. It was very strategically done. There's, in international waters. Yeah, there's all kinds of questions about exactly who did this, right? Bernhold. Um, Bernhold. Uh, let's so go. there's a lot of questions of exactly who did this. So the pipelines right? run more or less right around through here at this point. Because mm -hmm. they come in up here and then they take a dive south, boom, boom, and then continue on. Speculation still on who or why the pipelines were attacked because no mm -hmm. one knows for sure. Denmark, that's what it is. Um, oh, yeah. There are obviously people assumed, me including immediately, that it was Russia. Um, and then, because I didn't even think, why would they be doing this? It's just like, these fucking assholes, they're just mm -hmm. out here blowing shit up. And um, remember, too, that uh, <clears throat> Russian has an oblast right here in Kaliningrad, which this little section right here... It's their closest it's naval stuck, base. It's a, yeah, it's a small little land piece stuck between Poland and Lithuania, both of which are NATO countries. That is Russian foreign sovereign territory. Yeah. Sovereign territory, I mean. And so that that would be their closest access to said pipeline. Yes. And so obviously I assumed many other people at first that it was Russia. And then I thought more, why would they do this? That's um, interesting. I didn't think that right away. Immediately assumed. That's just, didn't even think about it. I'm just like, these fucking assholes. It's like they're just blowing shit up. They're just doing wild shit out here. Didn't even think about it. Just immediately assumed. That's so funny. I assumed the exact opposite. Yeah, no. I was like, "Why the fuck would the um, West do this? This is dumb." Yeah, no, and I didn't like. I didn't even consider why. I, mm -hmm. That's just what I thought. I did no more thought than that. Other than like, fucking just, Russia, these guys are crazy. Fucking yeah. Putin out here doing yeah, crazy shit. Yeah. Him and his frogman. Yeah, just these guys are crazy. Um, yeah, little did they know it was actually Greta Thunberg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when I thought about it more, the only real reasons I can think of that Russia would do this. Uh, a show of force, right, to show other countries we can do this at any time. You have infrastructure under the water. Mm -hmm. We will blow your shit up if we want to. There's nothing you can do to stop it. You had no idea this was going to happen, and we did it. That's very um, neocon of you. <clears throat> the other side is like a morale boost for their own country. You know, they have this new offensive. They need to kind of boost everyone and let them yeah. know or let them feel like they I got more can, beers on the fridge. You're fine. Um, let them think they can win. Um, that's about the most legitimate argument I think I can pull as to why Russia would have blown up their own pipeline. Um, mind you, it's not solely owned by them, but it is. They invested a vast majority of the money, and now it's just a huge waste of well, steel in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's, which is totally the, gone. It's gone at this point, right? Um, it is the primary shareholder in the ownership of the pipeline is Gazprom, the state-owned, Russia-owned um, gas company. And there are affiliates the, in other countries. Yeah, which, but, I mean, basically, yeah, the people like in Germany and shit like that, that all own kind of interest. Yeah. yeah. And, but again, they already had the power. They shut the shit off already. Like, why would, right. right there, the, the argument to, to that, I think, can be easily dissuaded by saying, why would they remove their best and easiest, quickest access bargaining chip into, getting what they want i agree that's that's crazy i agree that would be a crazy move yes but if you put that on balance with the question of if i need to drum up support for from my people from the homeland from the motherland uh i can i can blow this thing up because i've already shut it off i've already cut my losses we're already going to war i'm I've considered them. I've considered that we're at war for a long time. Fuck it. This is this is the drop in the bucket at this point. Let's get some support by calling this what he did an act of international terrorism, 
and maybe I'll get some some support and we'll we'll get some you know right. this will this will add to the morale it'll, it'll boost the morale I don't know how much weight I put into that argument but right. it's about the only argument you can I agree conceivably <clears throat> make to rush of doing it themselves right like I don't I don't get that um so past that United States right there's pause a, button yep the other aspect to this too it, the Day it was blown up was the same day that Baltic, the Baltic pipeline yes. that runs from Denmark. Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember. Into Poland, um, kind of runs north south. Yeah, into Poland came online the same day, yeah. which um, their intersection point was in, like the Denmark pipeline runs this way, and obviously the Gazprom east west north south and the explosions were probably 50 miles north of said crossing yeah so that was the other thing i i thought about at that point maybe it was just a fucking international fucking espionage we're gonna blow this up so that then no matter what happens they have to come to us but yeah that i still think is a stretch anyways because no whoever's doing it has to know that this is an escalation that might end their fucking existence as a company to begin with because this only goes one way at this point. And there's, <clears throat> right, so there's a kind of a third aspect of, you're talking about a, a separate group, a clandestine group doing it for every, any number of reasons, mm -hmm. corporation most likely, because that's like the third most powerful group, yeah. in, you know, in the world. I would put Right, and that could be, like you were talking about, money that they have invested because they've already sucked money into the Polish pipeline if there's money yeah. to be gained from this, again, because the Polish pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, so It's important to add, too, that like, when we talk about this, it's a natural gas explosion. Also, um, uh, this is a natural gas pipeline, so this is, Liquid natural gas that when yep. it's not compressed like that, it turns into vapor, um, kind of like a propane type of deal, right? It's bubbling so, up out of the pipeline. So, yeah, it's boiling up out of the pipeline. It's not like an oil spill type of deal that's going on. But this has been like the single, like, I don't know if it's the single largest, but I know it's in like the top three largest, like, um, releases of greenhouse gases so-called into the atmosphere that has ever happened in the history of the world like it's a it's just huge the, deal the pressurization of the pipe to keep yeah. it from like imploding on itself yeah and so, it's still that's a it, that's a long ways man yeah that pipeline goes for hundreds of miles it's a big so. old pipe right yeah it's a big old it's a i think it's a steel pipe with reinforced concrete yeah i think around it but yeah what it's a lot of gas man i wonder what the diameter of the pipe is to go with the uh, 24 inch i don't know saying so i think it's probably pretty big right you could put depending on the you know especially if it's steel i mean you could put a lot of compressed gas through 24 inches of of steel pipeline like a fuck ton but yeah i don't know i'd be curious i would be very curious because yeah, you'd be surprised like how big a like the diameter of a pipe and like it's some crazy civil engineering type physics and shit like that 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 control that stuff but at the end of the day you're talking about liquid natural gas that is under pressure that you know gains exponentially when it's depressurized so i mean you could put a shit ton of usable energy in you know into a 24 inch pipe 48 inch diameter. damn gotcha bitch 48 it's a four inch fucking pipe or a four foot fucking pipe big old pipe that is a huge pipe yeah with compressed liquid natural gas. Yep. Ooh. It's a big boom boom too. Yeah. Will Wallace is out.
He says, hello again, laters. <laughs> okay. Hi, bye. Thanks, Mr. Freedom. Each pipeline comprises two pipelines. Two pipelines. Yeah. Each pipeline consists of two pipelines? Yes. Um, okay. That's... I don't understand that terminology, but... Each pipeline is, like, it's two pipes. It's oh. not just one. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I lost that place, though, so... I've been thinking... I'm, I think tonight I'm going to watch me some James Bond pipeline movie. It's called uh, The World Is Not Enough. Pierce Brosnan. Each it's all about oil pipelines. Each pipeline comprises two pipes, denoted A and B, each of the four pipes being approximately 1,200 kilometers or 750 Jeez. miles long with approximate diameters of 48 inches. Total capacity of the four pipes is 11, 110 million cubic meters per annum, 3.9 billion cubic feet per annum of natural gas. Okay. So I would love to know what an atom is because I, then I could have some basis of reference, but that's fine. A lot. You know, people, a people lot. smarter than me know. Yeah. And I'm, is it just me? Because when I, when I thought about this explosion, right, I go, how, because we're talking about liquid natural gas. How is this not like a chain reaction explosion? Because, you know, you have massively flammable materials being exploded. Probably. Just I because it's imagine. underwater, I would imagine that would help. And the, yeah. d the depth that and it's at probably helps keep it more compressed. And it was probably strategically placed. The size of the explosive was probably designed strategically to just blow a hole in the cement and the steel, you know, because I would imagine these are, these are, these are reported leaks. Yeah. No, it's not like catastrophic failure, right? Right. Due to explosions. So this mm. is just the Wikipedia and it says, on the 26th of September, the NS-1 and NS-2 pipelines experienced multiple large pressure drops to almost zero in international waters attributed to explosions. Um, so, hmm. let's see, multiple large pressure drops. Let's see where this takes us. Interesting. Ba, ba, ba. Cause... Cause um, no fucking idea. Otherwise, we we wouldn't be talking about this. No doubt there were explosions. Um, Evidence being they really registered it. on the Richter scale over in like Sweden and stuff. Yeah. Right. And everyone's like, "Whoa, shit! That mm -hmm. that leads to an explosion." I don't know, man. I don't. I I understood the pipeline was not in use and was only pressurized. Check. Yes. But we're talking, like you said, twelve thousand miles or whatever yeah. of. Of pressurized it's pipe. Just, but it's a, so it's just a lot of leftover shit. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it, the initial reports were it was going to leak at the rate it was going to for about a week. Something like that, yeah. So that's... The pictures are fucking fascinating, too. Weird. Like, to see, like, you know, the ocean boiling like that. It's a, it a weird deal. Yeah, so I would imagine that if you blew a hole in the cement, then the steel would rupture. Just from yeah. the pressure. So... You probably only have to use so much explosives, just enough to just destroy the concrete. Yeah, and and we're talking like a shockwave and stuff at that point because water carries, you know. And it's at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, so we're at the bottom of the sea. Bottom of the sea. Uh, there's a Little Mermaid reference in there somewhere. Uh, under the sea. Under the sea. That's, yeah, what, it that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the it's uh, the West. There was a a naval research 
exercise that happened off the coast of this island back in June, Isn't there I, always? I believe. So that was something that people bring up as into uh, into the whodunit aspect of things. Plus, but, like, uh, the Polish MP, you know, that yeah. um, posted the picture on Twitter. Thanks, U.S. So who... Who knows? We probably Which he won't finally know he finally deleted that that tweet by oh, the way. Oh, he did. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I guess his his old lady is also kind of a higher up in the international relations, you know, foreign policy realm. She's like, "Bitch, what are you doing? Take that shit down. So, are you trying to start a war here?" Yeah. Who knows on that front? Um, yeah. Yesterday, the Russia officially recognized those four Ukrainian provinces as Russian. Said they're going to soon be issuing currency, and they're going to have elections for members of parliament, and um, you know they're going to convert everything to Russian as opposed to Ukrainian. I don't know what the fucking difference is. Um, you know, that's my entitled American ass, but. So yeah, it was the, those... the Luhansk, the Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and the Kherson yeah. region. So all those I've areas been practicing are, that for days are now <laughs> considered Russian by the Russians. Ukrainians also obviously don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I read this morning that Russia has begun to pull its troops out of those areas. Right, we just started talking about. Oh, sorry. And then in response to like you said, Ukraine announced that it's going to apply for expedited membership to NATO. Mm-hmm. I believe we're both on the same page of this is part of what got us here in the first place, this yeah. NATO expansion. This is not mm-hmm. going to help, especially with the Article 5 uh, covering or whatever. If anything, does, if anything does happen in Ukraine, then we're all fucked. I so I got, I think I got the charter right here. Look at that. No, look at that. Train, look at that. See, Article 5. Article 5. The parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against all of them and consequently they agree that if such an armed attack occurs each of them in exercise of the rights of individual or collective self-defense recognized by article 51 of the Charter of the United Nations will assist in the party or priorities or party or parties so attacked by taking forth with individual and in concert with the other parties such action as it deems necessary, including the use of armed force to restore and maintain the security of the North Atlantic area. Oh, so not only are we supposed to respond, we also have to respond in the way that Ukraine feels is the best to do so. Hashtag, that's what's up. That's nice. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Such (sighs) action as it deems necessary. Yeah. That's so whatever Ukraine feels is necessary. So even though Ukraine so even though Ukraine doesn't have a nuclear weapon, right? Mm -hmm. If Russia uses a nuclear weapon, a tactical nuke, a limited nuclear, whatever, right? Because we just read just before this that now the Chechen leader uh, has called for Russia to yeah, today, use like just hours three ago. hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, has called for the use of limited nuclear weapons in Ukraine. That does obviously doesn't mean he's going to do that, but people are talking about it now. They're calling for it now that Russia has changed their shit around. Yeah, that motherfucker's crazy. They're by the way, wild in yes. Chechnya. They're yeah, wild out wild. there. Crazy. And he, so, I mean, he's about besties. With those Putin are woodsy too. Russians. That's that's <laughs> what the Chechens. They're woodsy Russians. Yes. Them fucks are wild. Some of the so, best fighters in all of the UFC come from like this type of area in the world. Yeah, these are crazy. hard motherfuckers. So that's the last shit that we want to be dealing with. Even if their equipment is ass, we don't want to be dealing with that shit. No, dude, you're fighting banshees. You don't want that. Right. You know, so, we have pregnant uniforms for they, thems. So what that means 
Article 5 is that if a limited nuclear weapon were to be used in Ukraine, even uh, assumingly in these four regions of Ukraine that Mm -hmm. have now been claimed by Russia, even though Ukraine still considers them Ukraine, assumingly if they're used there, because as we just said, Russia is pulling its troops out of those four regions, right? The only pretext Mm -hmm. of which I can assume, not because they're happy that they've reclaimed these areas, but because they don't want their guys to die because they think a bigger fight is coming. Right, that's what I would assume personally. Okay, um, I think it's more of a draw tactic to me. You think it's to draw the Ukrainians in, and then which might use... lead to nukes. But that's, you know, and yeah. I think either one is because will... now this is like you know because his Putin's his rhetoric at this point is you know, territorial integrity. Now yeah. I've drawn the line. These are these are ours. They belong to us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my troops out so it looks like we're vulnerable and then you're gonna move in and now you've attacked Russia for the first time in this conflict and now this is a, is a defensive conflict in our eyes because we've claimed this territory for us because you Nazi motherfuckers have been oppressing these people we've liberated and now you're trying to take it back now we're on a defensive stand so all bets are off I can do whatever the fuck I want and I think to to me the only reason I go with the pretext right for use of nuclear arms is because i think that i think if vladimir putin is going to do that he's already decided he's going to do it oh he's he's already constructed a circumstance in his head of like of not just territorial infringement but like this if this happens Mm -hmm. if i can pull this off i'm fucking launching them i'm I'm doing something you know i'm going to drop a something or on the way out i'm going to leave a something and if someone gets close enough to it i'm just going to drop it off like so I, oh, I think he's, man, I think I he's think already decided of when, oh, the yeah. circumstance of when he's going to do it. He's just so, writing the story of how it, how he gets to yeah. the end that he's already preordained. Yeah, so that's, that's why I think that. And I think that he recognizes by sheer fact that he just had to call people up, that if there's going to be a bigger fight, he needs to save as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Because there's somewhere between 9,000 and 57,000 troops that he's lost over the last six months. Who fucking knows how many it really is? Right, mm-hmm. somewhere between seventy, eighty casualties, seventy, eighty thousand casualties. Who fucking knows? Right, somewhere between nine and fifty-seven um, thousand. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna need those bodies for a bigger fight ahead if this isn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a nuclear weapon being the end of all this. Ooh. You know, I think it's just gonna continue this fight in a different area. Mm-hmm. So, my concern would now would be a limited nuclear weapon being used somewhere in Ukraine, Russian disputed territory, because there's still fucking fighting going on there. And Ukraine then saying, yeah, we got to drop one. We got to put one over there yeah. because we're, you know, on the verge of NATO or whatever. And we got to get this done. So I don't know how long an expedited membership to NATO takes. Or if they'll accept him or not. Yeah. But at this point, man, the rhetoric coming out of NATO is... It's, it feels like they're chomping at the bit for this. Like it's not their response to the pipeline. You read, was, yeah, you read the letter. Yeah, so I mean it, it was you not know, here. You read it to if, me though. You know, any actions against our critical infrastructure will be met with you know force. Essentially, I mean it was it was pretty cut and dry to the point, and it's not. And that was before the concept of this even of Ukraine coming into NATO really even became a serious conversation because they hadn't entertained it but at this point fuck man I, there's a there's a really great book by a author named ken follett who writes a lot of like historical fiction okay. type stuff they're massive fucking tomes like this big um it would take 
six months in the book club. We'll put it that way. They're massive. But it, the first one um, is all about kind of like the world entering into World War One, And it's all these different parties that kind of, you know, all over the all over Europe and shit like that. Right. And the, the common the common theme here is that like, there's no way we're going to go to some fucking war. We're not going to do this. I understand what just happened is France Ferdinand, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing, but there's no way nothing's going to happen here. And I'm like, I'm getting a lot of those same vibes now, man, because certain powers are chomping at the bit. There's certain people being like, no, no, that's never going to, that's just crazy. This is not what we're doing. We're in a real rough place in America right now. We are real rough place. We are. And there's a lot of money to be made in, a war in another country. Not only in people making money for the military, because definitely more people are going to sign mm -hmm. up, right? If America's involved in any type of conflict, any of the fucking fools that you can get to sign up under the patriotic whatever, yeah. right? It's whatever for America. propaganda you're going to get. Yep, all the fools you can get to sign up, they're going to start making that money. They're going to make more money because they're getting combat pay because they're overseas. Mm -hmm. All the people that are going to have to get hired to the defense companies to make more to make more weapons, make ammunition, make all the things, right? All the support personnel that have to be brought on that are still going to make more money. There's yeah. there's lots of money to be made for a war when lots we're talking about we're staring down uh, whatever eight percent inflation or something like that. When we're yeah. staring down uh, more interest rate hikes, seven percent home home mortgage rates, and the um, division within <clears throat> the United States as well. I mean, uh, a lot of times, um, and it, nothing unites. I'm going to add on like to this, a common but enemy. yes, nothing unites the country like a common enemy. Donald Trump did, but work. also, it is also important to remember that uh, Russia had a civil war during World War One that destroyed. The Russian Empire. Yeah. There's nothing that says there cannot be a civil war within the bounds of the United States if we're in World War Three. No. In fact, I think it probably would. Because we are not a bunch of fucking blue and yellow Ukraine flag drinking, you know, propaganda people especially anymore. If, we all, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, dude, this is dumb. Especially don't if there do was this. a draft, you know. Yes. If it got wild and there was a draft here and people who don't agree with the war, like, yes. are starting to get called up. And that's, and I think this is important. We're going to touch on Deborah's point that JVP said. Russia's not going to lose this conflict right no. now. No, no, this is a this is the minimum of what they're walking away with. Is these four territories at a minimum? Yeah, at a minimum because they've staked their claim now. Like this, this is it. Yeah. We we had the vote. I don't care if you don't like it. We had the vote. And at the beginning of this conflict, when the there was a similar. But uh, less landmass involved at that point when there was a similar offer on the table to essentially make the peace deal, walk away with, let the Donetsk region go to Russia and then walk away. Um, Western powers, particularly through the mouth of Boris Johnson at the time, said, don't do this. And at this point in time, Ukraine is not going to let this sit. And so if Putin would, if in this case, you know, let's just say for a second argument if this was it and he was like hey man i got what I'm, I'm good just leave it alone now i'm fine well let's hey everybody walk away you know we already blew up your pipelines so we already fucked you anyways but, right so let's just walk away from this ukraine's not gonna stop there's ukrainian leadership pushing for offenses in yes. russian controlled territory people are out for fucking blood dude and they're this asking is... for long-range missiles so they can lob into yeah. russia i mean it's 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 not gonna end any any way that's that's good We'll put it that way, because Russia's not going to stop because Ukraine's not going to stop. 
And Russia's not just going to sit there and take it on the chin. If Ukraine is still pushing, they're going to push back, period. You could flip a coin and say maybe if no, if nobody fired another shot and everybody just walked the fuck away right now, things might be okay. Yeah, They might be. It's arguably either way. But when the conflict continues, because this, the Joe Biden already said, actually, I think I got a good clip of him saying it. Let's listen to this and then we'll continue on. Uh, yeah, let's just do this. I want to also speak to uh, uh, Mr. Putin's remarks this morning. You know, uh, America and its allies are not going, let me emphasize, are not going to be intimidated are not going to be intimidated by Putin and his reckless words and threats. He's not going to scare us, and he doesn't or intimidate us. Putin's actions are a sign he's struggling. The sham referenda he carried out and the this routine he put on. Don't worry, it's not on there if you're looking, okay? The, uh, um, he, uh, the sham routine that he put on this morning that's showing the unity and, you know, as people holding hands together. Well, the United States is never going to recognize this. And quite frankly, the world's not going to recognize it either. He can't seize his neighbor's territory and get away with it. It's as simple as that. And they're going to stay the course. We're going to continue to provide military to equipment off, so that Ukraine can defend itself and its territory and its freedom, including additional resources that the Congress is going to give me today. That's that $12 billion you talked about earlier. Billion more dollars. <clears throat> to help the Ukrainians defend themselves and fight back. And we're fully prepared to defend it. I want to say this again. America is fully prepared with our NATO allies to defend every single inch of NATO territory. Every single inch. So, Mr. Putin, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Every inch. And I have to be, I've been in close touch with, uh, with our, uh, allies doesn't he just instill confidence uh, announcing uh, new sanctions today as well that including new authorities to sanction anyone who provides political or economic support to russia's far fraudulent territorial claims and i've been in close touch with our nato allies who are united in our resolve <clears throat> to take on yeah so you get the picture everybody's itching dude everybody's itching I did my whole beer show last night on like right. the, the fact that you know this is this is great. This is the guy you want running this fucking conflict. By right. the way, he's going to make good decisions. But at least JFK during the fucking um, the Cuban Missile Crisis was all hopped up on amphetamines and was like, go 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 go. This dude's wiping drool off his mouth in the middle of a fucking mumbling, you know, quiet speech. But this illustrates that these people are itching. They're ready to go. So there is no. You know, particularly with this new fucking, if NATO does something really, really stupid, it's like, yeah, Ukraine's now part of NATO. Jesus that means everybody Christ. that isn't a part of the Russian Federation now is in NATO. That's done. And it's over, and then we're all going to fucking war. And on top of that, who else is going to join in that war? Is it just going to be NATO versus Russia? No. Hard no. Who else is getting involved? Definitely China. Definitely China's getting involved. India might be involved. Yeah, and we still flip a coin on which way they're going to go. But China's in, North Korea's in. Yeah, yeah. 
who got really pissed off the other day when Kamala Harris fucked up and said uh, North Korea was in, we were in alliance with the Republic of North Korea. North Korea got upset. They got real pissed. Mm. Yeah, they were not happy with that. And they they've been they I think they had like five nuclear missile launch tests or whatever this week. It's just, shit's going real good, man. People in charge are doing good shit. You know, it's it's real good. The only thing I. You know, if if the worst happens and, and war with Russia kicks off with NATO and that means the United States is involved, it's literally a matter of time before China gets involved. Even though China's kind of a, how would I put it? It's it's kind of like uh, the Axis powers in World War II. Like Japan was kind of, they're not real with Germany. But at that point, when all the lines are drawn, you side up with somebody, right? Yeah. China's not super into Russia and what's going on there. They got their own problems, too. But if they, but had, like, to if they had to pick a side, they're picking that side. Yeah. Because fuck the United States. Plus, they already got a good leg up on us anyways. And they'll take Taiwan. And that'll kick off an entire war in the Pacific, which will be fucking great. Because Japan's not going to do so well in that fiasco. But then India's like this odd man out stuck right in the fucking middle of, you know, two big powers essentially they're on their own you know you got the mid-east on one side which you know may sit this one out if you will turkey's gonna have to get involved and i don't know if they're gonna flip at that point and inside with the russians but um because they're not in a real good spot as far as nato membership goes you know turkey's kind of a, a wild card when you when you look at that but wild card they are kind of a wild card and yeah. so india's in a tough spot because they got a border with china they got a beef with china but also they've been doing a lot of business with the, with china and russia and they're not hating that so it's all going to really come down i think to uh putin's response to what ukraine's going to do after the annexation and what nato's going to do with ukraine's desperate plea to join nato yeah that's what it's going to come down to and uh frankly i don't trust the powers that be on either side to make good decisions that avert war at this point but it's the last fucking thing the human race needs is a modern world war it's the very last thing we need right oh so that's fucking awesome how do you feel about this man you feel good you feel nervous about that no not good you not feel good nervous about that <sighs> yeah it's real good it's real good and the worst part about this whole deal is you can't believe shit anybody says on either side right you know i got this uh this was a fun tweet i got from uh jack Posobiec retweeted it at some point but it was somebody claiming that the russians found an underwater submarine um on one of their coasts um, after the explosion of the pipeline which it's just fucking propaganda at this right. point. No, I, I like I, I can't even trust sources coming from the internet now because. Right, but in the back of the third picture. Yeah, there's a, there's a Russian, is a Russian a warship landing ship. Yeah. Yeah. So that's chilling fun. in the back. Oh yeah, yeah. The the naval powers are are getting sorted. At this point. Uh, the German naval forces have deployed, if you will, to the area. Not that the German Navy is anything of what it used to be, but, um, you know, people are getting tuned up. All the uh, all of our bases overseas, like over in Germany and shit, they're getting all on high alert. Everybody's, everybody's tuning up for the 
for the big luau that's coming. That's what you think? That's what I think. It's, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of hope in this one, man. It's When you look at the decisions that have been made to this point, I, I don't see how anybody de-escalates or, you know, steps back or steps down or i i don't man i don't i would have to really consider and um, think hard um but i couldn't do it on this show i would have yeah. to come back with that and think about a pathway that i could see to de-escalation and in which this doesn't go any further i would have to really think about that mm -hmm. which says something to me as a political commentator because it's so easy for us to sit here and postulate about 10 different ways that this could go to shit yeah you know and if there were an How easy could it go good if yeah. there were an easy path out of this it would immediately present itself to yeah. us yeah, i mean after i, mean, I have talked one. about this as many times as we have but yeah. i don't i don't see any way like i said even if everyone just sets their guns down it's like i'm done right now everyone's done right now that's not it's not going to stop no. this this doesn't stop no. the retaliations the way that people are going to treat each other the intercontinental relations are not going to ease themselves yeah. they're going to continue to get worse yeah the only the only realistic thing i see at this point i've done a lot of thinking about this at this point is um ukraine has to be sacrificed on the global stage i guess at this point and everybody needs to take a hit on the chin because you know if nato's gonna have to say no and the West is going to have to step back and say, you know, at this point we tried and we're not going to kick off World War III, man. I'm sorry. You're going to have to, we got to go to the negotiating table. They got what they want. Let's, let's do this. Let's just talk, bro. We, yeah. let's, we'll reassess later on, but let's, let's talk at this point. And I don't know if, I don't trust that that would happen, but they could, it could happen. You know, everybody just, you're going to have to. Gonna have to take this one on the chin there, Ukraine. We've been fucking you guys for a long time. You know, we did this to you. We can recognize that. But at this point, we're not kicking off World War III, bud. Because yeah. guess who's going to be the first to be glassed? You motherfuckers. Do you want to survive? Walk away. But, but yeah, good shit. Told you it was going to get dark, bro. This, 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 this is a tough one. This, Oof, dude. This, that's why we titled this bad boy World War III. Because it's certainly starting to look that way. Fucking oof. Oof, indeed. Oof, oof, oof. Let's say, do I have any, like, happy little things in here? No. Only the next thing was Iran, Iran, bro. Iran is almost kind of like a... I don't know. <laughs> Let's it's hear not. it. So go ahead. Spin it. Let's hear you spin it. I, Let's hear how it's positive. Okay. So if y'all watched the beer show last week... Last week. Last week, I did this. Um, we had the, the death of... Shit. Yep. It's bad. I know her last name, Amani. It's like Masa Amani, I believe. 22-year-old um, Kurdish woman that uh, was on vacation in Iran with her husband, or no, with their family. And she was in the car with her brother when the morality police hemmed her up for not uh, 
for not adhering strict enough to morality law with the hijab. She was picked up with a number of other folks at that time, thrown in a van, and was allegedly beaten in the van when she was dropped off at the detention facility. She eventually collapsed. Um, it was reported by the hospital afterwards that she had a stroke and after a number of days in a coma, died. And that kicked off this massive, massive series of protests that we have seen now continuing into its third week. Um, the protests have done nothing but escalate. The Iranian government has continued to kind of poo-poo these things and say, it's fine, we're, we're, we're cracking down. They have done their best to cut down on Internet service throughout the nation as best as possible. Starlink, baby. Starlink activated, Elon Musk said. I saw that shit the other day. I told you. That's right. I saw it. You saw, saw it, it in the, the sky. sky. You saw we, it in the sky. Yep. It was like 7.30, 7.45, and we came home from Jordan's dad's house, and we got out of the truck, and we're getting Dax out of the truck. And I looked up, and there was a line of stars all connected real close to each other, and I was like, oh, that's really weird. And I was like, oh, my God. That's Starlink. fucking Starlink. Yep, we had just talked about it. I had just seen a picture of it. Mm -hmm. I just sent you a video. I just showed you a video of it. It's wild. Talked to Jordan all about it. She had no idea. It's like, this that's the real shit right there. That's right. That's Starlink. Saw it with my own eyes. It was really fucking it cool. It looks like a chain of, yeah. of stars in the sky. That's it was moving really, really fucking cool. Pretty fast throughout the super whole deal. Super fast. Yeah, super cool. It but was yeah, dope. Uh, after uh, Secretary of State uh, Blinken, Got involved. They, the United States kind of opened up some licensing type of shit and some bureaucratic stuff to allow blip, certain blip, companies blip, blip, blip. to try to get internet in there and all this, that, and the other thing, cell phone services. And then Elon Musk was like, Starlink activated. So I, I don't know how much that's helped because obviously you can't use Starlink unless you have a fucking Starlink, you know, receiver. Um, so I don't know how that goes, but, uh, interesting. Yeah. That the, the kind of white pilly moment, if you could take one out of this, is that uh, we're going on the third week so far, and it's continuing, right? That's in, in in a regime like Iran, where they usually would just rather shoot everybody that's involved. That's a good sign. They're not just shooting everybody. Exactly. and They're, they're shooting some people. They're shooting some people. Like, I'm not going to show that video, obviously. That's instant demonetization, but, or, you know possible pull down territory and youtube's already fucking with us enough so um but yeah one of the latest uh, like subscribe and comment share this with your friends that's right share 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 um go to the patreon sign up for the patreon there was a protest taken out 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 front of a police station um I believe today and uh the military or the or the police it's unclear at this point just started open firing on the protesters at that point and everybody ran screaming and there was a reported up to you know 17 to 20 some people were shot at that point um but i mean when you still look i mean you could look at uh there's a lot of videos in in like Kabul. i think i might even have some um oh this was a point i wanted to make actually this this is a Iranian, Iranian uh, reporter, gal, journalist, that uh, is now living in the United States. She used to live in Iran, but uh, the Iranian government now has made it illegal for anybody in Iran to share any of her information or send Jesus anything Christ. to her because she is sharing all of these, these videos. Um, but we have lots and lots of photos from her, of the protests, you know, all her media appearances, obviously. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it's wild. It, this right here will get somebody shot 
if they wanted to in that country. For one, you're not wearing hijab. For two, you're flouting your hair around, which is also not okay with according to Iranian or Islamic purity law. Um, there's a video in here. So this one right here. Something as simple as this. A group of gals walking around with their hair out. One of them having dyed hair, which is also something that is completely verboten. In there. And they're just walking down the street. And you could see some people wearing hijab still, but there's a lot of people that are just like, no, fuck this. I'm just doing this thing now. Yeah. And they're not getting shot. That is a plus. That is that is societal pressure right there doing something within the nation. There's a protest going on out in front of a governmental building right there. Everybody waving hijab around. I mean, I mean it's, it's like a huge deal. So while the death toll continues to rise, obviously numbers are... We have no idea. I've, I've seen numbers from hundreds to 50 being dead. Obviously, who knows what the number is, but it's probably pretty high at this point. Right. But, but regardless, protests continue. And at this point, there's no signs of stopping. The I think what it is is even factoring in um, like all the this, this severe theocratical like oppression that goes on in Iran – like this, like I said in the live stream, this is a very modern city. It's a very modern country when you really think about it. Like people have social media. They, I don't know if they have TikTok, but I would imagine they they might even have fucking TikTok and shit like that. You know, what I mean? the the younger generation is not just willing to go along with this shit anymore. They're much more activists than anybody in previous generations would have been. And these protests continue to be primarily led by the women and girls in this society. Um, and a lot of their men have stood up next to them and continue this as well. So that is a plus. That's a good thing. It's a good thing for, li for liberty throughout the world, including in an oppressive theocratical regime yeah. like that. And so, you know, if there's one thing good going on in the world, it's that there is some, there appears to be some forward movement in in the Iranian protest. It's at least possible. It's at least possible. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. We'll end on a nice note right Deal. there. <laughs> Deal. Yeah, so with that, we will take our final break. <clears throat> we'll come back in just a few minutes with part four. Yeet. The grab bag, we got lots of great stuff in there. So, so much. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around. Yeet. Thank you for joining us, everyone. This is Salt of the Streets, part four of episode 134. My name is Donovan. I am Colin. And we are out here. I want to thank you again for joining us. You'll be watching us on our YouTube.com, Salt of the Streets. You can also find us Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets and then Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. Go there, sign up, help us make more better content just like this. We also have, obviously, saltofthestreets.com where you can find all this information in our own personal social media. I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alfie on both those things if you want to watch some gaming, not for the next few weeks, but uh, Lexi yeah, Kayo generally. Yeah. So in a few weeks, go check that out, but she is the last sponsor. So that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, believe... I mentioned earlier she's a flight attendant training, but usually she's – streaming like every streaming weekend all the, yeah. all the time and all that good stuff yeah. but there's lots um, of videos to go get caught up on. so i think that's it newsletter dropped yesterday we have the review preview that dropped today for the there book club go. and then I was gonna say we haven't pipped the review preview really yeah yeah large. we have we have um and yeah the review preview drops today it's here on our youtube it's live and then also colin does the live stream beer reviews on friday at four o'clock <sighs> pacific time fuck you william wallace you say four thirty. Four thirty pacific time yeah. there you go yeah, yeah. so um with that part Four. We're going to start with the grab bag. So, I am 
Dude, I've been looking forward to this for yeah. a long time. Part four is the grab bag. So we're going to start with a commercial that we're all going to watch together for a show called Power Trip. And it is on ABC. I heard the commercial for it, and I told Colin, I said, let me tell you how I know that journalism isn't real anymore. Yes. Uh, specifically with ABC. So this show is about, as George Stephanopoulos put it, some 20-something reporters who are tracking the mid. He really said that. Some 20-somethings who are tracking the midterms and... I don't know, their trials and tribulations. I don't know exactly, like, specifically what it's about uh-huh. because I have only heard that ad. So I'm excited to watch this. It's a show about reporting on the It's a docuseries, yeah, about 20-something reporters and their reporting on the midterm. So we're going to watch this, show t- this ad together, and then we're going to talk about it because— I hope it has a release date because it's, it's coming out on it's Hulu. It's on Hulu, yeah. And if this—I— I'm here for it, probably. Yeah. So I'll come over and watch it with you. Dude, it'll be legit. I'll Everybody... come over early just to watch an episode of this before the show. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then we'll do, yeah, we'll do like a <laughs> fucking review on it. All right, yeah. let's get caught up on yeah. Power Trip. Okay. Well, midterms are right around the corner. Yeah. All right, let's All right, do it. Let's watch the ad for Power Trip. Gotta go. Ah! Drop your phone. Don't get that on camera. Don't get that on camera. Don't get that on camera. I can't turn back. I'm ready for election night. I'm ready for debate night. I'm ready for it all. Let's go. Let's get it. This midterm is really important. It will definitely shape the 2024 presidential election. I'm not ready. <laughs> I have to leave tomorrow. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I promise I don't cry this much. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I got to grab and go and go. Boom. Obviously, there's so much to learn. Whoa. It's like you do Anything and everything in this job. I'm kind of stalking my candidate. Hey, I'm Libby Kathy. Nice, nice to meet you with ABC News. Oh, I'm a Duff yeah. ABC. Miles Cohen. Nice to meet you, Senator Scott. It don't matter who it is, baby. We ain't gonna take no for an answer. Hi, everyone. We're gonna run you ragged. There is nothing like being on the ground floor. These seem to be setting up as perhaps the most consequential midterms in our lifetime. There's some pressure. Might be one of the biggest personal challenges. No Tiffany Smiley there. Ta-da! Powerfully raw. Powerfully eye-opening. Powerfully real. Power trip. What would George do? That's good. George would ask the next question. So... We're working on it. We're working on it, George. We're going to make you proud. What's the point of being an ember if you're not going to go all in? September 25th. It's out. It's out, nice. bro. We can watch nice. it. Nice. Oh, my nice. God. All right. Well, maybe, I don't... maybe we'll watch an episode before I leave. We're finishing early, it looks like. so. Um, oh, my goodness. We're dude. just running quick. I mean, that's all, I, that's all I'm saying. So, um, <laughs> What are you saying? Oh, my gosh. How is this real? How is this real? Okay, politics is now officially a reality show. All aspects of it are a reality show. Yeah. All aspects. Even the. This is a fantasy. Yeah. This is a fantasy. This is when parody becomes indistinguishable from reality. This is it. We talked earlier in the show about how basically politics in general is basically just this ongoing running reality show. They've made a reality show about the reality show that is the reality show, bro. We're in it. Those who chase power and those who chase them. That's, oh that's what my it says. Gosh. That's the tagline for Power Trip. This is going to be no, so Deborah bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my I God. I love I'm that. I'm so yes, excited. That's real, Deborah. It's I real. I'm so excited. That is real, everyone. I'm, that I'm is just horrific. fucking jazzed about this. I want to see how long the episodes are really quick. Oh, yeah. 
Who's watching? It's me. You guys can't see this shit. I'm going to turn it to power there trip. There you go. Power trip. Power trip. Those who seek power. So we've got one episode out. And it is... How so long are you? Click on it. We'll find out. 34 minutes. Oh, nice. Fucking sweet, dude. So it's a bunch of fucking Gen Z and millennials that yeah. uh, somehow got jobs over at ABC and have been roped into doing a reality show about chasing politicians. <laughs> too long, Debra says. Too long. Also, did you notice? So thir- it's about 34 minutes too long, Debra. Did you notice how they're, how they're 20-somethings? Yes. And this could be the most consequential midterms of their lifetime. At twenty something, that's right? not. A, that's not. They've a, got. They've got so probably forty more years just of being reporters. I right? think we really but, have about two. <laughs> but this is this is potentially the most consequential midterms of their lifetime. <sighs> yes, I'm so excited about yep. this. Yep. It's what it's. How does this? You go to Hulu, pitch the show to me. All right. All right. So what we have here is like you know like how we like we report on they like, are, they're just owned by the same company. There's no pitch. ABC. Hey, that's right. Hulu, Hulu. They're all owned by Disney. <laughs> there is no pitch. They made mean, it up themselves. But somebody had to like sit in a meeting somewhere and be like, "I know what we should do. I know what we should do. We George should make a show who's got a really good track record." I'm being facetious. Yeah, no. Obviously. He sat there and he said, "I've got a great show. It's about me." <laughs> and I'm, I'm not in charge gonna, I'm of not a bunch of interns. In I'm not going to be in it all the time, but I'm going to be in it sometimes because he says in the commercial. And who do they turn to when they need help? Me, of course. He really says that. Yeah. So he's got a daddy complex. Yep, he was at the center of it. Also, I want to have a bone to pick. He's with He's going to get me tooed when he's dead by one of these people. One hundred percent. There's no question about that. He's doing daddy Stephanopoulos. Shit. Yeah. No, this is all bad. I did not see a single trans person in that commercial, and that is upsetting to me. What the fucking fuck? (gasps) I didn't even show you. Sorry, Debra. I know you're an anti-Hulu guy at this point. I'm not anti-Hulu. I just don't have Hulu. I know. know. But, you know, they are owned by (laughs) Disney, right? Aren't they owned by Disney? They are owned by Disney. Everything's Disney, bro. I went to get rid of Hulu because I didn't watch it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we had the bundle of all the things. And we were talking about getting rid of Disney anyway. So we just cut it all. Plus ESPN is a bunch of fucking watching shills. No, that's I started to not trust the content. You got Netflix kids. And that's about all you need. You don't have any free time. No, and we don't let Dax watch anything that we're not watching anyway. We don't have time to mm-hmm. like, or that we haven't watched. And we don't have time to sit down and watch a bunch of fucking brand new content all the time, you know? Yeah. Just so he can watch Deborah, it. what's your favorite show right so, now? There you go. Because I've been watching all these terrible shows, and they're not good. Oh. All the new ones are garbage. All the big new ones, Lord of the Rings and Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah, they're yeah. all just trash, dude. It's not good. I think Seinfeld is the only, like, show that I watch. Yeah, you're a void of pop culture. You're just a void. It's not good. good. (laughs) This is why I reach for pop culture crisis these days. I read. I read. That's my pop culture now is reading. You're such an old man. Look at you. I I watch sports. Yeah, I watch (laughs) a lot of sports. Well, I watch as much football as I can. And I watch Seinfeld. (laughs) I compete between fucking Gabby's Dollhouse and whatever football game is on. I'm surprised at this point you're not watching Frasier. Jesus. Mm, uh, I'm... I might watch Frasier. <laughs> I like Seinfeld better. It's actually funny. 
I've never watched Frasier as an adult, mm. but I I kind of feel now like I don't want to because I feel like I'd like it. Yeah. Because I like that kind of dry, you know, Kelsey kind of grammar. pinky out humor type of yeah. deal. I, th- I feel like that's pretty funny. I like it. Because um, I've been watching The Expanse lately. Right. I've been getting right. caught up on that. And Back I watched, on your sci-fi. Yeah, I watched uh, one episode of it last night. It's so fucking good. I forgot how good it is. I didn't realize, though, how far I got into, like, season four, and I think they stopped it at season six, so I still, and I'm only partway through season two, so I got a lot <gasps> of catching up still to do, but it is, it's phenomenal Yeah. how, like, when I, when I watch that, and then I watch Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, um, part of the problem with these new shows is there is no storyline at all, particularly Lord of the Rings. There's no, there's nothing that goes on there it's just a bunch of like here's some really nice cgi and some characters mm. there's as far as story goes there's no rings don't ask about the rings because they don't exist um the, is it about the process of making the rings we don't know yet oh because there is literally nothing to tell you that it might get there at all it it has galadriel the the elf queen from from lord of the rings and the hobbit right and it's like a young version of her and uh, you remember isildur from yep. Lord of the Rings and the very first one, he's the dude that has the ring. Um, it's got a young version of him. Uh, but other than that, like, there's no, really nothing else going on. Like, there's no, she's trying to find Sauron because she doesn't believe he's dead after the first big war. But there's, no, that's it. That's it. There's nothing, there's nothing happening. The CGI is rough at points, which is sad. And there's just yeah, really no story. Oh God, I can't even imagine like st- a stupid amount. But and I mean, CGI is not good. There's a lot of like woke complaints to be had about it, yeah. about like you know random racial swapping and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't care about that. It's give me a good story, and you could put whatever the fuck you want in front of me. But there's there's no story, which is sad. And then when you look at the inverse Game of Thrones, which is kind of the more powerful of the two big shows right now. That shit's all over the place. I don't understand what the hell's happening on that either. They keep jumping in time, and there's mm. again, it, they, I don't. You can't hardly make sense of that story either. It's like a weird, long history of a family that doesn't really transfer from episode to episode half the time. It's it's all just stupid. And then I put on the Expanse, and I'm like, this has an amazing storyline. It's capturing. There's layers to it. The characters have depth. I'm like, holy shit. I miss good TV. <laughs> I miss good TV. Yeah. And now we're now we're fucking resorting to a reality TV show Power of a trip. reality TV show. Power good trip. Good Lord. We're balling. We're balling. And who else is balling out there today? I forget. What else are we talking about? DHS. You want to talk about DHS? Yeah, let's do it. You know, pop survey, culture, right? vi- video right. games, man. Right. Um, this was good. Where's my mouse at? There we go. Lead me through it, Offie. Um, this one, I got it. Shout out Pop Culture Crisis. Again, Shout out Pop Culture Crisis. <laughs> I got to tell you, that show has come a long way, man. The Expanse. Yes, Deborah. The Expanse is a science fiction novel series. by. It's written by two authors that write under one pen name. And I'm not going to remember offhand what it is. But it started as a sci-fi show on Sci-Fi Network and ultimately got dropped and then re-picked up by Amazon. And the only reason they quit doing it is because there was some kind of sexual harassment type stuff. The only it. reason. The only reason they did that. I mean, come on. It's Hollywood. <laughs> Fucking Weinstein's out there and you got good shit. Give me. I just want some good entertainment. But yeah. Um, but ultimately, they ended the series um, on, I think, season six because of the shit that happened. So they had to close it off. But 
as far as like adaptations from book to screen one of the best i've ever seen ever and it's kind of about this kind of grand scale war epic between earth and mars and the asteroid belt and there's these three different factions and this it's and then there's like this alien aspect of things open up this big fucking gate that opens up to like multiple worlds and it's this fallen empire it's this, it's uh in the literary world you would call it a a space opera that's okay the, the genre okay. right it's yeah, just yeah. grand scale epic fucking empires and shit it's, it's fantastic okay man. it's fantastic Mm. Yeah, ultimately they fucking canceled the show recently, which was sad. One of my favorite characters too. It was the pilot, man. <laughs> the pilot of the fucking the ship that's involved. It's oh my god, got so me, good. dude. He, yeah. I mean, it was more or less. It was like a current me too. Hey, this guy's like a fucking piece of shit. He grabs oh, okay. ass, and you know, it's like ah, come on, bud. What are you doing there? You. He's the Martian too on the crew, which is sad. But anyways, Idiot. But anyways uh, Pop Culture Crisis, I uh, heard this, I think, last week. They had mentioned it on the show, and uh, it got me. I was like, this is prime. This is prime time grab bag material. That's because the DHS, headed by our lovely Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, yep. um, uh, Department of Homeland Security, has awarded nearly $700,000 to researching, oh, to researchers that are monitoring extremism in video game communities i'll just read a little bit of this this has come from uh gizmodo which is kind of a like a tech they're like a tech agency, entertainment yeah. kind of news agency right the u.s department of homeland security the agency that brought you great hits like air like airport facial res recognition kids in cages and short-lived disinformation governance board Ooh. is setting its sights on another supposed hotbed of terror video games coming you, out hot word like you read that first paragraph you're like okay i you kind of got me a little bit let's keep reading i, I feel like you got dhs where they should be right coming now. in hot right okay so this week the dhs awarded terrorism and information uh misinformation researchers um a six it's almost $700,000 grant to investigate the ways extremism can spread through online gaming communities. The DHS hopes the researchers will use the grant to develop a set of, quote, best practices and centralized resources for gamers, make game makers to monitor and evaluate potential extremist activity occurring on their games. The DHS grant was first reported by vice and i also had the vice story up here too um occasionally vice has something decent to report on yeah. by the way um it is <clears throat> in its announcement the dhs acknowledged some of the positive community building aspects of online gaming noting how many have quote become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults both went on to criticize developers for failing to pro properly account for the ways extremist groups could potentially use the same platforms to promote hateful conduct, Get the fuck out harmful of here. conduct. That's the same thing as when they what were the saying fuck, that dude? Like, exercises of the right, you know? Yes. Um, quote, extremists have used video games and targeted video gaming communities for ac activities ranging from propaganda propaganda creation to terroristic mobilization and training the dhs writes game developers in general 
from small independent studios to billion dollar multinational corporations have lagged an awareness of how extremists may attempt to expose exploit their games and how their communities can be targeted by radicalization what the fuck Bro. so we're meeting up in the lobbies and being like you know what's really cool fascism <laughs> you know what's really cool islamic extremism yeah, what the fuck don't you want to go blow up a school I mean, what the fuck, man? School board meetings and game pla gaming platforms. The breeding ground for <laughs> the domestic terrorism. Grounds. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and this is, mind you, this is one grant. There's a rabbit hole to be had here about the DHS funding. Because this is, this is about research, right? This is about research. This is a, a clusterfuck of money just shoved down the drain towards some research agency that's going to research the possibilities of this and then probably ultimately culminate in a single report that talks about some of the things that may or may not be problematic with this in this industry yeah but this of course sparked the larger debate again of whether or not video games are harmful to society certainly. particularly with young men certainly because you know people that shoot up schools often play call of duty Correlation doesn't mean causation. A lot of people play fucking Call of Duty. I don't play those types of video games anymore, but my wife does. I and mean, she's not into, like, blowing up schools, you know? She's an extremist, bro. You got to keep your eye out. I mean, she's she is an immigrant. We're going to watch that, you know? <laughs> she South fled a American bad situation. Yeah. Oh. But this is just, and like, it dovetails so nice with what we talked about in part two today of, like, just a wasted government spending mind you this isn't necessarily that fraudulent but you tell me there's going to be a waste of there's going to yeah. be seven hundred thousand dollars used we're going to get something out of this and no it's definitely not worth all that it's going to do is give the government an excuse to try to crack down on on gaming we're that's gonna all add, it's going to do we're going to add an extra rating system this, this one also has online communities or has a history of extremism in the online communities. Yeah. So well, be extra careful if you're going to affiliate. Well, and what this really, the fear within the gaming community, if you will, right, is um, I don't think you're that familiar. Maybe I should just pull this up. We can actually show it a little bit. Uh, one of the largest computer gaming platforms out there right now is a company called Steam. Right. Funded by or created by Valve, which okay. started in Seattle, right? And what this is, is actually, I'll just pull this up real quick so y'all can see it. This is kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a like a Hulu type user interface, right? That's this is the here. store place, right? So you can just, you go through and you can click on, you know, it, there's algorithms that feed you different games based off of other games you've bought. And so far, you can look things up by category. I mean... It's a whole different deal, and then it stores all your games in a warehouse so that essentially you just play via the cloud type of deal. You can do local downloads or whatever. Wow. But this is the modern-day, like, storefront for gaming. GameStop. Right? And so what people are concerned with is because there are literally tens of thousands of independent developers making video games. There are big video games, this, that, and the other thing, and they're all algorithmically controlled on here. The censorship that can come up from government involvement at this point to stop creative endeavors from happening in the video gaming space. That's what people are concerned about because you don't even know. Because anybody can make a game and put it up there? Yes. Yes, there is. I mean, there was a controversy at one point uh, a couple years ago. Somebody created a... 
I mean, it was a shitty game, but it, somebody created like a first-person shooter where you go and shoot up an airport. Right. You know what I mean? And then in, in AAA titles and like in the big, corp, you know, multinational corporate titles, um, the biggest one being like EA, I don't know, EA games, they make a lot of sports games too. Yeah. Um, in one of the most recent Call of Duties, not most recent, but a couple Call of Duties ago, um, during the single player campaign side of it, there was a point at which you were put into one of the bad guys, right? And yeah, you were yeah. literally so, walking through an airport, yeah, so, blasting through people, right? So what you were, right? This was Modern Warfare Two, yes, and because I, I this is one that I bought. Nice. Like, uh, so Modern Warfare Two, and you Back were actually disc. an undercover special forces agent mm -hmm. working for the That's enemy, right. and you were going through the airport to try and prove your metal. And you could skip it; you had the option to skip it in the yes. beginning of the game. Yes, you did. But if you went through it, yeah, you literally had to just walk through the airport and just merc random people. Yeah. And then at the end of the level, you get shot anyway because they know that you're a snitch. Yep. So they go to help you in the van and they just shoot you right in the face. Yeah. So you murder all these people for nothing. Yeah, they just they strap you with an MG with like a literally MG forty two, and you just walk through and just fucking look people. Yes, and that MG forty two like a fucking World yes. War two gun. Yes, that's right. I'm trying to remember because I actually did play that game. That was one of the last first person shooters I played. Um, you got a grenade launcher not, too, like yeah, M sixteen grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah, fuck. I play a lot of like civilization type shit, big turn based strategy stuff. I like but, a first person shooter. Yeah, most people do. Most people do, but it's just. You know, this whole thing, again, has, of course, spawned the conversation about how video games are violent and they're bad for people. And and now in the era of um, suppression and kind of like involvement in people's lives and what they should and shouldn't be able to play and do and watch. Once again, we're having the same fucking conversation that we have time and time and time again that like, well, research shows right. a new study shows that uh, video games lead to violence. Which, as we all know, is absolutely asinine. It, it no, does. We've not. had this come when there's multiple studies that say the exact opposite. Exactly. That video games do not cause more violence, that there are more than enough people that more. Hell, what the fuck am I trying to say? That there are far more people who play video games that are not violent, mm -hmm. that play violent video games that are not violent, than people who yes. play violent video games that are violent. Especially in today's world, saying somebody that commits violence also plays video games is just as equivalent as saying somebody that commits violence also watches TV. Right. It's no different. This is just something that for a long time people are able to kind of point their finger at because especially a young smaller men. segment play. Yeah, especially that. Yeah. The people that are more apt to commit violence, right? Disenfranchise young men. It, it, because a smaller fraction of people played video games and it was primarily within those today more and more and more and more people play video games it is the most it is one of the most popular pa entertainment <clears throat> pastimes go to fucking twitch right now they're one of the most like woke companies out there twitch is huge and there is like i mean there's a massive um like genre of like transgender streamers out there that are just killing it and people love it and it's like a whole deal it's everybody plays fucking video games out there they all might be trans women but that's fine you know it's it's a big all in all encompassing you know it's a big umbrella it's a big tent it's a big party everybody's invited everybody plays video games anymore and to fucking waste money on this shit today just drives me nuts for nothing to be different that's not no. gonna, like i said the i the the most i can see coming out of it is a new rating system there nothing is going to be different 
What might be functionally. Yeah, functionally. What might be different is they might just suppress certain video games from coming down because the political pressure might come down on companies like Steam to say you can't we're not gonna we're not gonna platform this video right. game sorry go fuck yourself and there's been we're some stuff like this like i remember one of the last medal of honors that came out was like a middle eastern one and in the online version mm-hmm. or in the online mode you sometimes would be the taliban like that was just one of the teams and so you would be the oh, taliban yeah. and you would be fighting against like navy seals mm-hmm. and so they wouldn't sell that game on military bases in like the next or anything because they're like we're not going to fucking support you shooting american citizens even though it's a video game right it's not fucking real <sighs> wouldn't so sell it on military stupid, bases man. because you could potentially be matched up as the taliban versus the united states and then have to kill people yeah there's a word for that right it's called propaganda yeah That's you exactly also just like is. fucking call of duty you don't you it's like make dumb. up your own weapon classes and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's a whole deal. It's, it's fucking it's stupid. So <laughs> it's stupid. It doesn't dude. make any it's sense. So stupid. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, shout out pop culture crisis, man. They they're killing it over there. That was every now and again. I watch that show almost religiously nowadays. It's a great way to like end the day at work. I put that yeah. show on. It. It's fun. It's lighthearted for the most part. Talk shit about celebrities and every now and again, because Brett, the main host of that thing, yeah, and and the co-host Mary, she's fucking got a deep like deep hatred for government both of them do and so when when the government gets involved somewhere in the entertainment world they're like man fuck these people man but they, oh it's great it's it's good shit yeah uh so anyways there's that yeah um, i also noticed that uh uh if you didn't hear trevor knows leaving late night i did thank I god did. another they, one bites the dust do they say who's gonna take over his spot he fucking sucks anyway, dude. He's terrible, man. Com- especially compared to uh, Jonathan Stewart or John Stewart, you know? John Stewart, he... When he was on The Daily Show, he was fucking awesome. When when John Stewart left, Late Night died. Yeah. Period. It, it was over at that point. I mean, the old guys, once that era ended it was done it was over you know all, i don't even know who does the rest of the late night shows anymore um you know jimmy fallon Colbert, jimmy, jimmy fallon, fallon does one um, uh, jimmy kimmel, kimmel does one right. i don't know there's that other british dude right um yeah but that guy's not gonna do it anymore because yeah, he's because nobody knows his fucking um, name because he sucks yeah he does the the car karaoke right that guy james just, corden oh james corden that's his name um, yeah, and I don't think he's going to be on TV anymore. That's good. But I, I never know. really was a fan of his. Letterman, man, that was the heyday, Deborah. Yeah. Letterman, even, I will say that Leno, you know, for, yeah. I mean, it, it was Leno, dude. I mean, these were, that was the deal. Yeah. You know, even, you know, say what you want about Colbert, but like the old school Colbert report, that, I know that wasn't late night, but that was kind of in the realm of that genre-ish, you know, I mean, it, it worked, man, and. It's all over now. Starlink update. Okay, so this is a picture <gasps> Starlink update of Ron DeSantis, and he's standing in front of these units. So, and the tweet is, we worked with SpaceX to deploy 120 large Starlink units to southwest Florida that will provide broadband fast. So they're... Yo. So I don't think Send me the you... Link? I don't think you need to have um, specifically like your own Starlink router, Okay, you know? Um, I just remember, like, during Ukraine, in the beginning days, like, there was, like, a big deal about them, like, sending Starlink shit out to Ukraine. Right. And that's, I think, what they're talking about is they're mm. just, they're, like, big pieces. You, it looks like you can put out on the street and people can tap into it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So I just tweeted it to you or sent you in a DM. So you should be able to fucking. Oh, you DM me, big guy? Yeah. You, you slide into my DMs? I did. Slid in the DMs. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's the unit, right? Oh, hot we dog. We work to deploy 120 large Starlink units to Southwest Florida. So that's what the Starlink unit looks like. Way to go, so they fucking just, Musk, bro. So they just got to ship, like, they just need those in Ukraine, that's all. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some Starlink units like that in Ukraine floating around. Well, I hope there's some in Iran. Iran. Yeah. That's what, because I know they have those in, in Ukraine. I remember the, the, the pictures from the shipments coming out of the trucks and shit. Way to go, dude. All I'm saying is, man, as far as, like, emergency response and shit goes, like, DeSantis, it appears at this point he's that he's been on fucking point, doing everything he possibly can. He's making constant updates. I mean, he's yeah, working he's behind talking, the scenes. He, but he's not talking shit about Joe Biden anymore. Which makes him bad or good? I'm still confused about whether or not they noting. like it or not. It's worth noting. <laughs> yeah, the fact that the two of them have been able to, like, get over their differences and deal with this shit... Even though Ron DeSantis has had to pressure Biden um, multiple times throughout the day to actually give him a phone call while Biden was calling local mayors over the governor of the state, he eventually did so. And it appears as if the two are working amicably together at this point to resolve yeah. everything that can be possibly resolved for the devastated state of Florida. Like best friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're basically, I mean, he might as well, he might be the next running mate. Let's just put that way. we got to get Kamala out of there. The presumptive nominee. <laughs> the presumptive nominee. Yeah. By who, bitch? That pisses me off so much. That's what it was. There was the presumptive nominee. Yeah. <sighs> that, that pisses me off so much. NPR sucks, dude. And ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact Milky. check, true. Uh, see, you get down on the milky every day about, right? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't do that no more. You don't do it every day? I don't do it every day. Mm. It has... I have, You don't do the milky every day? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> Deborah, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the daily podcast from ABC. It's right? called Start Here. It's called Start Here. And the host, his name is Brad Milky. <sighs> and he's... He's bald. The worst. With glasses. <laughs> it was just so funny. Terrible I always voice. picture him looking more like Michael Barbaro. Somebody that's like... Way too young to have all that gray hair and big fucking librarian glasses. He's way too young does. to be bald. That's what it is. Yeah, you know, some people just look good bald. You know, so we talked about um, the football game on Thursday, right? Tua Tagovailoa, he got fucked oh, over, hard, right? He man. got hit super hard, and he was fucked up. So there's been all kinds of re-questioning of the... And there's been talk back and forth. On the way here, mm -hmm. I was yelling at the radio because I was because <laughs> I was listening to Fox Sports, and this guy was talking about, um, you know, everyone. There's independent uh, evaluators, and there are doctors, and everybody. And you think that they would just let him go out there if he was fucked up? And um, you know, it's on Tua Tagovailoa to be honest, and all this type of shit, which it is on Tua Tagovailoa to be honest, but. And then this comes out, this is from Ian Rappaport. The NFL and the NFLPA are expecting to make changes to the concussion protocol based around the use of the term gross motor instability, thanks to what has been learned with ongoing Tua Tonga by law. They also, the independent evaluators, fired the uh, doctor that evaluated him last week, right? Because they, last Sunday he was tackled and he was walking off the field all woozy. And then he yeah. was evaluated and apparently they passed him and everything. Now they have failed or they have fired the person who evaluated him for making multiple mistakes. 
So whether they chose to overlook his neurological issues or they didn't recognize them because they're not properly qualified or whatever the reason being, now that care. now that guy has been fired, right? That's so that's that's why the guy on the radio was irritating yeah. me because he's talking about all these people and their jobs and blah blah blah. They also have an incentive structure to win. They yeah. have an incentive structure built by millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah. to put Tua on the field for him to continue to play, even if maybe he isn't in the, isn't in the best position to play. And if all they need, because some corrupt fucking doctor is willing to pass him, if all they need is Tua to say, yeah, I'm good to go, that's what the starting quarterback of any NFL team is going to say, even if they have broken ribs or a fucking broken leg. Yeah, I'm good to go. Put me out there. I'll, I'll chuck the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to say. So... I don't know exactly what needs to be done to change that, but the fact that I'll he was you. able to get hit like that and they can put him back in the field for him to get fucked up again and then say, I don't know, it's an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to say. I'll That's tell you exactly how you fix this problem. You at least double the length, in, the length of the NFL season. You make backup quarterbacks and backup positions that much more important and you cycle players through and when somebody is all fucked up you let them sit out for a couple games because is because it is not that important that you miss a game or two because you got fucked up right if the season is longer the pressure is lessened if the season is longer you got more games to sit out you can you can take a couple chances out there but the nfl season is so fucking short it runs so tight 17 weeks everybody Every game is a make or break fucking moment. The yeah. stress is so high, you got to get out there. Make the NFL season way longer. Make the team size a little bit bigger. Give everybody some more money to get some more players on teams and shit. Let's just expand this shit out a little bit more. Man. Plus, we can step on you know the NBA a little bit, and that that wouldn't hurt. You know, football's way better yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah, the I would love that, man. Imagine that. Imagine it's more physically a, demanding. It, it is. And you that's why to, you have, you, okay. you'll need more players. Yeah. You'll need more players. But at that point, everybody gets more play time. There's more, you know, fucking change people out ter- during the game, you know, stuff like that. Fucking, fucking bring in the timeout and, the, you know, like in soccer, you know, you're subbing people out of the lineup. Somebody's looking hemmed up, you know. Pitchers in one exactly. Game. Okay. Let's right. do okay. that. Expand that shit a little bit. Now. Imagine that just for a second. Play that out in your mind. That doesn't seem like a sucky sport. <laughs> Plus, it will, it it'll protect suck. my fantasy a lot. <laughs> you know? It would not suck to have more yeah. football out there. That's interesting. But tell me I'm not wrong when I say, like, part of the reason I think there's a lot of, like, perverse incentives going on in the NFL is because. The tension is so yeah, tight. The stress is so yeah, tight. You don't in, have you don't have room to fuck up. In baseball, you have 165 games in a season, so you have you can lose one or two, and it's not a huge deal as long as you keep up. And the NFL will make more money. Boom. Deborah agrees with me. That means we're in. Yes, I'm into it. Yeah. Let's start pitching this to good to the Goodell bot. Let's do it. The Goodell bot. I watched that South Park episode recently. That's funny. The Goodell bot. I can't believe that guy's still in charge, man. Roger Goodell? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who like, gives him his job? Because he's the commissioner of the NFL. Yeah. How, uh, who does that? I do not know. I think there's probably a board of directors for the NFL. Is it, like, a publicly traded company? Or, or like, you can have an executive board for a private company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I wonder who the enterprise. fuck. I don't hmm. That's board of directors because I don't think there's any one like owner of the NFL. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. He's just the dude in charge. Right. Interesting. Because oh, you know you I gotta. Don't agree. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> oh, I don't agree. 
yeah, that's interesting. I would have to really think about that because that's just a very mm -hmm. physically demanding sport. Um, well, it is. Yeah. And that's part of why they only play once a week is just because oh, yeah, it man. takes so much time to recover. You know? Well, the NFL these days has become more or less like a game of attrition almost at this point. Like, yeah. how long can you go with all? How often do teams make it through an entire season without losing people to the injury list? No, almost never. I don't. Right? That's. I'm gonna say never. That seems yeah. fucked. Right? I don't know, man. But also, I love football, so I just want more of it. <laughs> I would just love more. I, I can't, like, catch it regularly because I'm just not – I'm not super into sports like some people are, you know? Like, we know yeah. we know people that their whole life revolves around sports, and that's about all it revolves around. Yes, we do. Right? Yes, we do. Which is – I have questions, but – but also, some people need something to live for, so that's fine. I like sports. I know you do, but you also have a family. I so do. that works. <laughs> you know, there's sports balance to your I life. I definitely don't get to watch as many um, as many ball games as I wa used to. Oh um, yeah, 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 I yeah you you were pretty hot on it for. I used to spend all day at home on Sunday. I would not go yeah, anywhere. Yeah. I would just watch football all day. Yeah, first game comes on at what time? Um, Ten o'clock. There you go. Yeah, always every time. So, last game starts at five thirty. Uh, and I now will we go swimming on Sundays now. And swimming starts at eleven. So I will watch maybe the first forty-five minutes of the game. You give and, me so much hope in life. Um, White picket fence. Then I'll watch most of the 1 o'clock games because that's during, like, quiet time or nap time, mm -hmm. you know. So I'll watch most of the 1 o'clock games and or for sure the first half. And then most of the 5 o'clock games, most of the 5 or 5.30. He usually takes a bath on Sunday. Mm. So, you know, I can talk to him and be like, hey, why don't you fucking take a bath? You know, yeah. as long as reason is not eating. Um, like, why don't you take take bath? And I will put reason to sleep and watch this football game <laughs> and, and, and that's worked out pretty well the last couple of weeks like a dad so long as full on dad mode achieved yeah as long as i angle her head into the dark we just I need can... to make sure that whatever the the bathtub bath time bathroom is in the new house you put a TV in there that can connect to the cable, and then you can watch the football while you're you I would know, have you to put the one, kid. You know? There's a big cabinet on one side. Um, I would have to put one in there, like on the door or something. But Did you ever know anybody when you were growing up that had a TV in the kitchen? Yes. That was like a thing. That was a thing. Right? And it was always like soaps and shit. All the time. Yes. You or know, the was, news. You yeah, know? it was always terrible. Yeah, terrible it was never TV. actually good television. No. Yes. But you had something on because, I mean, you got to have the TV on, I guess, back yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, let's just let, – we've <sighs> officially graduated from the TV in the kitchen to the TV in the bathroom. Let's do it. We'll make it a thing. Done. That'll be the millennial Gen Z thing. Let's do that. I don't need a TV in my bathroom. <laughs> I already take my phone in there and stuff like that. I mean, your phone's basically a TV, right? Yeah. It's just like we're like one step away from TV being fully integrated on the phones. I actively try and leave my phone and take a book instead. That's a healthy decision. Man, I wish I could say I was, you know, had enough self-discipline to do that. Well, Sometimes a, I just won't take nothing in there. But. For a while I was keeping, um, you know, I have like a copy of the Constitution and all those different writings in there. And that was my bathroom book. <laughs> nothing um, like reading the Constitution. Yeah, and it was fine. I just, I read, you know, most of the shit that I cared about. So. We the people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying that's kind of a desecration of our uh, culture there, Big Shooter. It's right in the back of the toilet, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> nothing more American than that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. It's better than Lizzo playing a flute and twerking. How did that come about? Do you know? Like, why uh, was that an opportunity? So, from what I have gleaned, uh, from once again, uh, shout out Pop Culture Crisis. They talked about this. Uh, but everybody in Timcast did. Um, Lizzo was in the area for a concert. Okay, and I guess somebody that works at the not the nat- not the uh, National Archives, but the Library of Congress that keeps all these these you know the largest private collection like of flutes in existence. Indeed, um, yeah, as we've all found out now. Yes, Deborah Sogros. Um, <laughs> whether that was my comment earlier or this one, but I'm going to go with this one. Um, Apparently, somebody that worked there was like a big fan or whatever, and like arranged it so that um, she would come to the Library of Congress and play the crystal flute that was owned by John Adams, James Madison. James Madison. And originally, she did. She came there. She was dressed as John Adams. Don't play no fucking music. No, no. But he was gifted this crystal flute, I think, by somebody in France. I think was the story. And, um, so she was invited to go to the Library of Congress and perform something because Lizzo, as it turns out, is a professional flautist. Yeah. She's and a talented musician. There's no yeah, doubt about there's that. There's no doubt about that. She's just, you know, she's Lizzo. She is Lizzo. Um, <laughs> That's true. And so there there are, actually, I wonder if I could find them. Um, but there's you two videos you out there now. It. Um is there one respectful one and one non-respectful one? Is that yes, kind of the that's way? kind okay. of the way it works. You know, yeah. Some people are just offended, period, and some people are offended by one but not the other. I'm not. I'm not like offended by her playing the flute. I don't get it. I don't understand why the twerking Usually thing. I don't. The twerking thing is a thing, right? That's, yeah, that's another conversation. Even. Um, oh, fucking Washington Post! You're gonna do some bullshit about this. Let's pull this up. I think this is it. So this was the original when she was invited to the Library of Congress, and she played the flute. You know, she's wearing jeans, but, you know, she's fully clothed with, but with Lizzo, you know, that's a plus every time you can catch her fully clothed, for the most part. And she's playing the crystal flute, and she's just doing her thing. It's, it's, you know, it's nice, it's tasteful, you know, it's, what an honor, you can, you can go do that, it's pretty sweet. That I didn't know she did that then, but and, this was a gift to and then later on, this was actually at her concert. This is the most uh, distasteful one. This is the one everybody's really pissed off about. I didn't know every video I saw of the previous video where she's fully clothed and in the library. Con- I didn't know she shook her ass a little bit. That oh. that's the first time I saw that. Okay, right there. I've seen like multiple videos of this, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's. It's fine. She's she's doing. Even Ben Shapiro was like, "Oh no, that's fine." You know, I saw that's that's no big deal. And then we have this one. The George Washington and this crystal flute right here. Oh oh okay. So I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen this one? No, I've only seen the first one. Oh, and so that's this is the when one. I, okay, so when I saw it, that's I was like, I wonder why people are so upset about this. Like, I wonder if she'll go into it because. It's WAPO. They're probably trying to cover, but zoom in. Show me the angle of everybody else. 
And she's like, yeah, you can't really see it though, but she's like shaking her butt. That's a bad video. That's a bad video right okay. there. Um, nah, either way. But yeah, that's that's the one where she's... I'll, I'll see if I can find another video real quick. Interesting. Yeah, it's not good, man. You got to type in twerking or else you're not going to get the twerking oh, one. Oh, yeah. Lizzo twerk. How do you spell twerk? I think like that. Lizzo twerk, playing flute. Okay. There we go. All right, everybody close your eyes. Let's let's make sure we can get through this without okay. any vomit on the floor. Oh, my goodness. You're like Crowder. <laughs> Jordan's going to tell you off next time she sees you. <sighs> okay. Lizzo's there performance so you was saw one for the... So she shakes. That's the whole deal. Why is she going to tell me off, bro? It's fine. Because Jordan's on my body positivity. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Be body positive. <laughs> I mean, be body positive. Body positive. That's fine. I don't, I don't, that's cool. Go do your thing. But if you're going to, I don't know, man. If you're going to do that with the National Archive deal, just come on now. Amazing book review. You guys are killing it. Hey, look at that. Why have you watched one of our videos earlier today? No, the Shout only reason out. I'm saying that is because you said let's make it through without some puke, right? And well, I don't because, come on now, I don't want to see that. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm a shallow motherfucker. And My that's bad. That's fine. I know I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm not attracted person. to Lizzo either, but I don't think that it's necessarily tasteful to talk about how disgusting somebody looks. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what I'm talking about. Is what if it, we're talking about Rachel Maddow? Can I say that? I'm I just don't. Got, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just be, I'm poking the bear now. That's fine. That's fine. That's all that I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't disagree with you that it's that it's not. It's not tasteful at all. Okay. It's very not tasteful. There's a weird. Lizzo is a very strong, powerful. That's beautiful woman. We've known each other for way too long for you to be taking this this way. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is it doesn't benefit or add anything to it to talk about how gross she looks. You're right. You're right. It's, it this doesn't. Is true. It doesn't add anything to it because, of, of course, she's overweight. But I will say the stick is that she's overweight and she's beautiful and she's whatever. So that's that's, that's, that's that's my only point is that that doesn't take or add anything away from it to talk about it that she not. looks gross. It does right? not. The point isn't that she's fat because it would be just as disrespectful as if it was Nicki Minaj or Kim Kardashian or any other person who is fit and yes. also likes to twerk. It the would be point, the same fucking thing. The point is, is that this is somebody that is in a very exposed, like, unitard-looking, very exposed, very unprofessional, very, very disrespectful kind of, like, very undifferential yes. outfit while playing a very historical archived you know item like and that. I that's that's not cool and i don't disagree with you <laughs> to underline all of this but like i said it doesn't that to me doesn't no it doesn't add or take away from the from the scenario it itself i'm just i'm just a pig and i apologize we sat here talking about how like five-year-old <laughs> girls were last week so i'm just more inclined to talk about how attractive someone is and how disgusting someone is this is true that's that's just me i'm I, also not going to say don't fucking say that about her because i don't i don't care i don't know her you're right and i will say this but the too. next time you see jordan because she that, she's going to beat she the shit out of me Lizzo. she's going to give you shit for it that's, i'm just telling you you can hit me jordan <laughs> she's going to give you shit for it no, no. she's not going to put hands on you <laughs> don't right hurt there. people and don't take their stuff calling you know the two big rules Damn it! You <laughs> got know me the on that one. Base Matt Kibby doing me dirty. No, and I don't. You know, I I, I don't know. I hate being like. I don't. It's disrespectful, feel... but it's fucking weird. It's it's a super weird choice. Yes, it is. And I don't understand how we arrived in a point in which someone is like Lizzo should definitely come and play James Madison's flute. Like well, that just seems very odd. Okay. You know that that's what we've decided. I if, don't know. 
if you are going to be in a setting at which anybody, um, like Lizzo, I think more along the lines of kind of like you're a popular pop culture person. You are indeed talented. You know, you are a professional flautist. You can play the flute. Not a lot of like hip hop stars, if you will, could probably play the flute. You know, a probably lot of the flute. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the flute's kind of like an obscure it's, deal, yeah, right? It's, it's a very unique. like. You know, it's it's like you're in primary school, elementary right. school, junior high, high school. That's you play that, and then right. It's not like a huge pop culture instrument, right? Piano and stuff is pretty common. Guitar Very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. much more common in, in popular culture than right. like the flute, right? But the um, oboe. <laughs> if you were to find somebody like that to come in and play it in a in a setting at which you feel does the artifact it's it's justice for 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 what it is right yeah. for for the import of this crystal Boys. flute that has never been played before ever never ever never ever oh could james man he wasn't he wasn't a flautist oh he just you know, it was it. just a, a, a thing right because the no flute, one's ever played it before that's the story at this point yes yeah, she was the very first person to do it right which is which is powerful odd choice it is very it's an odd choice but it's an odd choice right because there's a lot it's of like be in a history book professional or orchestral flautists i'm sure that you could have chosen as well right. but they wouldn't be as oppressed popular. as lizzo is no they wouldn't be as popular as lizzo, oh i right? thought the point was that a lizzo is oppressed isn't that her claim is that she's oppressed? Yeah. Maybe that's why I also make that comment, too, because it's also kind of part of <laughs> the deal. Fucker. <laughs> but that, know, that is kind it. of part of I'm the deal of what Lizzo is, right? Yeah, like no, she's, I'm here for it. She's extremely body, po body positive to, like... That, to a fault. That, to yeah, a fault. that's true. That's because true. Because she ain't going to live that long. Yep. She's so, not gonna, we've talked about it before. Period. That's true. Right? But... I'll give you the point back. Like, you, <laughs> did, you didn't pull a a uh like a poc flautist from like the 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 boston orchestra like or something like that POC right flautist there is yeah you didn't do that you pick somebody that was popular which is probably a good idea because yeah. th that person would not have gr drawn such an audience as somebody like lizzo is who has the the young popular right because now look at how insane this fucking whole thing has become oh it's become a deal yeah and honestly i think exactly it's just what a, they could have asked for you know yeah and it's only because it's only become a deal because everybody's been like oh, oh yeah. my lord how could you do that and then it didn't help that she twerked on stage which is which i don't want to accept that twerking is something that people can just do in I, I don't want it to become mainstream. You, you know what I mean? Should be just doing all the but time. that also makes me feel like super old man. Like, well, I, you kids are all dancing together and bumping uglies and shit. Yeah. Because yeah. when yeah. I was growing up, that was still the story. And I don't want to be that guy. But also, Boys. I feel like there's an objective line somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but I feel like that gets pretty close. I do not disagree with you. <laughs> there are a lot of things that... I want more beer. I personally... <laughs> find to be inappropriate um what are your feelings on this i it's not a good look but why though like is it because of the artifact itself is it because, because it's the artifact it seems like it should be given more respect than like you said to to be twerking it while you're playing it on stage mm. that seems like um but it you want a little bit more, more of respectful. A it should just be more of a little bit of like an official situation, especially if you're the first person to play it. I find it odd that they allowed her to take it to a concert. 
That, that seems that very, very weird. weird to me. I don't think her going there and playing it there, I don't think it's weird at all. That seems like that a very appropriate setting yeah. where you're there, you're doing something. You're in the that, halls of, Con- of the Library of Congress. very appropriate yeah. for that setting. I think the twerking thing even there is weird. If That's you're going to shake your booty a little bit there, so it's a different story, though. It's weird. I guess it is within your character, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but like we knew who we invited. But even if it was just that, I think there are people who are going to be like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, that that's not respectful. It's not whatever. And I would probably contest it more than I think it, doing it at a concert is very weird. I think the law allowing her even mm-hmm. to bring it to a concert is very weird. Yeah. Um, well, somebody brought, I mean, there was a custodian stuff. They delivered still, it to her and stuff like that. But still. Yeah. I find it odd. It is strange. It's very strange. And you would think <laughs> that as the, like the owners of or the curators of that thing, you would like, I want this to be, you know highbrow we don't need to be fucking black tie about it but you know let's respect it for what it is let's fucking if you work there you got a crazy stick up your ass for how cool all america is and you're mad patriotic and you think you know all this shit needs to be mad preserved that's why you work there so i would expect the the expect the the respect obviously not though right (laughs) (laughs) national archive let Let's Lizzo toot a horn on stage, but Trump can't have big ass. <laughs> <laughs> and let's awesome. be realistic about that. Trump's probably got all the papers of all the corrupt actions that uh, were involved with him in Russiagate. I mean, all let's the be shit realistic they don't want getting out. Exactly. Let's 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 remember what we're probably talking about in that case. God, that's gonna be a shit show. Nuclear materials, you know. It's new. He's gonna sell. He's gonna he's selling them to Saudi Arabia, bro. Obviously, yeah. duh. <sighs> so yeah, anyways. definitely seems like a weird look. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm right there with look. you. Yeah, and also, I just out of all the people though, I'm just like, why Lizzo? I guess you know because she is generally popular in the mainstream. You know, she's yes, she's up there. She is, and she can play flute. That's got to be a very very. She's a flautist. You know, finding a a popular flautist has got to be like. One of two max, yes. You know what I mean, especially in somebody in in the pop culture like that. I mean, I guess she's probably she was probably like the only one, but but I don't know. It it almost sounds more of like it was like a happenstance thing. Somebody at the the national the reached uh, out to her. Yeah, at at the congressional library, it was like, oh my god, Lizzo's here. We should. She's a flautist. We have this flout. We should we, flute. We should do this thing. Let's get a hold of her. Let's do this thing. Yeah, like, it, it was probably just circumstance and. That's how it happened. Because, yeah, like you said, we got the biggest flute collective or whatever in in the world. So that just seems it's just so weird. It's so odd. It's very odd. And the circumstances at play just led us to this point. It's almost like a something more divine saying like, oh, hey, guess what we're going to do to you guys and your culture right now? (laughs) Have fun with this. What were the chances that this could happen? We're going to do it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Anyways. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, You you got anything in particular else you want to talk about? Um, Let's see. I have some stuff, but I almost, like, it's all really serious. Oh, yeah? And... I don't really want to do a bunch of serious stuff because we're already having fun and I don't want to make it worse, you know? Um, let me see. Show notes. Uh, Edward Snowden is a Russian citizen. We've done with this. Let's do the Twitter oh. thing. 
The what? Food equity. Oh, my God. We'll do food equity. I got to see if I can find that commercial. Yeah, I'll introduce this. You try and find the food equity thing. So earlier this week, Russia, uh, Vladimir Putin announced that Edward Snowden is now a Russian citizen, right? His his citizenship has, has been accepted, and there's all kinds of different takes on that. I'm pretty sure that I can speak for Colin and say Edward Snowden is a hero, and that's pretty much the end of that story. I mean... Um, He's a weirdo. He's definitely a weirdo. But he did a really good thing by yeah. exposing what the government is doing to us. He's yes. a patriot for sure and an American hero. How about that? I will give that. <laughs> we'll say that. I'm just I'm I'm just not on the I'm not on the like the, the Ed Snowden train. But I do believe that there is absolutely no reason that the government should be going after the him. The we'll reason put it that, way. that I say that he's a hero is because he released the information that people desperately needed, and I'm not sure there was anybody else who was going to do that at the time who in that position. Hero I'm good with. So, <laughs> speaking for myself and Colin a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> with, Rarely with do I assume that I can speak for Colin. This time was a bad time to start. <laughs> so, um, you, know, uh, you know, I will say this, though, about Ed Snowden versus um, Assange. I feel like I have more... I'm more on the Ed Snowden train than the Assange train. Yeah. We'll put it that way. Like, Deal. I'm, Me too. Pardon both of them, but also not like a fanboy. Me too. So there you go. if we all remember back in the day, Edward Snowden worked for the INS. No, that's not for the INS. He worked for the so NSA. Yeah, NSA. Yeah. He worked for the NSA, yeah. and he did uh, information. He, he did tech stuff. He found out that he had access to COINTELPRO and all these different documents, all this horrific stuff, all this drone footage, all these things. And he took these documents, released them to several different reporters with Julian Assange to expose them to the world. He then had to flee and was on his way. I don't remember where he was trying to go, but he was stopped in Russia when his passport was pulled and everything. So he couldn't go anywhere. He's been in Russia ever since, since like 2008 or some such shit. And his citizenship was finally accepted in russia ned price who is the um communications the press secretary for the department of defense said that uh he said that he thinks that edward stone i have the doc i have the article here so we'll actually i'll read his his quotes here russian russian citizenship let's see Edward Snowden could be drafted to fight in Russia's war in Ukraine after Putin granted the U.S. whistleblower oh, full happen. Russian citizenship. State Department spokesman Ned Price said on Monday, Our position has not changed. Mr. Snowden should return to the United States where he should face justice as any other American citizen would. Perhaps the only thing that has changed is that as a result of his Russian citizenship, apparently now he may well be conscripted to fight in Russia's war in Ukraine. First of all, that's never going to happen. He's not going to be conscripted to fight in Russia's war in Ukraine. Second of all, fuck you, Ned Price. You are a piece of shit. In no world, in no world should Edward Snowden be charged with anything in America. And in no world, Jesus Christ, he's a piece of shit. Not Edward Snowden, Ned Price. Yeah, I mean, we're and we're talking about what we're going to charge him under the Espionage Act. Yep, which is how old of a law at this point? It's over a hundred years old, I believe, at this point, and it is. It's 2013, old. Edward Snowden. Yeah, That's I when know. He fled. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah, 2008 yeah. earlier. Oh, okay. But uh, no, man, it's it's so stupid. And essentially, what we have here is an, an asset to American patriotism, in an ideological sense, and not like a governmental sense, mind yeah. you, because fuck the government. But also, I believe Ed Snowden be down with that. But it's it bothers me at this point that we've come to 
he is now he is he's not a political pawn but he has been used he's been it's been attempted his use as a political pawn has been attempted because simply by the fact of Putin giving that, you know, by Russia granting him citizenship, yeah, they especially at this point in time, they know that that's just going to really, really piss off the government. Yeah, doesn't really have an effect, I don't think, on anybody really in the United States really that much. Like the citizenry, nobody really gives a shit that you know, like Cassandra Fairbanks ain't going to care that. Ed Snowden is now a Russian citizen no. compared to not being one. Like the people that support Ed Snowden don't give a shit about that. Like we don't care what, what he believes and what he thinks and what he does is what they care about. The only, the only thing that that really did was piss off the U S government. Correct. Yes. Like I, I, I don't think it, it's, it's not something that matters in the culture war. I don't think it matters on a societal level. It's, it's mostly just the a, citizenship status. No. Yeah. It doesn't I think change it's, anything. It's just a governmental fuck you to he the U.S. government. He can operate in a freer stance now in Russia, and that's yeah. You know, it changes things for Edward Snowden, but like you said, not effectively for the country. Yeah. Or, and, um, and all the people, like I think you mentioned that when I went out, but like all the people talking about, oh yeah, he might be uh, able to be called up on the mobilization and shit like that. They're Ooh, not. Gonna, no, they're not. They're not going to do that, dude. He's thirty nine. For one, yeah, he's old enough. Uh, I believe he has kids, and for one, he's never been in the military. They know what kind of asset he could be yeah. if they wanted to enlist his services. It's not going to be to put a gun in his hand and send him to the front line. They're no. going to be like, hey, come to the Kremlin real quick. Let's, right. Let's talk about some computer shit. Report to this troll farm. We got shit to do. <laughs> Amen. Report to the troll farm. Yep. Mm. Deborah said it's all CERN's fault. It's all CERN's Bro, fault. I'm telling you. You know, we were all good. We, everything was peaceful. And then CERN kicked off. And they're Opened like, up hey, a black hole. Let's just change your reality for a minute. Not into it. Oh. Now, I don't know. I pulled up the video, by the way. Of Let's the, do uh, it. Food I, equity. I just, I don't know. I recognize some of the, the photos here, but I don't know if it's the full, full video. This is mm. something they, from the Daily Caller. So I'm All hoping right. it's the actual commercial. We'll see what we got. Um, but this is a commercial put out by the, the Los Angeles United School District, I believe is what it's called. And it's all about like the nutritional program and shit like that for the LA School District. Um, in regards to, um, you know, what people should be intaking to their bodies nutritionally and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, we all remember the food pyramid. This is this is the L.A. Those school district. big ass donuts. Play. <laughs> oh, no, we got to turn the sound on. Come on. Did a Tim Pool there for a minute. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty. Guilty. Oh, come on, Daily Caller. Just play it. Got us donuts. Those are so bad for you. Oh, no. Are they moldy? I mean, are they poisoned? Are you allergic? No, I'm just saying. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty. Diet culture, fat phobia, and systems of oppression have created false hierarchies of food and it shows up everywhere. For instance, harmful thought patterns like earning food through exercising or that dessert is the reward for the punishment of eating vegetables. Remember that you do not need to earn food. We are all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size and therefore the foods that we eat are markers of our self-worth. 
Moralizing food can lead to harmful relationships with food and disordered eating. Instead of honestly, the nose ring is what caught my attention. Like that one. Try to approach food. I like to cover it up for yourself. I like the only foods that are bad for you are foods that contain allergens, poisons, and contaminants, and or food that is spoiled or is otherwise starches. Oh wait, no, we're not talking about that. society says. So that's the uh, that's, that's the All new. Right, I'll accept your comments now. That's that's the new. I will. I'll accept it's your not comments good, now. man. I'll accept your comments now. Will you? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Savage X Bat. <laughs> <laughs> that's her tag. That's her. That's her ad name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want. You call yourself a fatty. Say what you want. I don't, I'm not. <laughs> Savage X Fatty. All I'm saying. That's so awesome. I you, you're you're. That's yes. so awesome. Okay, and yes. it's different models and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that. This is also a different level. Like you, because you're putting it out of display. This is a whole deal. You know what I'm saying? Objectively, what I said was was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I use the term ugly. Uh, well, I use the disgusting. Whatever I was like throwing up. Right. That. That's different. This, but what we're talking about here is an a, an objective yeah, point good. of health. Yeah. That 100%. ain't healthy. That's not good. That's bad. I love that I did this to the show. <laughs> I love that I did this to the show. Deborah's like, what am what did I involve myself what in? What did we do here? Like, do they care about nothing or do they care about feelings or what's like what do we <laughs> no, no, we care about liberty. That's what we care <laughs> yeah, about. That's true. We care about the ability to call somebody accidentally <laughs> yes. something we shouldn't, mm. perhaps, because it's insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. I'm just really trying to dig the grave deeper for when I, I see so your much. wife next. She's going to beat the yeah. shit out of me. And I love uh, it. No, and you're right. And this is this is the the terms in which we've discussed Lizzo before. Um, is well, on the health perspective. And right? let's remember, yeah. this is targeted towards a younger school age audience, right? This is this is the key point in time. This is when you develop diabetes at a young yeah. age like that, right? If it's you also, set up yourself to be eating a bunch of sugar, yeah, and to say, well, you know. It's it's food freedom. Like I I don't have to earn this. I should. Oh, what's the? I'm trying to think of a weird term, but like fuck the consequences. I can eat whatever I want, yeah. and there are no consequences because hashtag food freedom. I can eat whatever I want. No man, when especially when you're talking about a young developing mind, when you go to school in the morning, right. like if you're on the breakfast program or something like that, you're gonna go get like a going to go eat a fucking like apple fritter in the morning compared to like. A pop tart, a, a pop tart is the a pop, what you're talking about. Yeah, versus... like a pop tart versus like something actually real. I don't know. Like uh, I'm trying to think of school breakfast, a breakfast but... sandwich or something. Something mm. at least, yeah, at least that as compared to a fucking donut. Right. A breakfast sandwich ain't that great either because there's a lot of bunch of like there's a bunch of shit in that too. But at least there's like an egg and sausage. And that's what I mean. If you have like an English protein, muffin and you know what I'm brain saying? Brain food. Yeah. You know, there's brain food involved because that's not just a term you use. I mean, that's a real life for a high schooler. An English muffin or like a breakfast sandwich is not a bad thing to have to start your day. No, you know, it is not, you know, it, and if an adult who's moderating their calories and shit, uh, maybe not the word. best choice, but for a yeah. fucking 17 year old, you know, yeah. having breakfast sandwiches all day. Yeah. And having a bowl of fucking fruit loops is basically the equivalent of eating a goddamn apple fritter. Right. There's, not much different there. And yes, one is objectively better than the other. Right. One will lead you. Some egg cups. One will lead know? you into that. Yeah. One will lead you <laughs> yes, into that. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. As well as a bunch of other extremely 
extremely terrible health consequences yeah. that will will shorten your lifespan. 100% will. Yeah, this whole deal of there's one the only not. foods that are bad for you are ones that are that's that's not true. There's no no man. B- bad and good are moral terms, right? But well, there and are everybody foods, is also different too. Yes, right? but there are foods that are good for you objectively and bad for you objectively. Yes. That does not mean that you should never eat the bad foods because yeah. fucking again, eat whatever you want. If you want to have some fucking chips, you want to eat a donut, you want to fucking whatever. That's fine, yeah. right? But have those foods in moderation, they're fine. But they're also, not great for you, yeah. right? In moderation, they're fine. But like you said, if you if you eat only those foods, only processed foods, only fucking donuts and chips and and high sugary content foods and foods with a bunch of seed oils and stuff, bad. You absolutely will become obese. Yes, hundred percent. And as somebody, even on this show, from the time that we've begun to now, I have swung up and down in weight in. 20, 30 pounds, right? Well, every time you go so, up now, it's just because muscle mass. So, <laughs> but but I have swole. gained and lost weight in the time that we've been on this show. So as someone who struggles with food in particular, and you, I've talked to you about food so much over oh, the last yeah. few months, in food in particular and with their weight, this is not true. And this is going to kill people. This is yeah. setting people up to be unhealthy. And children in particular, like you were talking about, that is when you set like your patterns of eating you mm-hmm. know if you eat processed foods all through your childhood that's what you're going to be used to eating when you are an adult that is yep. what you are going to buy when you are an adult and that's what you're going to eat the first few years that i was out of the house that's what i was eating is processed food fucking oh, chicken nuggets and taquitos and that type of stuff because that's what i ate when i was at home that's what i ate when i was a kid oh yeah it's only... I, had a, I had a bowl of sugar cereal every night at 8 30 for fucking right. treat time every night for over a decade, probably. Yeah. I'm going to say two decades because I did it as an adult as well. Because right. I, just, it was like you said, it's like a habit thing that you just do. I don't do that shit anymore. Right. But like, I did for a very long time, and I have essentially 20 years of intaking a high amount of sugar and fucking corn at the end of the night that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. Right. I can't get those back. Setting these kids up for failure at this point to say that's okay is a fucking problem. Dude. And it doesn't just make you fucking obese because some people can eat like that and they'll stay they'll, relative they'll stay shape. And that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Everybody is different, but it also will wreak havoc on, havoc on your gut and on your microbiome and your and heart and your, your cardiovascular your heart, system. Your lungs. Yeah. The different way, the way that your body is going yeah. to recover when you exercise, yep. when you do different things. Yep. Diabetes your, is a big issue. 100%. 100 yep. You don't have to be fat to have diabetes. No, it's yeah. all about like the amount of sugar you intake Chemicals, and then how yes. your body metabolizes sugar because that's isn't that essentially i'm not a fucking doctor but isn't that kind of like there's like type one type two diabetes but process sugar yeah yeah it's all about how that works like that right yeah and of course if you set your body up to like have just a constant flow of fucking sugar from the jump isn't your body going to be like well i don't need to fucking make this shit anymore i'm fine she also uses they them pronouns that's awesome we are in la yeah no that's awesome of course we do no this this is not good and the fact that that woman is a, a nutritionist and she's walking around telling people that there are no foods that are inherently good or bad. And, they, you know, there are these, uh, what are they, like uh, fabricated hierarchies of foods, you mm-hmm. know, that's not true. Nope. You, can, you can definitely take a, There is a fabricated hierarchy of food and it's called the food, the food pyramid. pyramid. Yes. Yeah. But that's you can, bullshit. You can definitely take foods. If you fucking randomly walk around the store and grab 30 grocery items, you could definitely put them in an order of most healthy to least healthy, yeah. starting with 
protein density or nutrient density in the food. That's yeah. a very good place to start. It's a good place to How start. How nutrient dense is it? Yep. What, are you, what are you going to get the most out of when you eat the smallest amount of this food? When it says added sugar. Yes. Does that say zero or yeah. no? <laughs> there are a lot of things that you can look at that will easily tell you whether or not something is generally good or generally bad for you. That does not tell you definitively whether you should or should not eat it. Indeed. But it does tell you generally how good that item is for you. Yeah. There are fucking whole applications that will tell you how good something is generally for you. Yeah. That, the food that I have or the app that I have to help me track my calories and stuff gives every food a general grade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From A plus and minus all the way down to fucking F, yep. you know, just depending on how good that food is. So it is what it is. I, have, I wonder because it, it's funny because that almost builds like your your baseline, right? Yeah. Like we know there's, like you said, objectively bad things for the human to consume, right? And then there's, there's some people that have, and I hate saying this, but like a gluten intolerance, if you will, right? Right. Regardless, if, dairy and sometimes there's reasons for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, some people might thrive on a more high protein, high dairy type diet for whatever reason, and some people might extremely, ha you know, have extreme problems with that. Yeah. Some people might do well. Like, there's some people that thrive on this carnivore thing. Some people don't. Some people thrive on like a keto based thing. Some people don't. Some people. Some people fuck with a lot of carbs, a lot of pasta and bread. Some and people like do. That. Like people it, are just into that. You yeah, know? and sometimes that's runners works. and stuff like that. You know, if you oh, do yeah, a mass amount of exercise, and then carb intake is going to be a huge portion yeah, of your diet because you need you're that fucking so fuel. much energy. Yeah, yeah. So that's I was I don't remember who what the fighter's name was, but he's a jujitsu guy, and he was on Joe Rogan. And he was talking about how his diet mainly consists of pizza and pasta. Like he trains every day and won't eat for most of the day and then comes home and will make a pasta dish and a pizza. Dave Portnoy? And, and will eat a pasta dish and a pizza almost every day. That's like the vast majority of his diet. And part mm -hmm. of it is because he burns so many calories oh, yeah. during the day that the protein and fats and stuff that he gets from the cheese and all of the olive oils plus all of the carbohydrates is like – Mm. He's operating on a like a weird ketogenic diet that's almost just carbs and fat. That's you so know? weird. But he's like super lean yep. and and very fit and is a, a competitive championship jujitsu fighter yeah. or roller because that's and it's that, weird, you know. Yeah, and I think if there's one thing that essentially also your genetics and I'm not to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. Your genetics plays a role. Yeah. Speaking it to like where your family came from, you know, that's a huge that's part a of huge it. Deal. Yeah, if your family, if you have, if you're fucking ninety percent Irish, you're going to tolerate a lot of carbohydrates. That's we your body is your body's made to deal with a lot of carbohydrates, right? Potatoes, right? Yeah, <laughs> but if you're coming from somewhere that's like more Mediterranean and stuff, you're built for more of a ketogenic diet of a lot of mm -hmm. fats and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to thrive on that type of diet, you know. Yeah. So it depends on what you're family comes from where your evolutionary evolutionarily are from you mm -hmm. know so two things uh, yes the first one being i think the last i don't know four years maybe in particular have really i think painted the picture that um when it comes to diet nutrition every individual person has such varying independent needs 100%. to their body and it's all based off of multiple factors to include genetics and all that stuff too right it's it's very very strange and i think it's i think it is i think it's a good personal responsibility thing to try to embrace that and and try to experiment with different things and if you're if you're you know i like i've done the like the cutout diet thing before where yeah. like you just don't eat this thing for a while like you stay away from sugars period or you stay away from this period or you stay away from that period and 
you can you if you do it for a long enough time you might be able to gauge how you feel about different things and also i have a very good um i got a good like healthcare situation going on with like if i want if i want to go get like blood work done like on demand on the regular all i got to do is pay less than 20 bucks and i can do that and yeah. i get a full panel and i can find out and i can monitor with my doctor about other things and you know, I could do that in a responsible manner, and I can also do it very irresponsibly. Whatever episode the fuck that was when I passed out on the camera, but um, that was a whole deal. But Deborah, you you weren't around for those days. That was a whole thing. That's back in the archives. We got to find that episode at some point. But <clears throat> um, but on the other end, um, I heard fucking Joe Rogan talking about this with somebody else the other day. But um, I did that. Uh, I gave. I gave the corporations, the fucking globalists, I gave the government my DNA at some point because I did the, the DNA. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I did that thing. I did it through Ancestry.com yeah. back then. So, you know, maybe the offshoot, maybe that was the first one to get picked up. Maybe not. But um, the question comes into play. You know, I get my results back and I got, I got Ancestry coming back from like Northeastern Europe, Northwestern Europe, the, you know, Wales, the Netherlands, or the Norway and shit like that. Like very Scandinavian and German. And, Hella white. Yeah, about the whitest you can get. But like. Jordan 2. Vikingo white. You yeah, know, yeah like, Jordan 2. You know, like we raped and murdered your, your family. It's Jordan fine. Jordan 2. Um, how savages. long is it going to take for like the American ancestry to become a thing like right, the contemporary right. American ancestry, because we've done something in the modern American culture that is very, very, very new in human existence. We said, Hey world, we're here and y'all motherfuckers are welcome to come here too. Throughout human history, that's not been the way it's worked. It's always been your people have been from this area, right? Your people have been from this area. There are some cross-mingling and some co-mingling and some migration and this, that, and the other thing. But for the most part, people were where they were for a very, very long time, at least as far as contemporary human written history and shit like that. This is a new deal. This is a new thing where everybody from, like, the ultimate melting pot has occurred in the United States, whether... We like to think it has or not at this point, and whether it's good or bad. It is an objectively good thing, I do believe. But how long is it until people are going to be, like, objectively American? And that's like, really like tough. Like, Northern American, That's I guess. really tough, because there's always going to be immigrants specifically who come here. So I'm here because it's a better opportunity than where I'm from. My mm -hmm. culture is still very important to me. Yeah, so there's always yeah. going to be, be people who want to marry within their culture to keep that around. Well, you know, to so add I, to that, though, just to make sure like we get to that, because part, yeah. part of the melting pot aspect of it is no matter which way you cut it or how how homogenized you get to the American culture, like no matter what happens, you bring a percentage of that culture with you yeah. regardless. And that doesn't, that doesn't die. I mean, right. fucking Tex-Mex everywhere you want around the entire country. Right. I mean, cuisine especially is a whole deal. That's that, that is culture melting right there. I mean, right. um, entertainment, it's huge in entertainment. I mean, er, hip hop, that is the cultural fucking phenomena of, of contemporary America. Yeah. That didn't stem from here. Like right. jazz did not stem from here. All this shit. 
even the what we call American culture is just some weird blender version of all these other cultures mixed together and then certain spikes of other cultures stand through it but at the same time but overall it's still like this, this weird mixed blend or melted together to, to make something new so yes you did lose like your the ethiopian immigrants that come over here and then second or third generation or whatever they might be more americanized than ever before as right. far as culture goes and this and that but there's something that 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 original first two generations brought over that impacted whatever local culture they were at in some percentage that got intermingled with the other cultures that it interacted with and this and that and the other thing and then three generations later you got something else that you're living in now that we recognize as american but does have percentages of right. all this other influence which is supposed to be what america was yeah. about you know and that's a good thing but how do you ultimately like in a hundred years 500 years there's going to be people here regardless at some point whatever we call it at that point what is that going to be think, that's so weird and i think that is american culture probably yeah. because we're a melting pot so the fact that you can go to different regions and there is a majority or like a large generally there's a large population of a certain immigrant community there you know here mm. there's a lot of pacific islanders we have a lot oh, of pacific yeah, yeah. islanders definitely just par partially proximity right mm -hmm. we're on the pacific side of the northwest or a lot of asian influence out here also yeah you know? yeah 100 it's asian pacific islander japanese in, in chinese general. yeah a lot of that all the rest Right. Part of it is proximity. Another part is like uh, the military cooperation between mm -hmm. the Philippines and the United States. There are a lot of people who they're just because they joined the Navy and there are big Navy bases here. So part of it is military, you know, yep. and so you come by, back with a Guamanian wife. Type exactly. Of deal, yeah. By, and also, husband. yeah. Also people who um, join when they're over there, you know, and then they come and they serve over here. And so that, oh, yeah. that happens all the time. They settle, they bring their family here. Yep. Um, so yeah, one of my, one of the, I was on this fucking, tr uh, I was on a training program, right? I was in, uh, Petaluma, California of all places. Awesome town. I've been there so many times. I love it. But, uh, it's just north of San Francisco, and I was there. And one of the guys that I just like a lot of clicked Asians with in right California away, California too. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of that had to do with like industry and right. shit, like the railroad the system and all that shit, yeah, right? Huge. But like uh, one of the guys that I met with over there was uh, Nigerian, and he was what do you call it? Like his parents were had just immigrated. He was the first like some, the next generation like or whatever gen. but, yeah. but had you know was an american citizen at that point and had joined the military and all this stuff and like he introduced me to so much so many aspects of his culture from nigeria right and like we were able to take advantage of that because we were in like san we could go visit san francisco and shit like that so we had a little, like a lot of restaurants and this that and the other thing and food is like the ultimate yes that's that's where because you get Everybody so much more yeah. culture around the food too like yes. you go to a, a legit nigerian restaurant in like a part of town where a bunch of other nigerian immigrants might People go meet to in there with their families you're gonna yeah. get more of that culture there man and like i have never been more thankful in my life than like meeting that dude and being exposed to that culture because that was like the first real like truly like african-centric like culture i was experienced too and it was for one the food was just stupid it was like right. to die for man like you can't you can't get like that's when i first uh, experienced cassava root and or uh you might call it uh uh yuca okay. a lot of places right? it's the same shit yeah yeah but like 
oh, that changed my life. And then all of a sudden, you know, Spanish wife, that whole deal. That right. They also use the same thing. It's like, it's just, you cannot, you can't get that anywhere else than like a cultural melting pot like America. And that makes everybody better off, I think, right. in the end, to be perfectly honest. But it's the same thing as like if you go to China, different dialects and different cultures within China. You know, mm -hmm. Muslim cultures, Buddhist cultures, just religious based, but past that all like I said, all the different dialects and stuff like that, different regions, they're just all Chinese. And it's yeah. they just all look a little bit more alike than we do here because they're all fucking Chinese, you know, in America we're all just a bunch of fucks. We're just mm -hmm. all a bunch of fucks. And so it's still regional like that because the culture is going to attract other people of that culture. You know, yeah. you go to anywhere along the southern border, there's going to be a bunch of different Hispanic people of any different variety. South American, mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of Venezuelan, you'll get more stuff like that Ooh, on the East Coast. Like, no. you're, like you're talking about Cubans all the way down and in yeah. Florida and all that type of stuff. And there's That's, all these like these enclaves of like uh, migrant communities. Yeah. Rhode Island. Right. Providence, Rhode Island has a massive Portuguese right. population. Shit like right? that happens. Yeah. Oh, buddy. 100%. Dude, some of the oh, I Portuguese have like the Portuguese have this like special bread yeah. that is you can't get anywhere else in the world, but you can get it in Providence, Rhode Island, and you can get it in Portugal. Right. And that's about it, dude. Yeah. And it's and that type of stuff happens. Opening. In, and that's why the big cities become so multicultural is because there's mm -hmm. just more room to have everything. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. There's more room for everything. If you have a town like Bremerton, you can only fit so many different cultures in Bremerton yeah. and have it all still work. Yeah. You know? So and then you get the fucking hamburger, which is like the universal homogenization of like everything and nothing. That's what I'm saying. The 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 pioneers and settlers that turned into the industry men of america are going to take a little bit from everybody yep. and they're going to make it easy to sell to everybody else yeah you know so that's so to answer my question how long before we have an american genome yeah hundred five hundred years who fucking as knows as soon as you see when you are of a different culture and you see that your culture is being whiteized and sold to other people you're american that's it. Interesting. When, you're, when your culture is being, and I don't, not like making it shitty, but like appropriated to make money, you're American. It's, you are officially incorporated in the melting pot because the powers that be have decided this, this is, is good enough, it. other people are going to like it. And ain't that the fucking bitch of it all? Because if there's one thing America exports these days to the world, it's culture. Yeah. And isn't that because our culture is a, other people's is culture. a blender of everyone's culture? Yeah. Ain't that some shit? Fucking America, dude. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's the shitty thing about, you know, everything we talk about when it comes to like how shitty the government is and how much they kind of, they try to control us and all this stuff because deep underlining that is the American spirit of of freedom and liberty which has Tenacity. led us to this point mm -hmm. which we didn't the government didn't do this where we have this a wonderful homogenization of the the uniculture no, right this was the people we did this this was the people all they do is exist to hinder it and that's that's fucking sad man that's why they're bad and that's why anarchy is the only way <laughs> no. that's why individual that's, liberty and freedom is the pathway that's forward the, that's for the everybody. only way and when i say anarchy that's basically every time every time i think of anarchy that's what i think about honestly is yeah. just individual liberty all the way 100 percent. it's you do you you don't need them all they do is exist to sub make you subservient to to them fuck them we we are the way forward 
We got this shit. We the last thing we need is them and their fucking influence. Period. Full stop. It's just scarier when you say anarchism. People go, wait, what? That's that's scary, yeah. isn't it? They're it's like dudes scarier. with fucking shoulder pads and spikes yes. and shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, Individual really. freedom and liberty. It is depends the, on how it goes. Same down, thing though. as anarchism. It's yeah. the same thing. It's the freedom of choice. It's <laughs> that's the same right. thing. That's yeah. yes. It 100 percent is. Anarchism just scares people. The word just scares people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. Partly due to like popularized culture and fiction, though. Same thing with guns and shit. You know, we talked yeah, about that. Just yeah. having a gun. Just having a gun is scary. It's not good. It's the same reason I'm scared for people to see my gun when I'm in public. You know, that's why YouTube is scared when you show it on the internet. Yeah, because they go, oh, no, 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 extremist, extremist, shut it down. They don't like that. Shadow ban achieved. You're gonna love us next episode, YouTube. Word. Because that shit's gonna get that shit's gonna get hard. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be nice. I'm excited though. I'm very excited to see where the next uh, season of Jan Six you know takes us and season and, three and the uh, the trial of the that those particular individuals of uh, I all of a sudden I can't get Proud Boys out of my head, but uh, Oath Keepers. Oath Keepers. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. We're gonna have a. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot to talk about next episode. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about World War Three again. That's right. I would love. Hopefully, to it's not all do blown that. over by then. Amen. How much faith do I have? Zero. <laughs> well, uh, I think with that, yeah. Hopefully, um, I redeem myself in Jordan's eyes. I, I'm not that bad of a. I human. love and hate that I did this. <clears throat> uh, with that, all the way. Uh, unless you have anything else that you want to add to this. I have exhausted myself, I think. I think we're good. We'll be back in two weeks for a brand new episode, 135 of Salt of the Streets. I've been Donovan. I have been Colin. And uh, I want to thank you again for watching us here at YouTube.com, Salt of the Streets, Mm -hmm. Instagram.com, Salt of the Streets, Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. Go there, help us make more better content just like this. We also have the newsletters. We have the book club. We have Mm -hmm. the beer shows, the live streams. I will be live on Friday at 4.30 Pacific time. So be there, be square. Book club review, preview dropped today. Newsletter dropped yesterday. Go there. Help us make more better content just like this. Location Skate Shop, JP Bakery, Lexi Kayo, Swell Blended. That's everyone. I love you, buddy. It's a good episode. I love you. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for hanging out.